running a little bit late, but that's all right. I had to go out there and salt the driveway. We are, uh, we're an ice rink out there. It's an ice rink out there for me. We had some snow come in and uh, rain come in, and uh, I had to go out there and salt the driveway. But let's go ahead and get the show started. This is Josh from Nothing Funny, and you are now listening to Sage Outcast. Society may have no place for him, but he has no place for society. We are not ramping down. We're just getting started. They wouldn't let me. Nothing stops this train. Nothing. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. So, yeah, I had to, uh, we got a, a storm came in again yesterday, which I ended up losing power again yesterday. Um, and I had to, uh, let me pin this real quick here while I'm thinking. I'll pin it in a second. Can I pin this? 
Oh, I got to wait for it to move. And then uh, still, I haven't got my, the roof ended up not even getting fixed yet. So I have to get my roof fixed. I'm waiting for insurance for that. And we already had another storm come in and rip down another gutter. So I had to send all that pictures in there. And then we lost power for a while, but whatever. And then uh, now it's sunshiny, so we're good to go. But then, of course, my driveway is an ice rink, and we have to get deliveries, so I had to go out there and salt. But, um, man, I'll tell you what. It's going to be uh, lots of stuff going on. We've, we've got a lot of, a whole lot of things going on there. I think Monday is going to be the Iowa caucus, so they'll, they'll be uh, voting on that in, in regards to that. There's debates and, and Trump coming out saying stuff, and everybody's saying stuff. It's, it's going to be a madhouse, I think. It's going to be an absolute madhouse. Uh, for the for the year coming up. So besides that, um, the freight that I had moving got pushed back because of uh, it was too windy for the cranes. So they had to push that back, and we'll have to be doing that next week because that's uh, 19 wide load, and then uh, a couple other ones. But so basically, January is pretty usually fairly slow uh, for me in regards to freight in, in January until projects start to kick back off. And then people come back from different types of things. So you got people coming back from holidays and getting back, you know, job sites ready and things like that. So I usually, uh, it's a little slow here, but let me shuffle this over here. Is this finally where I can get it? No. Why can't I pin my own comment? That's funny. All right. Yeah, I'm logged in. All right, so I am live streaming on Rumble, and I am on YouTube right now. So I'm on Rumble and YouTube. So I just dropped the link to a um, couple things I wanted to kind of cover um, in regards to. I still, I'm still getting a lot of uh, heat from the the January 6th stuff, right? That, that's definitely still upsetting people. Um, and then. Anything else anybody wanted me to kind of talk about, too, you're welcome to come in or, 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 you know, I have no problem talking about some other stuff. But I did want to basically start out and cover this. So uh, the last show I was live, we had uh, uh, mid Midlife Trucker, I think it was, who basically came in and said it was a bunch of selfies. It was just nothing more than a bunch of selfies. Um, idiots taking selfies and live streaming. And it, it wasn't an insurrection. And that's just not the case. And, and the issue I'm having with this is we need to call it what it is uh, because if we're not even calling out things from what they are, then it's, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, right? Because at this point, when you're saying, oh, this wasn't this, this wasn't that, you can do this, this was just a riot, this was just a bunch of selfies, this was a field trip, this was no big deal, uh, well, then the further issues we have down the road are going to cause even more chaos in regards to, um, you know, our, our elections and our country, to be completely honest. So I was going to cover, like I said, before the uh, power went out, I was going to cover the Biden thing, which I, 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 I'm going to cover that also. I also have, um, how do I want to do this? I might, you know what I'm going to do? Let me do this because it's, I want to make sure you guys can see it and it's not on the back screen. I'm going to put this one on the front screen so you can see it. If I can find my front screen. All right, that'll be that there, and then I can drop that down. All right, let me do this. Let me do this. So in regards to um, this not being uh, an insurrection and this just being 
Uh, and he's welcome to come up and, and debate me on this or explain his side. I'll listen. Uh, but this not being more than just a bunch of selfies and live streamers being idiots. Um, I did want to play this. Let me activate that. And this is going to be, uh, I pulled this off. This is, this isn't that long. It's about a minute long. And we're going to kind of play this real quick. So, so this is some of the stuff that was obviously going on out there. Um, you've got, you know, obviously a lot of people compared to police officers in this area. That's a police officer getting knocked down right there. That's so now we're dealing with violence. You're knocking over police officers. And if you don't think that it's that, then, you know, let me know how it works. Um, when you go up to a police officer and knock them down, let me know what he charges you with. Now, you can definitely see them breaking glass. They're kicking, they're smashing. He has a gun. He has a gun. And right here, you can see uh, a firearm right here. Now, you can also see people back here in this corner are still exiting. Um, this is Congress still exiting the office, right, the, the, through the, to get to the tunnel. So they're still exiting back here. And he says that he has a gun. So somebody has just yelled out, he has a gun. Okay. She goes, and I'm going to show this another video too, and then he pulled the trigger. So right here on this side, she's climbing through the window, okay? She's climbing through the window to get here while there's still, to this guy's knowledge, these, the politicians are still within this hallway and heading out of this hallway. And then he shoots. Now, the other one I wanted to kind of show and talk about a little bit more but so you could kind of get an idea of it was this one. Okay. Now, this is why this was not. Now, so what my question is, is what were these people looking to do? Why were they doing it? And were they doing it peacefully or were they doing it violently? Because if they were there to stop a government procedure, a government, a constitutional procedure of the elections in a violent manner, manner, then that could be considered an insurrection. The goal was to stop, not just to protest it, but was to stop the electoral votes. And I can't, and the, I mean, this is probably, unless somebody wants to you know, debate me or go with this, it's been the last time I cover it because I can't show it anymore. If you're just not capable of processing the information, then I don't know what to say, okay? Now, that's them in the hallway, and you can see that they have boarded this up with chairs and tables. They have boarded these doors up so you couldn't get into this area. They've boarded it up with chairs and tables, um, to stop you from getting into this area, to prevent the crowd from breaking into this area for protection of the politicians that are in that area. That's their job. Now, you're going to watch this kid be very, very peacefully. Um, he's setting up for his selfies, and he's, you know, he's going to be a very peace and peaceful person. Now, remember, there's, there's a lot more people here than police officers. So if the police officers were to engage... You don't want to end up on the ground because then the crowd can end up kicking the police officers and attacking the police officers. So it's a very delicate situation. Now that's a peaceful thing. He punched glass right in front of the cop. He punched glass again, very peacefully, very peacefully punched the glass and broke it. Punches the other side, right in front of the cop, punches the other window, very peacefully, setting up for his selfies, 
setting up for his live streaming. No, 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 no violence here at all. But now think about this. If let's say this was your house or this was your building or this was your business and this was happening, would you say it was peaceful protesting of your business? He's there punching other windows. Right, now, they are using the stick of a flag, the actual flagpole that they brought with them to continue to peacefully, I'm saying with this with sarcasm, this is much sarcasm right here, right? To peacefully smash the windows to gain access to a restricted area that the pl police officers are protecting the people in that area and making sure they get out safely. Yeah, that's that right there looks to be a little violent, maybe a little violent there. Oh, we're going to use a helmet now to smash this glass to try to gain access. Definitely, yeah. Kicking the door now. Now they're kicking the door to try to get in. Now, this guy right here is going to use his helmet and it's going to actually knock out the whole plexiglass. Like it's actually going to knock it out to the point that the the frame holding it just falls completely out. Right there. Right there. You can see here that the whole plexiglass window just broke. The wood around it, the frame around it broke. Plexiglass and all. So they have now broke through the plexiglass. He's got a gun. He's got a gun. He's got a gun. They're yelling. He's got a gun. Meaning the police officer has a gun. Okay. They're ripping the glass out. Now she climbs through the open window, which was smashed open by somebody using a helmet. They didn't just open the door and walk in. They didn't just stroll in for a field trip. Everybody get in line. Everybody get in line. This is all good. This is all just the teachers here. It's fine. Single file, single file, field trip time. And the police officer shoots. Does he have the right to shoot? He does. He does now have the right to shoot. He, they had a gun. They yelled at the police officer had a gun. They yelled off that he had a gun. She went. She broke the cusp of the window entering the building. She was in committing a crime with a large number of people that could have all started piling through this window and overwhelmed the police officer with the gun. And he shot her. So I'm trying to see, I'm trying to figure out at what point. It sounds like a gunshot because it was a gunshot. It was a gunshot. So I'm trying to figure out at what point, at what point did the selfies and the idiots live streaming come rolling in? Well, it was after they realized that we, we, listen, it'd be better to have them in the building. It'd be better to let them, to let them in. It'd be better to let them calm down. It'd be better, better uh, everybody's safe. Let them in. At least the buildings are surrounding them. We can contain the people. And it's, it would be safer for the rest of us to not have to, you know, to, you know, protect this with firearms. Where is the peaceful selfie sticks? 
That's what I'm trying to say. So, And the, my problem with this is if you can't grasp this, if you cannot grasp the what is going on here, and you want to blow it off as just idiots with taking selfies and live streaming, you're the fucking problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. Because you, you can't even acknowledge this. You can't even grasp reality of, of this situation. Even if we show you a video, even if we show you what's going on, even if we give you the whole context of what, of what was happening, you're like, no, there was a peaceful protest. They were just there taking selfies, and they were just there. No, they were trying to gain access to where the politicians were. They were blocked it up. They put chairs in front. They put tables in front. They were smashing the plexiglass windows. They were to the point that they broke. And once they broke the windows, they tried to, she tried to climb through. What did she expect? What did she expect? Even people with the comments. In a different video, you can see the officer clearly holding the gun towards the people attempting to break in, and she still tried to break through. What did she think was going to happen? Agreed. So I'm, I, and this is the problem. And like I said, he's unsub for me if you can't grasp reality. But we can't just say that this was just peaceful protest. We can't just say that this was just selfies and idiots with taking selfies. No, this was, this was a riot for a specific purpose to stop a constitution from taking place with the election of a of our political leader the president and the goal was to stop that and they went and they attempted to do that now they lost he was still you know Biden still became president but that doesn't mean you just say well this wasn't an insurrection and what was it well, they were there to because they were, felt they were unjustly uh, because of the stolen elections. Okay, so what were they doing because of the stolen elections? Well, they were trying to stop the election, which is what? Which is what? They were so dangerous, and the police officers were so outnumbered. Let me, let me help you out. Let me help you out on this one. When you are completely outnumbered and the people are safe, right? The people are safe. The people that you're trying to protect are safe, okay? And they want access into the building. It's safer to let them into the building than to basically allow them to keep fighting against police. Because what was the other outcome? The other outcome was what? If you didn't let them in, this could have went for hours and more people could have been dead. But once you safely got, once you safely got, it, they don't have to use minimum force. Did law enforcement use minimum force necessary? Yes, they did. Did you see the police officers doing nothing? Did you see these police officers doing nothing? It wasn't until they broke through that the police officer had the right to shoot. If, if 50,000 people are rushing me, the sole police officer, to stop people from getting into this building, okay, you don't have to have a weapon. 
the sheer the sheer numbers of the people rushing in is the weapon. I guess you've never been jumped in school because if 20 people beat you to the ground and jump you, you could die. You could die. So what I want you to understand is, remember, you also have the same right. You also have the same right that if, if 20 people are going to jump you and you are carrying a firearm and you draw your weapon because there's no place for you to go, you can't get out, you can shoot. Because you feared for your life because of the amount of people that were there to attack you. You can shoot. 50 people are going to beat the hell out of you and beat the crap out of you, and you could die. You can get beat to death. If I, one person, correct, that's all, one person, but there was how many people trying to break windows and get in? Cop wasn't a coward. He was doing his job. He was doing his job. They were all breaking windows. What happens if that person would have went in and then another person and another person and another person and another person and another person? At what point does the cop, is the cop not supposed to do his job and stop that? This is what you, you have no... Listen, I have no problem finding 10 people that have weapons, that have... Uh, flagpoles that have helmets that have all this stuff and I and I'm going to give you a gun and I'm going to tell those 10 people to attack you with it you let me know when you feel you should shoot right let me know just let me know when you feel you should pull the trigger in self-defense of yourself I mean you're blind I, I I can't you're just one of those people that you can't grasp this you can't grasp this. You just can't grasp this midlife. I don't know what it is. And it's probably because you don't want to grasp it. But you can't take 20,000 people, 10,000 people, block, a, the, 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 block yourself in so that you were basically, you, they can't come in here. And then when they, when they start coming in here, how do you know that 20 of them weren't going to come in there and jump you as a police officer? And take your weapon. At what point do you feel that you're able to protect yourself? I feel that if I feel a fear for my life, fear for my life, doesn't matter if that person has a weapon or there's 70 of them that are going to attack me. I have the right. Are you not getting the grasp? Are you not understanding? She, he doesn't ha he, she broke the windows. She entered where she wasn't supposed to be. There was a riot on the other side of the doors that at that point she could have been opening the doors for everybody else. At what point does he not have the right to pull the trigger in that situation? Grab 10 people. Grab 10 or 12 people in an alleyway and, and rush a cop. And let me know if any of you get shot. I bet, you, I bet you somebody does. I will bet you somebody does. One of you will be shot. Guaranteed. She was the first. He had a gun. I have my weapon. If you stay back, stay back. Don't come in here. Stay back. 
You break the glass. You broke the glass with weapons. They had weapons. He's defending himself. I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't, you're never going to get it. And I'm cool. We're just going to have to basically admit that, but I can put this in any other concept you want, but if you're not supposed to go into a building, if you're not supposed to be there, you're being told not the police outside are trying to keep you out and, and eventually they get pushed back and they pull back into the, into the building. They are escorting people out for their safety. They're escorting politicians out for their safety because this is what was going on. Uh, and if you don't think, let me turn that down. If you don't feel that at some point that this isn't what happens there, he's busting windows with his fists. Then they start using, they start using flagpoles. Then they start using helmets. They're starting, and these police officers here at this point, they're outnumbered. They're outnumbered. So now that now they're busting this other stuff here, they're breaking windows. That looks peaceful. You know what? Let me ask you a question. What happens if that was happening at your house? That's your house. That's your house. Can you shoot? I'm shooting. I'm shooting somebody. The first person in the window is getting shot. If this was happening at my house, I'm the first person getting shot. I mean, we're at a point now where they're going to say, you can't protect the president. Why? Well, because you can't use deadly force. You can't protect politicians because you can't use deadly force. This was not a police officer, I pulled you over situation. Secret Service have the right to shoot you. Run up on a president and see if you get shot. Run up on one. That's not their house. That was not their house at the time. It was not their house at the time. At the time of this proceedings, they were not allowed in this house. You can't break into a post office in the middle of the night, throw down a mattress, uh, and, bring your, and, and just start sleeping in a post office. But why not? It's public property. Right? It's not their house. It was not their house at the time. You can't do it. You can't do it. You show me you show me a post office and show me where. I'm not crying. I'm bringing the logical side to this. The people that are crying seem to be seem to be you guys because you can't grasp reality. You can't grasp reality. And the reality of this is if, if there are 50 people walking up on you in this type of situation, do you have the right to shoot? I believe what happened to Kyle in Wisconsin, he had the right to shoot. Even though the guy just had a skateboard and Kyle had a gun, he had the right to shoot. Did he not? Did he not have the right to shoot? Did Kyle Rittenhouse not have the right to shoot the person running up on him with a skateboard and was going to crack him in the head with a skateboard? I believe he did. I believe to defend himself, Kyle had the right to shoot. I believe this officer here, when she, broke through, when she came climbing through the window that was broke with violence, where you weren't supposed to be, the police officer had the right to shoot. I don't know what to tell you. You can't, because if he didn't have the right to shoot, Kyle didn't have the right to shoot. 
right? I believe Kyle had the right shoe. If you're going to hit me with a skateboard in the head, uh, and I have a weapon, and I'm falling down, and I can't get up in time, and I can't do anything, then he had the right to shoot. Oh, he had the right to shoot, yes. Okay, thank you, though. Now, finally, finally, thank you. Now, you just have to say, what was the purpose of this riot? What was the purpose of what was going on? And that it wasn't just a bunch of selfies. There was violence going on. They were going where they weren't supposed to go. And it's not a good moral one. How was arrested and tried? You're absolutely right. Found not guilty. He was arrested and tried and found not guilty. Why was he found not guilty? Because they deemed he had the right to shoot. Thank you for stopping by. All right. Let me turn that off. Let me, I don't need that anymore. You do that. You see what I'm saying? So the, the issue is, is he did have the right to shoot. This officer had the right to shoot. She, she, they were breaking the windows. They were smashing the, they had weapons. He could have allowed them to get in. And at that point he could have shot so many other, so many other people would have, would have came through there. And then now who's he get to pick? Who's he get to pick? Because under police, he had the right to shoot. It's just like, look, man, you go to attack a president and you get shot by Secret Service, they have the right to shoot. You're attacking someone. You're breaking. You're breaking into a building. You're trying to get in and hurt people. She broke. You're just never going to get it. I'm good with you not understanding, um, to be completely honest. And that just seems to be where you're at. So... Absolutely, he destroyed me. He absolutely destroyed me. Because the right to shoot, you can go to trial. I can take you to trial for anything. But when you're found not guilty, it's because he had the right to shoot. This was obviously the same thing. He had the right to shoot. Because if he didn't, he would have been prosecuted. But he wasn't. Large group of people, smashing windows. Last line of defense. They've already gotten through everything else. Politicians were on the other side, just going down the hallway. At this point, uh, I have to do my job. Thank God you don't work for any type of secret service or protectionary duty, uh, because that would be a problem. We give you a gun to, to, to prevent stuff like this, and you don't even pull the trigger. All right. Let me do this, and I'm going to cover. So... Like I said, you're just you can keep arguing all you want, but unfortunately, I don't know how to show you any anything better than that. I broke it down as much as I could. You're good to go. All right. Uh, you just said Kyle also had the right. He did have the right to shoot. He did have the right to shoot. That's why he was found not guilty. Is he in jail? Is Kyle in jail for shooting? Is he in jail? Did Kyle go to jail? Did not. He did not go to jail. All right. All right. This is uh, Biden's speech that I was going to cover the last time. And you, you're welcome to click the link and explain it to me. But if you're, if you're just going to say stuff in the chat, then I'm good to go. All right. 
so this is the Biden speech also that um, I was going to cover, but until I had the power go out. So this was also brought in the debate with Di- uh, Destiny and he went to prison. I'm sorry. He went to prison for shooting. He went to prison. I'm sure I'm, I, I thought he was found not guilty. Yeah, I understand that. And then he went and was found not guilty. He was found not guilty, correct? Was he found guilty? He was arrested. Was he found guilty? Did he go to prison? Yeah, I consider jail. To me, jail, prison, same thing. Jail, yeah, that's just the, the holding terms of it. But yes, you're right. Did he go to prison? Did he serve time because he was not legally able to shoot the individual that was going to hit him in the head with a skateboard when he fell down? The answer is he didn't. All right. And uh, I think it needs to be made. The I'm going to speed this up because Biden can talk. Click the link. Click the link. There's a link not there? Yeah, the link's right here. Let me do this. Paste. Click the link. There's the link. Hang on, I gotta wait for this heart to... There it is. Oh, stupid thing. Oh, I'll wait. All right. So it definitely, I, well, let me ask you this real quick. Midlife was, were, was the people smashing and trying to get through that doorway? Were they taking selfies? Was that the selfie people you were talking about or, or was that more violent? After that, you're going to have to click the link. Cause I'm not going to have a, a, a texting and when waiting conversation, um, with you, to be honest, because it's just too, it's too long and it's it's ridiculous. All right. So Biden then had his speech, and I'm going to kind of play this one here. Let me play this. And make sure this campaign in the winter of 1777 was harsh and cold as the Continental Army marched to Valley Forge. General George Washington knew he faced the most daunting of tasks: to fight and win a war against the most powerful empire that existed in the world at the time. His mission was clear. Liberty, not conquest. Freedom, not domination. National independence, not individual glory. America made a vow. Never again would we bow down to a king. Months ahead would be incredibly difficult. But General Washington knew something in his bones, something about the spirit of the troops he was leading, something, something about the soul of the nation he was struggling to be born. In his general order, he predicted, and I quote, with one heart and one mind, with fortitude and with patience. They would overcome every difficulty, the troops he was leading. And they did. They did. This army that lacked blankets and food, clothes and shoes, this army, whose march left bloody bare footprints in the snow, this ragtag army made up of ordinary people. Okay. Their mission, George Washington declared, was nothing less than a sacred cause. That was the phrase he used, a sacred cause. Freedom, liberty, democracy, American democracy. I just visited the grounds of Valley Forge. I've been there a number of times since the time I was a Boy Scout years ago. You know, it's the very sight 
that I think every American should visit because it tells the story of the pain and the suffering and the true patriotism it took to make America. Today, we gather in a new year, some 246 years later, just one day before January 6th, a day forever shared in our memory because it was on that day that we nearly lost America, lost it all. Today, we're here to answer. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, that portion. This is, it, this is very scripted, but I look, I don't think Biden could do anything uh, without it being completely scripted, right? I'll believe that. Look, 100%, right? And, and like I said, it, I'll call you out for the stuff that I feel you're completely wrong with. But if you, if you say, I, I'm not going to just attack you, I, this is 100% scripted. But 99.9% .9 of his stuff is extremely scripted, right? Uh, because we all see what happens to him when he tries to go off script. It goes complete, completely ridiculous. The most important of questions. Is democracy still America's sacred cause? I need it. This is not rhetorical, academic, or hypothetical. Whether democracy is still America's sacred cause is the most urgent question of our time. And it's what the 2024 election is all about. The choice is clear. Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, not you. Donald Trump's campaign is obsessed with the past, not the future. He's willing to sacrifice our democracy, put himself in power. Our campaign is different. For me and Kamala, our campaign is about America. It's about you. It's about every age and background that occupy this country. It's about the future. We're going to continue to build together. But our campaign is about preserving and strengthening our American democracy. Three years ago tomorrow, we saw with our own eyes a violent mob storm the United States Capitol. It was almost in disbelief as you first turned on the television. For the first time in our history, insurrections had come to stop the peaceful transfer, transfer of power in America. First time. Smashing windows, shattering doors, attacking the police. Outside, gallows were erected. You're staying with us. We stay with now. He's right there. He's right. They were doing that. They were. They. The purpose of that was they were smashing windows. They were going in there. They were trying to stop the peaceful, the peaceful transfer of power. Now they believe they had a reason to, but we can't just throw out the fact that that's what they were there to do. President Biden. Hang Mike Pence. Inside, they hunted for Speaker Pelosi. The House was chanting. As they marched through and smashed windows, where's Nancy? Over 140 police officers were injured. Jill and I attended the funeral of police officers who died as a result of the events of that day. Because, Donald, because of Donald Trump's lies, he died because these lies brought a mob to Washington. He promised it would be wild, and it was. He told the crowd to fight like hell, and all hell was unleashed. He promised he would write them, write them, everything they did. He would be side by side with them. Then, as usual, he left the dirty work to others. Retreated to the White House. As America was attacked from within, Donald Trump watched on TV in a private small dining room off, my oval, off the Oval Office. The entire nation watched in horror. The whole world watched in disbelief. And Trump did nothing. Now, here's the problem with, 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 with something saying. Do I, again, I've said this before. Do I have any evidence that Donald Trump basically told people to go do this? No. Is Donald's uh, Trump's rhetoric and in regards to this partly caused. Sure. I mean, we can't say it's not right. You can't say that some of the stuff and the way he was saying and, and, and with the, with the election and everything else wasn't partly to, to blame for people being riled up. They were there for a reason. They were there for Trump. They were there for, you know, to do this stuff. So we can't say that, you know, but, but you have freedom of speech, right? So, the issue is, is that what 
what what was Trump doing while this was going on? Well, he was trying to still get the electors to to stop certifying the vote. Now, the issue is, is that, like I've said, there, and he's going to talk about this, and I don't agree with some of the stuff that he's going to say, but I'll explain where it comes from so you can kind of see the reasoning they have behind it, but it's not correct. Members of his staff, members of his family, Republican leaders who were under attack for the, at that very moment, pled with him, act, call off the mob. Imagine had he gone out and said, stop. And still, Trump did nothing. It was among the worst derelictions of duty by a president in American history. An attempt to overturn a free and fair election by force and violence. Now, again, it, Midlife says, remember Biden saying that he'd be the president for everyone? Uh, hasn't done one thing to bring this country back together. Well, the issue is, is that how does, how does a president bring a country back together, right? How does a president bring a country back together? I mean, when people say that they're going to be the president for everyone, it doesn't mean that he's going to make us all feel happy and that we're all going to be, you know, it's going to change our mindset and none of us will be depressed and none of us will be angry and none of us will be. So in regards to bringing us back together, then the issue is, how do you do that? And, and is that the president's job to bring the people back together, right? Is it, is it the president's job to make you love your neighbor? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that's on the, on the job listing um, to bring the people back together and love thy neighbor. Right. I mean, that's I don't know. I, it, how, how do you do that? Record 81 million people voted for my candidacy and to end his presidency. Trump lost. Now, do I believe that he that that right now there are some uh, regulations and, and laws and stuff that have taken place under the Biden administration? That is a good idea. I do. I believe the CHIPS Act is 100 percent a good idea. I will. I would back that. Um, legislation 10 times out of 10, right? 10 times out of 10, I would back that, re- that, that legislation to basically sanction China with their chips, um, offer grants to bring chip comp- manufacturers to this country, which they are. Uh, you have Samsung in uh, Taylor, Texas. You have the rare earth minerals in Mountain Pass, California. You have the, pro- the Group 14 project um, that's happening in Washington. So you, that sanctions of that, that happened under the Biden administration by stopping China from uh, being, you know, w- with their chips and pulling those people back and pulling industry back. Well, you, that's a good idea. That was a good policy. I support that policy. And to me, I don't care who the president is. I, I want to know what the policies are. And that's a good policy. The popular vote by 7 million. Trump's claims about the 2020 election never could stand up in court. Trump lost 60 court cases, 60. And that's the problem, too. Trump took his, the election stuff and the, the evidence that he had to 60 courts, 6-0. I think 61 or 62, actually. But he lost 60 court cases before. So at what time, at what point, at what point do we... I mean, do we just keep saying it, it was stolen? Like, at what point, if you've lost 60 times, like, at what point do you say, you know, okay, right? I mean, can we, can, that, this could go on for, till the end of time. But unless there's enough evidence to start winning these cases, then 
What are we doing? What are we doing? Trump lost the Republican control states. Trump lost before a Trump appointed judge and then judges. This is Scripps News Live. We're listening in to President Biden's re-election campaign speech in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> Trump lost recount after recount after recount in state after state. But in desperation and weakness, Trump and his MAGA followers went after election officials who ensured your powers as citizens would be heard. These public servants had their lives forever upended by attacks and death threats for simply doing their jobs. In Atlanta, Georgia, a brave black mother and her daughter, Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss, were doing their jobs as electing workers. Until Donald Trump and his MAGA followers targeted and threatened them, forcing them from their homes and unleashing racist vitriol on them. Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, was just hit with a $148 million judgment for cruelty and defamation that he inflicted against them. Other state and local elected officials across the country faced similar personal attacks. In addition, Fox News agreed to pay a record $787 million for the lies they told about voter fraud. Let's be clear about the 2020 election. There was another guy who wanted tariffs on goods made in China. Yeah, that's called the policies. That's that's what presidents are supposed to do. Presidents are supposed to bring forth policies that are good policies. And then those policies stand, right? Those policies stand. So that was a good policy that Trump had. And the next policy was the CHIPS Act, which is also a good policy, right? And, and this is where the confusion lies. Presidents come and go, but policies need to stand because they need to be good enough to continue to stand. So Trump had good policies. I'm not against Trump, but I, the, the issue is, is that the, some of the policies Trump had were good policies. There were some bad policies. I don't agree with the policy that allowed 600 extra dollars a week for unemployment. I don't agree with that policy. That kept a lot of people home. That kept a lot of people not going back to work. That, that kept a lot of people spending money and causing inflation to go up. I don't agree with that policy. But there are policies that stand. It's not working. Trump exhausted every legal avenue available to him to overturn the election. Every one. With a legal path... This took Trump back to the truth, that I had won the election and he was a loser. Now, that's the other thing, too. At some point, if we're going to just go out there and say, well, this guy's a loser and we're just going to start keep attacking uh, people, then uh, Trump, Trump's attacking, now Biden's attacking, now everybody's basically focusing their entire uh, campaigns on attacking each other. Well, so knowing how his mind works now, he had one, he had one act left, one desperate act available to him, the violence on January the 6th. Since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. Now, again, was everybody that went in there uh, an insurrectionist? No, absolutely not. Um, were there insurrectionists? Yes, there were. Did they try to do an insurrection? Yes, they did. Should those people be arrested? Yes, they should. Um, but everybody that was there arrested? No. Um, obviously, were they trespassing at the time? Yes. But it doesn't, 
I don't believe that every single one should be uh, arrested and not every single one was committing an insurrection. What's Trump done? You're out of control. Uh, is it an insurrection to try to remove a candidate from the ballot? No, it's not an insurrection to try to move a candidate from a ballot. Um, an insurrection is a use of force, a use of force to stop a government procedure, uh, proceeding. So when the state votes to remove him from the ballot, that is not an insurrection. State has the right to make up their, the state laws in regards to federal elections. They, make, they decide how they want to proceed with it. It's on a state level. State has sovereignty. If they believe they interpret the law a specific way, they're allowed to make that, to do that vote and interpret the law the way they feel the law is interpreted. And then it goes to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Courts decide if their interpretation of the law is correct. And then if it comes down where they're not allowed to, then they have to throw that out. And that's how the court system works. That's how, that's how the courts, that's how the law, this is how this, this system works, right? It's not an insurrection to a state to remove somebody from a ballot if they believe they're interpreting the, consti uh, the Constitution the way they feel it is. And they send it up. It goes in front of judges. Judges then decide if it's if it's yes or no, and if it's no, they kick it back down, and then he's he's back on the ballot. But I'm not. It's not you. The state still has the right to bring that to the table, so that the table can basically bring it down. Yeah, same thing. If somebody wasn't, if somebody was 34 years old and trying to run for president, the states would be like, yeah, we can't. It's up to the states. Basically, the states are going to say, no, we can't allow the 34-year-old to run for president, right? So it's just an interpretation of that. And then the courts basically come down and say, well, this is an incorrect interpretation, and that's how this works. And this happens all the time. I mean, there are constantly laws being passed that go in front of courts, go in front of judges, and judges can't come back down and say, no, you can't do that. Um, ATF gets this a lot of times with firearms and then it goes in front of a court go, and the judge kicks it back and says, Nope, that's unconstitutional. You can't do that. And that, that's, they have the right to bring it. They have the right, like the ATF has the right to, to, to try to get it passed just as much as the judge has the right to say, Nope, that's unconstitutional. We're going to have to take that off. And then they do. Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these, these insurrectionists patriots. Now, this is where it starts to get a little bit, I want people to understand this terminology. So some of the stuff that we're hearing, and, and which is wrong, is in regards to patriots, in regards to uh, white supremacists, in regards to that, that everybody that's, you know, in MAGA is a white supremacist. Um, and, and, and stuff like that. Well, there's a, the, there's a reason for that. Let me do this. Oop. All right, let me pause that one, make sure. And there's a reason for that. So, let me see if this is going to hear, make sure that this is it's set over up here so I can see what's going on. And I'll do this first. So, basically where this kind of seems to have started, or the point that I've kind of grasped this with the MAGA movement okay. and the fact that so you should be Trump... Able to, you should be able to hear that without echo, because I think I just turned off the echo. The fact that during the elections 
of 2016, most of the stuff that was being said was the fact that he was an extremist, Nazi, white supremacist. So let me drop down my screen. So, and I'm going to shrink me down. And this is the video I did on this. So this George Wallace uh, ran for president and he was, he was uh, um, a white supremacist. Some of the stuff in, in regards to the, the school boards and stuff like that, he didn't want, um, he wanted segregation for schools and, and things like that. So George Wallace was a lot like Trump in some of the stuff that the way he carried himself, not saying that the racists are the white supremacists, but the, um, the, the how he per, uh, charismatic and, and things like that, or how he carried himself at different things. He engaged a lot with the crowd. He did a lot of the same um, styles that Trump did in regards to how he carried himself um, while, go, while running. So w when you're looking at, when the FBI or, or anybody's doing any type of intel report or a think tank or putting paperwork together to basically present to Congress or present to people, a lot of the things that they do is they say, okay, let's tell me where this is going and tell me what references you have and how do you see this going? Because there's a lot of things like history might not repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme, right? So you can pull back from history and say, when have we seen anything like this before and what happened with that situation and where did that go? And I believe that they're pulling, and, and not that I believe, I've actually seen some white papers, that a lot of the references that they're getting in regards to Trump and Trump's followers and MAGA was the same that George Wallace had with the, hold up here, uh, all right. the National Youth Alliance. So the National Youth Alliance supported uh, Wallace, and they were 100%. And I did a, I'll, I did a video on this, and I'll... I'll repost the video all by itself so you can watch it all by yourself because it's got all the references in it and, and everything like that. So the National Youth Alliance basically was a huge supporter of Wallace and they went on campuses and they went on college, you know, all the colleges and stuff like that to try to push this, uh, the George Wallace vote. But the issue was, is they were white supremacists and they were pushing for this. And eventually they became called Patriots. They were calling themselves Patriots. Now, let me do this. Uh, and then Students for Democracy Society. And then I'm going to go to the newspaper articles. And they were actually started to fall into uh, terrorists because some of the stuff that they were saying. So a lot of the Wallace, what happened was when Wallace, uh, he was shot and he decided not to run. Well, because the group no longer had the people, the person that they were going to vote for and hope to get into office, they basically fragmented. And when they fragmented, they turned, they went to seek out other like-minded people. We hear that term a lot that would also want to support their cause. Right. And their, their cause is technically anarchy. Um, and what they actually ended up doing is they would form groups that eventually had large amounts of groups. I mean, they, they started getting um, their own Little papers were being written out there, and some of the stuff that they had in their in their you know weekly papers or monthly papers had stuff in them. Like there's one right there, and I, I and this is some of the stuff that's written in the, in their papers. Seen how the NYA differed. This is something that they would put out in regards to what the National Youth Alliance was. Okay, now the FBI had uh, people inside and you know giving information in regards to this to try to see where this was going to go. 
and it gets very, very bad. Trust me. So right here, the editor-in-chief is this William Pierce, PhD, and we're, you're going to want to remember him because this is where it goes. Yeah, I don't know how if you know this, how this works at all. I don't mention Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. I don't use any of those terms. I don't give a shit about those terms. I don't care about the terms. I'm not going to back anybody into a corner. It doesn't matter. The terms don't matter at all. Um, so you have to try to do this show without saying Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative. Um, you just have to present the information from a neutral point because the information doesn't matter. The information, right? It doesn't matter which side of the street it's on. It's still the information. Policies are policies, right? And you have to, are they good policies or not? I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. I don't care if they're liberal. I don't care. Are, are they good policies or bad policies? Will they work or will they not work? Right? So the issue is, is that I don't, I don't, I don't care if they're Democrat or Republicans. It doesn't matter. That's not the point of this. The point of this is this is where the information was coming from. This is where the FBI is looking and saying, has this ever happened before with a group of people who followed a, a, because I could say, well, Trump used to be a Democrat. Trump used to be a Democrat, right? I, but I'm not. It, that's not the point. The point is, is, is there, is there a, any evidence of anything that's happened like this before with a group of people that followed a specific person and what happened. And there is, and that's this. The downhill. Uh, but this is one of the stuff, uh, flyers or memos that was handed out to somebody who was interested in probably showing up at one of the, at the meetings and things like that. Dear American, the accompanying material, which you requested or which was requested for you by a friend, will serve as an introduction to the National Youth Alliance. As a reader of this material, I believe you have seen how the NYA differs from other anti-communist and pro-American groups. The difference lies in the fact that the NYA does not rely uh, it's cut, that word's cut off. Effectiveness upon having its members read the NIA publications and write there to their congressmen. Instead, the NYA has action programs for organizing young Americans into a militia, militant force for building a better America. In the NYA, this emphasizes on a timeless organizing, constant involvement in key issues, and direct action. The NYA is the one American youth organization which is effectively opposing the tide of drugs, treason, nephilism, sweeping over many young people today. There are two ways in which you may participate in the NLA's action program, either by active member, under 30, associate member, 30 or over, uh, the official supporter by pledging your regularly monthly contributions, money, uh, to support the NYA's activities. Sponsorship Sorry. or membership is not mutually exclusive, of course. Many NYA members also pledge their regular support. On the other hand, if you, you may be one of those persons who agrees with the NYA program, but is hesitant about joining anything at first glance. If so... Use the accompanying reply card to send a contribution with which will allow us to mail you our action newsletter. The name of the action newsletter, which is like their paper, is called Attacks. The name of the newspaper in which they put out there is called Attacks. Now, again, inside these, the newsletter which they put out was things like how to, uh, how to make uh, Molotov cocktails, how to make uh, things that can go up in, into um, drywall and, and things like that, right? And this is, the, this is some of the aspects that were being brought by um, this group, right? So the FBI is looking back at this and saying, okay, well, what happened here? Well, one of the things that happened was is once the um, Wallace stepped aside and, and didn't run, these groups still went out there and did other things. And they eventually ended up getting into militias um, and forming actual domestic terrorist-style groups, right? 
Well, this is where one of the people ended up, a leader of one of these groups, wrote something called the Turner Diaries. And the Turner Diaries was a basic book of the fall of the, um, let me actually pull it up. It's right here. This is the Turner Diaries. Went storming in with baseball bats and, you know, destroyed next, the next step on where this gets extremely bad. Now, the guy that we talked about, the Lawrence Pierce guy that I said, remember him? And he was a part of the Liberty Lobby, and then he became the leader. He, the Liberty Lobby broke away from the National um, Alliance. Uh, they got into a disagreement in regards to memberships, allegedly, and, and stealing mail, um, e- not email, stealing regular addresses, mailing addresses, and that turned into a, a disagreement. So one of the things in 1978 that was written was something called the Turner Diaries. Now, the Turner Diaries is where this gets to be a little, a little extreme, and, and this is where the problem lies. So the Turner Diaries was written as somebody writing a diary, but it was a story, and it was written by Pierce under a pseudonym. Now, what had happened in the Turner Diaries was the government came out and passed a law called the Cohen Act. This is not real. The Cohen Act was private citizens were not allowed to own firearms, so you had to turn in your guns. And then what they did is they went out into... Uh, African-American neighborhoods and basically hired them to be deputized to go out and take the guns from anybody that didn't turn the guns in. Okay. So people were hiding guns and the story starts out with his home is raided. They start pounding on the door and he's got a weapon hidden in a door panel um, thinking they're not going to find it. And, but he basically, you know, bought this gun. So there was a gun registry and they knew that it is and it didn't get turned in. And I guess he didn't tell them that he lost it in a boating accident like the rest of us. But basically they went storming in with baseball bats and, you know, destroyed his place looking for the weapon. Well, they eventually came in with some type of electronic device that was able to sense metal, and they found the weapon, and they, locked, they went to lock him up. But they knew so many people were getting locked up that it was just they were going to let him go on his own recontinence and, and just let him go. This turns into the Patriots, the Patriots forming together to form militias to go against the government. Again, like I said, that's the term. The Patriots were used, the, the team that they basically gave themselves, the Patriots, and, and that's what they still call them. Truthers call themselves today. We're, we're the Patriots. We're the Patriots. It's the Patriots. Now, I understand that Patriots were also this, but it was used heavily, heavily by these groups. Now, what is some of the stuff they do in the book? Let me tell you. Some of the stuff that they do in the book is, let me see, I think I pulled some up. Well, one of the things they do is um, storm the Capitol. They storm the Capitol. Remember, this book was written in 1972. And start basically mortar strikes on the Capitol. Uh, so it ends up becoming where the, it's a, basically a revolution, right? Ends up turning a revolution where they actually storm the Capitol. Um, one of the other things that they do is they blow up a federal building. And this is where Timothy McVeigh got the idea to blow up the Oklahoma City federal building. Um, he references the Turner Diaries. Um, he says that he did it with it, you know, in mind with this. And this was one of the things that that happened. Now, before that, a big push to push things together were the um, Ruby Ridge and Waco. Ruby Ridge and Waco happened. That after that happened, there was a monstrous push for more people to join groups like this and be a part of this and get a part of this, the, the Patriots, um, and form that type of atmosphere, okay? Now, from there is pretty much where they ended up. Timothy McVeigh was a part of one of those these groups, and then he ended up breaking uh, or going separate, or allegedly, that he says. But 
he probably had help um, and ended up getting the explosives to blow up the Oklahoma City Federal Building, right? So their fear, and, and the reason this gets turned into white papers and, and think tanks to take a look at this and process this, is we take the rhetoric that's being said today and the push that's being said today in regards to Trump and, and everything like this, and you say, okay, what happens if Trump doesn't win the next election? What happens if uh, Trump can't run in the no- next election? What happens if he's uh, something happens to him and he's no longer on this uh, planet? All right, I'll just put it that way. Uh, you know, natural causes and he passes away. Like what happens to these people? What what happens to the society and the MAGA and the extremists that are following him? The main the main extremists. Like I'm not saying everybody that follows Trump's an extremist, but we have to admit that there are definitely some Trump extremists, right? Obviously, there was a bunch of them at the Capitol that were smashing windows trying to get in, right? So what happens when that happens? Like, where does it where does it escalate from there? Well, we know from history, not too far back history, that the escalation from George Wallace, which ended up being the and it took years, which, which ended up being um, escalated into these other groups. Exploded with the Ruby Ridge slash Waco incident. OK, which turned into the Oklahoma City bombing. Now, the issue is, is that we. If. Let's just say, I know it's way more, um, but let's just say 50 million people for, voted for Trump. And I think it was like 70, but let's just say 50 because that's an easier number. And you were to take 10% of that, 10% of those people could be so pissed off at the government or so pissed off to the point if, that, if it doesn't go that way and Trump doesn't win the election or Trump can't even run for the election, what will those people do? What will 10% of 50 million people do? That's what, 500,000 people? What will those people do, and what could be the possible outcomes of a situation like that? Now, listen, I'm in a lot of these groups, and I, and I, I listen to a lot of Twitter spaces and, 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 and things like that, and I'm telling you for a fact, there are people out there that were ready, and they said that they were ready to grab their assault weapons and head down to the Capitol, okay? I mean, they're still saying it today, that they were ready to grab the... the Gear up and run down there. So you can't say that that's, this isn't real. You can't say that that doesn't happen because people are saying it, right? So at what point do you start to say, uh, these people out here saying this, and they're saying this rhetoric, and they're making these comments, and they're tweeting these comments, and they're tweeting, you know, we need to stand up and we need to do all this. Well, I, I'm, I don't know what to tell you guys, but that stuff's it's being seen by people, Right? If you're posting it on Twitter, you're posting it on Facebook, you're posting it on YouTube, you can't say, well, they're, they're spying on me. Well, no, they're not spying on you. Their AI is searching for this type of rhetoric. AI is searching for this type of information. So the thought process is, is okay, well, here's what happened before, and they're going to say, well, what, what caused this? So when they're, when they're presenting information to people, they're going to say, well, this was caused by white, um, white supremacists, and it turned into this, and it turned into that, and, and Nazi-style groups, right? Well, that's not the case now. It's not based on white supremacists. Let me do a live chat. It's not all based on white supremacists, but it's still based on the fact that every single aspect of government is bad, right? Like, and I've done this before. And maybe, look, if you want to call in, I'll ask you the same thing. I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but I'm not going to, I'll tell you this, what I feel, and I'll give you, I'll present evidence why I feel this way. I'll back up my statements. 
If Donald Trump was elected, midlife, you answer this one. If Donald Trump was elected tomorrow, let's say he's elected today and he goes through that whole process. What do you expect him to do tomorrow if he was elected today? Like what, what is he coming in and doing immediately? And I don't know why I can't get this game to work, but this is going to be, this is going to be upsetting because I wanted to. Like, what is the process there? And I'm not restarting my computer. Might have to start doing this on another computer, which I can. That's what I'll set up. That's what I'll do. Um, what do you expect him to do tomorrow if elected today? Like, what policy? And, and this is because no, my thought process is, is, first of all, do we know what the president's job is? And it's not to rule by executive order. A president should not be ruling by executive order. That's not their job. They shouldn't just be coming in and say, this is how the country should go. This is what should happen. This is the way it needs to be. That's, that's a dictator, right? So at, what do you expect him to do today? Well, I'm sorry, if elected tomorrow. What do you expect him to do tomorrow? Like, what's, what changes is he going to come in and, and make? And then the next question is, let's say he's voted out in four years. Because he's going to have to be voted out for four years because he can't stay, right? He can't stay. That would be two terms, and we can't serve more than two terms. Well, then what? Then what? He's gone. Then what? What, what happens then? So this is where this comes in. This is why policies are important, not people. Because People leave the presidency. Policy should start to, to, should stay the course. They should be able to endure time. Like Trump's policies towards China were good policies, which were then continued on by the Biden administration with the CHIPS Act. The policies were good policies. Now, the way Trump did it, uh, look, the way Trump did the tariffs on China was kind of a bad idea. Good intention, bad idea. It didn't work. Um, he, it didn't help in regards to logistically at the ports. Um, it created a problem at the ports, and, one, and it was one of the main reasons we got so backed up at the ports. Because of when, you, when he put tariffs in, it caused a problem at the ports. And here's why. Here's what happened with Trump's policies at the ports. So... We then, when we sanctioned China, and goods were basically, there was a, China stopped buying some of our goods, okay? So what, what happened was, rather than wait to take loaded containers back, and there's articles for this, they were taking back empty containers, okay? Now, normally you would pick up, let's say you dropped, let me use simple numbers. You drop 1,000 containers off at a port. You might pick up 800 loaded containers, and those loaded containers are going to go to four different ports somewhere over in China, okay? So that slows down the process. That slows down the process on when that ship's going to come back again. But if you, if you come over here and you drop 800 containers and you pick up 600 empty cans, it's a drop-and-hook situation which means they're going back and they only have to drop the containers at one port, which makes it faster on their end. And then they get loaded and they come back. 
So it's almost like live loading a tractor trailer on one end, meaning you drive a truck, you back into a door, you sit there for a couple hours while they load you, close the doors, and then leave. But a drop and hook situation means you drive in, you drop your trailer, you hook to another trailer, and you leave. Obviously, the drop and hook situation is much faster. It's much faster. So if I'm live loading on one end and dropping and hooking on the other end, if you can't keep up with me on the live load end, things get backed up. Things get backed up. And that's what happened. They were live loading here, technically live unloading, grabbing empty cans, going back there, dropping the empty cans, loading and coming back. They didn't have to make four other port stops so that the process was slowed down enough that we could get caught up over here. Or they were dropping 800 uh, loaded cans, loaded containers, but they were only picking up 200 empty cans. So that left us with too many cans, and it, it left us with a game of Tetris. And anybody who plays Tetris knows that once you get to the top, it gets real difficult to maneuver around to turn that piece, right? Well, that's what happened on our end. And that was what happened, that what China decided to do when Trump put the tariffs on. So what, nobody thought of the logistical aspect of this before putting this in play. And that caused a huge backup at the ports, which eventually caused freight to be held up, ships to be sitting outside the ports. Plus, we were getting $600. If you were on employment, you were getting an extra $600 a week. Plus, you were getting your ELD money, your EDIL money, your PPP money, and all this extra money. So you were spending more money. So now you're buying more stuff, and we're not getting our stuff back out and we have these cans. So that created a monstrous impact on our ports. And then we got logistical inflation on top of financial inflation because of the amount of money that we were giving for people to spend any way they wanted to spend it, basically, to be, to, which caused supply and demand. We had more money out there, so people wanted to buy more stuff. And because you want to buy more stuff, things become more expensive. And that is some of the aspects that happened under the Trump administration with the decision just to put tariffs on. He should have been consulting logistics people saying, whoa, 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 our ports aren't that good. Their ports are 24 hours. Their ports are automated. Their ports are self-driving cranes, self-driving uh, containers, moving around of containers. Our ports are nowhere near that good. We will never keep up. We will never keep up if, if they continue to do what they're doing right now. And it wasn't caught. That's because, did I expect him to know that? Of course I don't. I don't expect Trump to know logistics. Why would he? Right? And this is some of those, the aspects of that was happening that caused us to have this inflation. So you have this money that's being out there, and we're feeling that now. So then what happens is once that money starts to run out, once the... The ports start to get cleared out. The, D, the, the ports had to step in. The FMCSA had to step in. They had to start saying, hey, we're going to start charging you detention, compounding detention. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. The rail's got to get cleared up. We got to get this stuff out of there. Well, then things started to drip back down again and come back down off of that high peak, right? And this is where truck drivers are feeling it now. But then what happened was not only did we pull back from receiving all those goods. So not only did the excess money start to affect this, 
But we started to say, you know what? We don't want to work with China that much anymore. And I even have um, some of the aspects now. is we started to reshore, nearshoring, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Mexico to take the lead in friendshoring, which that was a new one to me. That's original. Um, and we are basically, China was likely knocked off the perch as the top exporter to the U.S. for the first time since 2006 last year, outpaced by Mexico as tensions between the world two powers suggest uh, the the large oh, hang on between the world's two largest economics reshape supply chains. So now not only do you have a slowdown in money and a slowdown in this process, but you're also saying, you know what, we're going to pull back from China completely, and we're going to start moving more of our freight to Mexico. Now I like that idea. I I would prefer to go with countries that are more um, less communistic in controlling of our logistics. But the issue is. Is and, and which we're experiencing now, nobody said, well, let's think about the logistics of this. What's going to happen when we no longer pull stuff from China and we start pulling it from Mexico? Well, one of the things that's going to happen is when you put it on a boat, you cannot drive it from China. You must ship it on a boat. Once it gets to the port, the port transloads it. So you then cross dock it, you break the can down, you or you pick up the container, either way, and then you put it either on the rail or you cross dock it and put it on trucks. Well, we don't need that anymore. And this is what Yellow saw. Yellow saw this coming up because Yellow also had a terminal or an office, per se, in China. And they saw the fact that they were going to be losing a ton of business. They were going to lose a ton of LTL freight. Because we no longer need to LTL freight from California across the United States. We're shipping it from Mexico. And a Mexican driver can drive it here for pennies compared to a U.S. driver. And th this is where we were. This is what's happening. So now we've lost all of the trucks that used to break the freight down and ship it from California to the United States. We've lost all the volume that, used, that had to go on an American truck because no Chinese truck was coming over to ship that to the, right? So it had to go on an American truck from California and we've moved it down to Mexico. So now Mexican carriers can 100% drive that freight all the way up. Plus it can still go on the rail. But now, so now you have Mexican carriers replacing a portion of the U.S. carriers that used to be the only ones that could pick it up in, in California and bring it across the United States if it wasn't going to go on the rail. So this is some of the aspects that nobody looked at, not Trump, not Biden, that said, oh, how is this going to affect our, our trucking infrastructure? Well, it's going to drive volumes down. So now you got less people spending, and what people are buying isn't coming from China. It's coming from Mexico, which is being eliminated by Mexican, could be eliminated by Mexican drivers. So unless you're U.S. to U.S. pickup and delivery, a Mexican carrier can drive it right up. And then a Mexican carrier can grab it and drive it right down. Where most U.S. carriers don't want to go to Mexico. They want to cross dock at some place in Laredo, um, 
Brownsville and things like that. So this is some of the aspects that if you want me to say, here, this guy's perfect and we need this guy, what will Trump do tomorrow if elected today? What will he do? Well, his two statements are, get rid of all of the, the wind and drill, drill, drill. Well, we are drilling. We are drilling for oil. But the problem is, is that if we're the only one, other countries are all also going towards wind and batteries and technology and stuff like that, which we're still going to need oil. Not, nobody's stupid. But the problem is, is that if they're moving towards wind and that's the new technology that's out there, which we're building, if anybody puts up, uh, what is it? Uh, hang on. I think it's group because it's based on the group 14. <laughs> Yeah, Group 14. So Group 14, uh, da, 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 let's see, it was news. Is this it right here? Yeah, Group 14, uh, 3 billion startup with a secret tech for better batteries. When was this done? This was done January 26th of 2023. So this was last year. Across the highway from battery startup, G Group 14 technology is the Maltby Cafe, a decades-old institute dishing up cinnamon rolls and the size of the dinner plates. The cafe's exterior is plastered with half a dozen vintage gas station signs, a nod of transportation fossil fuel past, and the striking con contrast of Group 14 embraces the electrical f electrified future. We're looking, I mean, we are throwing money into this electrified future, right? Here's $3 billion going into a startup over there in Washington to make better batteries. Right. And this was a year ago and they're going now. I mean, you have I've delivered on Defense Production Act into the California's Mountain Pass Rare Earth Minerals plant. Right. Like I said, you got Samson. Uh, no, Samson. Is that the Korean one? You have the Korean company making a chip factory in, in Taylor, Texas. So you can drill and we can drill all the oil you want. That's 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 fantastic. And we're drilling oil right now. And some of the reasons we're drilling oil right now is to keep gas prices down. That's another reason gas prices are down is because we're drilling the crap out of oil, right? But if you're going to get rid of all of this windmill and all of this solar and all of this stuff, well, then we're, you're still getting rid of other business. You're still getting rid of other industries. So you can't just get rid of them because other countries are still doing it. So they're going to be on the forefront of new technology, new computer chips, new battery technology, new st you know ways because everything runs on a battery and we're still going to be dinosaur on oil. Now you so you have to have a good balance of new technology po progress with wind, with solar, with battery technology, with electronic, with semiconductor technology and still have a balance of good oil production. So we can't just close it all. So what, what, what is the thing? Like, what's the plan? Shut down all windmills, shut down all batteries, shut down all solar and open up oil and stay where we are in regards to, in regards to progress? I don't think so. I think we got to have a balance. I think we got to find not only oil, but how do we use hydrogen? How do we use natural gas? How do we use a, a solar? How do we use all this other stuff? Uh, if we did that, we would be, and we can't shoot unless everyone was actually coming after you and still tried to get away. 
I'd have to wait for that to pop up because there's a stupid heart on this system. And I'm going to shut that off. Anyways, I'll see that in a second. But this is the, this. So, so if you want to just say, okay, look, Trump's going to save the day. Trump's going to do this. Trump's going to do that. And the problem is, is that if he, if it's the revenge tour and he wants to be a dictator on day one, just to take care of his arch enemies. Well, I got a problem with that, to be completely honest. I have a problem with that because we are progressing into a new technology era. And we already know if we needed to tomorrow, we can pump more oil and produce more oil than, than pretty much all the, all the, another country, right? We can do that. All right, here it is. Um, don't tell everyone there. If we, if we did that, we'd be arrested and we couldn't shoot unless someone was actually coming after you and you still must try to get away. No. If you are, listen, you still have a, if you're a protectionary duty, if you're on protectionary duty and you've got the doors barred and you've got tables in front of the doors and you've got chairs on top of that, you're protecting people that need to get out of the building. Your job is to stand here and say, look, stop them from coming in because we can't have 100 people running down the hall or freeing up these doors or smashing these doors down, running down the hall and catching those politicians because I don't know what could happen to them if that were to happen, okay? At that point... Once they start coming through the door, once they've breached the door that has been boarded, locked, secured, and is being protected at gunpoint, you have made a decision to continue on. You have made a decision to continue on. Let me give you an example. So there are levels of of force uh, as a law enforcement officer. There's five levels of force. But when you're in the Coast Guard, I still have those five levels of force but because I'm on a boat that I could fall off and enter and fall into the water, I can go to a higher level of force if I was going to be rushed. Okay. Like if you were going to rush me, first of all, 21 feet with a knife, good luck on a ship on a boat at least. Cause I did boat. I did boardings of boats. Not I did ships too, but a lot of fishing boats. But if there's, I, if there's me and another boarding officer and there's eight guys, because if a police officer is in the water or standing in a boat or in there's something where he could be drowned, he can fall into the water. The levels of force change because if I'm wrestling with this guy or trying to cuff this guy and something happens where we both fall into the water, I could drown. Right. I've got gun belts. I've got boots. I've got body armor. Right. So it, it becomes a different situation Levels of force aren't consistent all the time over every aspect of the situation, right? You can go from level force one, officer presence, to deadly force. You can skip all of the other ones if the situation justifies it. So you literally had levels of force. You had officer presence. You had officer presence outside. You had uh, them pushing back and riot gear and, and stuff like that. That was outside. You had officer presence on the other side of that door. You had, you know, 
uh, uses of violence right in front of the police officers that if you were to punch a window right next to my head, if I wasn't surrounded by a hundred people and the, and one of the only officers there per se, I might try to subdue you at that point. That's a, that's violence. That's just, you know, right. But they didn't. So they made a stand and they said, hold them at this, this, here's your line. Don't cross this line. There are officers with guns on the other side of this line. You broke every other, every other aspect of officer presence, smashed the windows, used weapons to do it, and then started climbing through. It doesn't matter if it was the first person that climbed through or the 12th person that climbed through. You climbed through and you broke officer presence. And it went from level one to level five. And then that one shot stopped everybody else, didn't it? I don't want, you don't want to hear this, but that's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. Uh, Verbal commands, soft controls, hard controls, intimidating weapons, lethal force. So officer presence is my uniform, right? My uniform, the way I keep my uniform, make sure it's pressed, make sure it looks good. Uh, a state trooper making sure that he puts his hat on once he gets out of the vehicle and, and shows up in full uniform, all right? Then you have verbal commands. Don't go in here. You guys can't come in here. This, this, is, uh, this is a restricted area. You're not allowed in here. Don't come in here. This is blocked off. Soft controls, we're pushing back. We're stopping you. We're in riot gear. We put up fences. We're using riot shields. Hard control. I'm sorry, the, the, the gating, right? And then you have hard controls, which would be the riot gear. We're stopping you. We're pushing back. We're using um, to push back. Intermediate weapons. We're using tear gas. We're using um, batons, things like that to keep you from, from entering into here. What's the last one? Lethal force. Every other Every one of the officer presence was used by officers before they got to that door. They broke it with helmets. They broke it with flagpoles. They smashed it with flagpoles. They punched, they punched a glass in front of officers. They used a helmet to knock out the plexiglass. They knocked out the plexiglass. They were told he has a gun. He's pointing a gun. He has a gun. They still climb through. Every level of officer force was used. Officer presence, verbal commands, soft controls, hard controls, intermediate weapons, lethal force. Everyone. Everyone. Now, he, I don't believe he carried a taser, which officers, you know, he, he might not have to carry a taser at that point. So he used his level of, of force that he, he needed to at that point. They broke in. I don't know what's bullshit, Char. I showed the video. You go back and watch the video. I literally showed them punching and breaking the glass, using flagpoles to smash the glass, kicking the glass, using uh, military-style helmets to knock the classy glass out. Officers saying, don't go in there. They barred the door with, with tables and chairs. Like, what 
what more don't you understand at this point? Don't go in there. Don't go in there. Your protest stops here at this door. If you feel it's not good enough and you enter someplace that they've decided is their line to protect the politicians and I've got a weapon drawn on you, if I tell you don't come any closer, don't continue to walk up on me and I'm on a boat and I say, sir, I'm going to need you to step back. Sir, I'm going to need you to stay back. Don't keep coming at me, sir. Do not keep coming at me, sir. I'm drawing my weapon. And if you continue to come at me when I draw my weapon, I'm going to shoot you. I've given you directions to stop doing what you're doing. I'm on a boat. I can't go anyplace else. This was the line they drew. The only other way out was to take them down the hall that the politicians were. That was the only other way out. And they were not taking the people that way. They could not retreat any further. Because that's the way the politicians were leaving. That was the end of the line. This door was sealed and barred with chairs and tables for a reason. You either go in and out this way, or you go out the same way that the politicians were. They could not retreat any further back and still protect the politicians. They were doing their job. And, and, and if this was Black Lives Matter, I'd say the exact same thing. I don't care. Yeah. That's a good point. I have no idea. That's an extremely good point. It's going to sound extremely racist, but why do some white people think that the law will not stop them? I don't know. That's a good point. Chat was fired. She was jumping through a window that was knocked out by a ballistic helmet. They were trying to break through the windows. She climbed through. Politicians were just, were still going down the hall. This officer didn't know how far down the hall they were. He just knew that he had to stop these people from getting to those politicians. We've gone through every single other level of force. At this point, we're now at lethal force, and he used it. I wouldn't have climbed through the window. I wouldn't have climbed through the window. At that point, with every, if, if you couldn't look at the situation, and I can see, you know, kick it, let's say you were kicking the door, let's say you were smashing the glass and you were doing all this. If you couldn't figure out to not climb through the window to get to the other side of the law enforcement officer who had a weapon drawn on you, I'm going to say um, that would be a bad idea. Uh, that's, that's, I, I don't know what to tell you. If you, uh, that's the problem. If I were to say nine times out of ten, would you have done, would you have climbed through that window? Nine people out of ten probably would have said, uh, no, I probably wouldn't have climbed through the window. <laughs> I wouldn't have climbed through the window. At, at, at some point, I would have stopped. I'm still smashing stuff. I'm still in the building. You're in the building. You're already in the building. You wanted in the building. Why did you have to get down that hallway? Why did these people have to get down that hallway? Why did they find it so, such a need, such a, a complete focused tunnel vision to get down that hallway? What was down that hallway that was so important that they felt that they had to smash the windows, kick the doors, and climb through busted windows in front of police officers who had a drawn weapon on them? Politicians. Politicians were down that hallway. They wanted access to the politicians. 
They're already in the building. Something was down that hallway that they needed to keep going. What was it? Politicians. His job was to protect the politicians. I would have shot. I would have pulled the trigger. Because that's what's going, at this point, that's what should be going through your heads. You're in the building. The, the, the politicians are leaving. They're getting out. They're going down the hallway. These doors are barricaded, locked, with two officers in front of them. Why did you have to keep going? Why did these people have to continue to push forward to the point that they smashed it open, broke the windows, and started climbing through the windows with a law enforcement officer pointing a gun at them and they were being told, don't go in there. Why? Y'all know I'm right. Y'all know I'm right. Because the answer is, they wanted access to the politicians that were going down that hallway, that they were looking at on the other side of this door that were being escorted out down that hallway. The only other exit was that hallway. I don't know what to tell you. You can call bullshit all you want, but why did they have to get down that hallway? What was the main focus? What was the tunnel vision? What was the focal point? What was the reasoning? They already got their way. They already called it, you know, called the vote, stopped us at that point. They're already leaving the building. Politicians. If it was a protest, then why, would, why wouldn't they have stopped at that door and just let the politicians go? That's how I'm looking at it if I'm the police officer. That's just the only way out. I got to stop these people from getting down that hallway and hurting them people. Climb through a window on me at that point. I'm, I'm going to do the exact same thing that that law enforcement officer did for the exact same reason he did it. Every level of force, on the screen, yeah, every level of force was used prior to. You knew they were cops. They were giving verbal commands. You can't go in there. This, this is closed right now to the public. They were using soft controls, putting up fences, putting up gates, putting up blockades. They're using hard controls, SWAT teams. They were using uh, weapons like tear gas. And you just kept coming. You just kept coming. After every level of force used, you guys just kept going. Pull the trigger. All right, we're done now. Good. I'm glad that stopped you. I'm glad one round that shot one person finally convinced you, not you, but finally convinced those people to stop pushing down that hallway. Tell me again. Tell me, tell me, tell me again it was all about selfies. Tell me again that, 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 was, that, that lethal force was used. Tell me again. Tell me again. C click the link. Because I can show you every single level was used. It doesn't have to be one officer using it. Cops used all the levels.
This, and this is my frustration part. Frustration part is that this is what people can't process in their heads. And you can't call it and say what it is. You can't even call out the bad actors on your side. I can. And I can call the bad actors out on other sides. I can just call the bad the dumb ideas. You're incapable of making decisions to call out the bad actor or the bad decisions or, or the, the, on your own side. Why? And then you make up excuses. Oh, they were just doing selfies. Oh, they were just idiots doing streaming. Oh, there was, it, was, it was a peaceful protest. Oh, it was all this. What? What? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Like I said, President Trump's elected tomorrow, today. What's he doing tomorrow? What's the first thing he does tomorrow? What saves, the, in your eyes, what saves the country? And I've, I've had conversations with people that they basically said that even if Trump said, look, perfect example, Trump is the all-trusting Trump. We all trust Trump. Trump needs to be empowered. Trump needs to do this, right? Okay. Trump was a part of the uh, vaccination uh, for that to get approved so quickly. Big part of that. Wow, that, that's, that's, let's throw that out. Let's forget about that. Well, I thought that was a big deal. Yeah, but that's we're just going to throw that out. Trump said, "Go, go get your, go get your vaccinations." Yeah, but you know, he said that because of the deep state. Well, that means he he can't stand up to the deep state. I'm confused. Okay, well, we'll, we'll forget about that. Okay, because I'm all look. If, if somebody wants to get their their vaccinations, they they're welcome to get their vaccinations. Do I have one? No, I don't have any. Does, does my wife? No, she doesn't have any. Nope, don't have any. But if you feel you want to get it, you have every right to get a vaccination. Your call. You have every right, unless you're above age, you have every right to drink and smoke. Your call. But it, what is he doing to tomorrow to change all of this? And all I ever hear from people is sending everybody to Gitmo, getting rid of all corruption. Um, arresting all the Democrats, arresting all the bad people, arresting all the... It's like, well, you can't do that. That's a dictator. You can't do that. So what, what presidential powers does he have? Well, he can do an executive order. An executive order can be fought in court and, and turned down. TikTok. He put an executive... He wanted TikTok shut down. Went to court, TikTok won, TikTok's still around. So my question is, is... And, and, and I'm not, look, somebody comes up, I'll be completely polite and say whatever you want. I won't, like I said, the only time is if, if I, if I want to say something like the other guy, like a uh, man of tomorrow who wouldn't let me even talk on my own show, I'll, I'll be complete. Let you say what's your, your piece. I'll let people hear it. But the issue is, is that at what, at what point do we actually get back to realizing reality and realizing what's actually going on? Because people are like, well, let's close the borders. You can't just close the borders, right? When Trump was, when Trump was here and he was shutting down the borders, we, Mexico wasn't our top trading partner, right? So if we just close the borders now, we're going to affect the trade and the inbound, outbound logistics of freight that's coming in from our top trading partner now. So it's harder than just closing the borders because when you close the borders, you stop the rail service. So... That's not going to work. 
That's not going to work the same way that it did when Trump started to shut down. Well, let's build a wall. Well, building a wall doesn't work because it's 15-foot wall, 16-foot ladder or tunnels. So that doesn't work. So I, I'm not in favor of, of building a wall. Well, then we need to put the military on the borders. Okay, so we, uh, we can't get people in the military. Like, look, we can't get people to join the military. Why? Because now the military is bad. Every aspect, look, you want to take down a country, you take down the following things. Education, which w- right now our education is crap and everybody says it's crap. Do I believe it's fully crap? I don't. I believe there's bad things going on, but I don't believe all edu- our entire education system is crap. You take down the healthcare system. Well, everybody hates the healthcare system because of the vaccine. Um, you take down the law enforcement. Well, everybody thinks cops are bad. All cops are corrupt, and all you know, FBI is corrupt. Everybody's corrupt. Get rid of us. Get rid of the FBI. Okay. Um, then you t- say that the election system and the politician system is all corrupt and broke. Well, we're there. And then you take down the dollar, and you say that that your currency is crap. Is crap. Now, luckily, our currency is the global reserve currency, so it's going to stay for a while because we have a navy, uh, and people are using it. But we're now at this point that it's like, what? What does he do? What magical ability does he come in to change the people's minds? Because if Trump comes in today and says, "All right, I'm now your president." Warp speed was my thing. Uh, the, the vaccines, this round of vaccines are, 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 are good. I'm going to need everybody to take the vaccines. Are you doing it? Well, no. Of course not. And it, it, let's get rid of the FBI. Okay, well then who does the job of the FBI? There are 35,000 FBI agents. Well, the U.S. Marshals. Well, there's only 6,000 U.S. Marshals. So if we're going to take 6,000 U.S. Marshals to now cover the 35,000 FBI agents, what's falling through the cracks? Because now we have to give the jurisdiction of the FBI to the U.S. Marshals. So what, what are we actually doing? Is getting rid of the FBI to move them over to U.S. Marshals and you still have the, the, the U.S. Mar- what, what? You think the U.S. Marshals are just sitting around doing nothing? That they have time to pick up the slack for 35,000 FBI agents? Well, let's give it to local law enforcement. You think local law enforcement is doing nothing to pick up the slack for that? To pick up the slack on terrorism? You think some local sheriff is better trained for terrorism and anti-terrorism? They're not. They're not. 100% not. Uh, I did uh, law enforcement and fisheries in the Coast Guard. I was nowhere near smarter than the federal uh, fisheries office agents that would come in and help us. They knew fisheries like the back of their hands. There was some I would know, and I'd be like, eh, I don't think you can have this shark fin. I'm like, I'm going to have to make a phone call here. But uh, you're not supposed to have this shark fin on board. Uh, and then I'm calling in Massachusetts Environmental Police, and then Massachusetts Environmental Police is going to hit them with a state. And then I'm calling in fisheries, federal fishery agents to come in and hit them federally for having a shark fin. You know why that works better that way? Is because when somebody stays with something, they get better at it. Right? Like I specialize in overdimensional freight, 20 foot wide, 20 foot tall, uh, 100 foot long. I don't move legal freight. 
I, you're not going to call me to move a van load. Why? Because I am, because I'm a specialist I spe- and I specifically handle this, I can stay more up to date and more focused on this industry and, uh, and doing this, right? Brain surgeons are not going to fill in at your, general pract- at your general practice for a nurse practitioner who wants to go on vacation. Now, are everybody good in the FBI? Of course not. Everybody's not good in the FBI. Does the FBI need to be revamped and redone? Absolutely. 100%. But are we going to get rid of it? Well, that's what a lot of people want. That's what I've heard people say. Trump should come in and get rid of the FBI. Well, how does that make it better? Because in four years, he's out. Four years, he can't run again. Then who, who, what happens after that? Trump ran for four years. And then Biden came in and ruined everything. So Trump comes back and fixes it again, and then somebody else comes in and it's ruined again anyways. You know why that happens? Because the policies are bad. The policies are bad. That's why it happens. When you have good policies, good policies stay. And this is what happened. Did Trump do good things? Trump did do good things. I believe make the tariffs on there, 100%. Just wish he would have spoke to some type of logistical consultants or ports consultants and said, hey, I'm going to put some tariffs on and uh, how's this going to affect logistics? Because everything is affected by logistics. Logistics affects everything. So maybe we should have some logistics people I'm not saying call me, obviously, but maybe we should have some logistics people say, well, this is what's going to happen. Well, how do we fix this? Well, I'll tell you how we fix this. Two ways to fix this right off the bat. The first way to fix this is any 20 foot container. If you can fit two containers on one truck, 20 footer and 20 footer, which is 40 foot. And right now, if something is overweight, you cannot have multiple pieces. So if you can take one of the pieces off and it's no longer overweight, you got to do it. But you can waive that rule and say, listen, if you're picking up containers at the port and if these two containers put you overweight, we're going to go ahead and let you get a permit to haul these containers out of the port. Even though two of them would put you overweight, we're going to give you a waiver and let you get a permit. That's what I would have did. I said that day back when it first started. I don't know anybody else that was saying that shit. All right, now we're pulling two ports, two containers out with one truck. Boom, that helps. Well, what else can we do? Well, we're going to have to have the military come in or somebody come in and shuffle a bunch of these containers, these empty containers, someplace else. Well, what else do we have? Well, we've got this military base that we're not using over here. So maybe we just have a bunch of these empty containers and start shuffling some of these empty containers out of this port. Well, why would we do that? So we're not playing Tetris all day long, trying to shuffle to get to the, this container here and moving six containers to get to this container because we got no place to put this container and this container's over here. Let's just move them out. <laughs> all right, well, let's start doing that. If I was president, I'd say, well, let's start doing that now. You got two months before I'm putting these sanctions in place. Make it happen. Okay, let's clear up the ports. Nobody did that. Nobody made those decisions. And, and, and then we've got 100 ships sitting outside the Port of California. And shit's late. 
And now we, we got to get this stuff out of here. Now trucks, we've, we, we're, trucks are like, come, I, we'll pay you $8 a mile, $9 a mile to come get this. Well, what's the normal price? Two. But now we're paying $8 a mile to move this out of this port because we have no choice because we have ships piling up out, out in the anchor area. Anybody think of this? Anybody, anybody see how that could possibly cause a problem? If your pizza delivery was normally 20 bucks to get it delivered, or your food delivery from DoorDash is normally 20 bucks to get it delivered to you, and it ends up being 100 bucks next time, you, you're going to start just, you're, you're going to go ballistic. $100? You were just $20? Yeah, well, there's a bunch of pizzas stacking up there, so people are paying more money, supply and demand. Well, that's what happened to, to manufacturers and shippers in this country. They had to pay, instead of $1,000 for a container, they had to pay $20,000 for a container from China. And then once it got to the port, instead of paying $2 a mile, they had to pay $8 a mile. So the cost of the logistics to move the goods to the store or to the place that had to make their widget tenfolded. And this is why I go to the grocery store yesterday and buy freaking vegetables and milk and I don't need, and sodas, and it ends up being, what the hell was it? $475? Why doesn't get that many goods? Be as many of them offloading over there. Most of the goods that are come over here come over to, and even then when they come here, they, a lot of some of the goods come here to be then offloaded to be put together or widgets or parts and stuff like that to then be sold to places possibly in Hawaii and go back out again. But most of the goods that were coming in was coming into this country. Anybody here, anybody complaining about any of that with Trump? Well, let's do. What else did he do? He lowered taxes. Fantastic. That was great. That. I have no problem lowering taxes. Nobody wants to pay taxes. Nobody wants, you know, business taxes and stuff like that. Okay, let's do it. Well, now we're all bitching that the debt's too high. Well, they're spending too much. Okay, well, how do we fix this? We stop spending and we raise taxes. You guys going to want to hear that? Because it can't just be one. Because you can't just stop spending. You can't just cut off money, to, right? Because people go ballistic. People go nuts. Is there places we can cut? Sure. But you got to think about stuff like that. You got to think about things. Like, okay, what happens when we cut? This is the problem. It, there's cause and effect. All right, let's cut the money off to California for homeless. Oh, oh, oh. well, maybe that's not a good idea because then the homeless are going to start stealing at stores and smashing things and breaking into buildings. Okay, well, then that's what are we doing here? So it, there's cause and effect. There's cause and effect of decisions that are made, especially money. Uh, Hawaii is one of the 50 states of the U.S., so we are a part, they are part of this country. They are, I didn't say they weren't a part of the country. Logistically speaking, they don't get as much freight kicked off at their, at, in Hawaii as they do of the ports of the other 48 states, the lower 40. So when you have 48 to 1, you're, you're moving more freight to, to the, Cal at the time, we were moving more freight to the California ports because we have 48 states here and only one state there. So 
even at that point, they're not they're not re- taking in as much as the other forty eight states. California is it was Long Beach it was one of the major hubs from China shipping for the entire for the forty eight states of the United States. So that port's going to get way more business than Hawaii would for just one state, and that's what happened. So then, what ships do? Ships start going around. Well, go around, and we're going to go through the Panama Canal, and we're going to start to hit Savannah, and we're going to start to hit those ports on the East Coast. Well, what's that do? Cost more money to ship because shipping ship uh, container ships, they're not going to just say, "Well, we're going to eat the cost." They're going to charge you. You want your product? It's going to cost more money. Why? Because we're going to drive. We're going to have to go through the Panama Canal. We're going to have to go all the way around, or you can wait for it. You make the call. So we started shipping over to there. But that now you're paying more money in for the ship to sail it over there. This is inflation. This is all inflation. This this happened under Trump's watch. And we're we felt we're feeling the pain now. We're feeling the pain. It takes years. Like when I'm doing a, a budgetary when I'm looking at budgets. Customers aren't coming to me on a daily basis to see where they are in their spending of their budget, right? They're going to come to me quarterly, semi, or annually, and they're going to look at their annually budget and say, what the hell happened? We blew our budget this year to tenfold. Well, we're going to have to adjust for that loss of, of our budget last year. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to raise the prices on goods now over the next three years to make up for the blown out lo- uh, budget that we had in the lo- logistics side. Last year. And this is where we're at. And this is where, okay, now we're spending, we're spending, we're spending. Federal Reserve raised interest rates. Hopefully that banks aren't giving out as much money. Credit cards aren't giving out as much money. People aren't spending as much money to then drives down goods so that goods can basically, re, you know, calibrate again and bring it down. But we're not only doing that. We're now also moving from Mexico. And so now you have Mexico that's now processing this stuff to bring it up here, and, and, the, and the supply chain patterns have changed. So then you have truck drivers that we, a loss of truck drivers and a loss of volume in the trucking industry because we no longer need them in California. So what is Trump going to do? Like, what do you want Trump to do, maybe? Maybe that's the question I should ask. Like, what do you want Trump to do on day one? Like, what, what are you wanting him to do? Not what is he legally able to do. I'll even throw that out the window. What do you want him to do? Because I know where they're coming up with, with, with the white supremacists because it's easier to say white supremacist than anarchist. Right? It's easier to say that every, all these Magapima are white supremacists, which puts, an, uh, which puts you know, that, that stigmata on them because nobody wants to be a white supremacist rather than anarchist. Because right now, anarchist could be the cool thing. A white supremacist isn't. So they're using that term white supremacist because they don't want to use anarchist. Because to be honest, they want the collapse of the FBI. They want the collapse, get rid of half this government, get rid of half these, you know, all these things here. And it's like, okay, well, then what? I mean, I've even had this discussion with homeschool. I am not... In favor of homeschooling. Um, in, 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 okay, let me rephrase that. 
I'm not in favor of anything ghost tile homeschooling. Like, let's say you had a teacher who's a certified teacher who's done who who who's gone to you know continuing education classes, still up to date on how things are taught, way things are taught, the best way for kids to learn, able to figure out, hey, um, but our energy, okay, perfect. All right, get our energy independence back in line. We are energy independent. Uh, and then the rest for fall. We are in energy independent. We are energy independent. I don't know how we're not energy independent. We still, we still, we're pumping more oil than we've pumped ever before. So we are technically energy independent. Like you don't, energy independence isn't like, okay. A lot of people think that like it, energy independence is when you can't produce any, when you can't make as much, when you couldn't be. We are energy independent. We we one we we are pumping more oil. Where's my mouse? This down still, yeah. U.S. U.S. is pumping more oil. The United States is producing more oil than any country in history. Any country in history. Uh, this is also from the Atlantic. Why is the U.S. pumping more oil than any other country in history? This is the 23rd. Uh, 2023, I mean. Uh, December 20, 2023. Surging U... So your surging U.S. oil production brings down prices and raises climate climate fears. So they're already saying, "Hey, why are we doing this? I thought we were in a climate thing. Why are you producing more oil?" All right, here is the chart. Twenty twenty three. This is crude oil exports. Crude oil exports. Here's our crude oil exports. So here's our crude oil exports in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. 2019, and we had an election, level 2021, it was still as much as Trump, then it raised up in 2022, now here's 2023. U.S. crude oil exports. U.S. crude oil exports reached record high in first half of 2023. Okay, that's already happening, right? This is already happening. So, what is he going to do? What's already happening? U.S. crude oil exports in the first half of 2023 averaged 3.99 million barrels, which is a record high for the first half of the year since 2015, when the U.S. banned most crude oil exports from the United States was repealed. The first half of 2023, crude oil exports, exports were up expected 650 million barrels, 19% compared to 2022. All right, we're there. So we're already doing that. So now you're saying if we do this, everything else will fall into place. Well, we've been doing it. 20, we started curving up there in 2022. So we're good? Okay. You see, and, and look, I'm just putting out, 
I'm just putting out the facts. I'm just putting out the information, right? And I know people are still going to say, well, and that's fine. I'm good with saying that. But here, we are doing that. We are pumping oil. We are exporting crude oil. So what... There you go. This is U.S. field production of crude oil. 2010, 2015, 2019, and then it dipped, and then it hits back up again 2023. So we're doing it right now. So 2023 is higher than even 2020. So there you go. Uh, yeah, we're still, we, we are producing, we are, we are in it. Technically we are pumping more oil. We are exporting more oil. Um, we are doing that. So I'm just trying to figure out where, where's that lie? Hang on. Let me close this up. Oh, that is closed. You fixed it. All right. Uh, yeah, and, and, and this is the issue. Like, so I, look, do I want Biden? As I know I'm not voting for Biden. I'm not voting for Biden. Not going to happen. But the problem that I, I'm, I'm, I'm having here is what, all I ever hear is Trump, 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 Trump. But I'm not hearing why. Like why? I mean, he's not my savior. He's just going to hopefully do better trade deals with other countries. We got to figure out a way to defend the border. We got to figure, and that's his job too. And we got to figure out what's going on with Israel, Palestine, um, the Red Sea, Russia, Ukraine, and all that stuff, right? He's, he's obviously in charge of the military. But the problem is, is that where in the hell, what's he going to do? And what do you want him to do? What do people want him to do? Like literally, on day one. On day one, what's he going to do? And, and if, you're, if, if you're out there saying, I want him to upheave everything, I want all the corruption gone, I want all the bad politicians gone. I want all the different, you know, different Democrats gone and the go Democrat governors. And I want all this stuff. Well, that's not going to happen. That's, that's, that's a dictator. I mean, states have the rights. People in other states have the right both for free and fair elections. And the problem is, is I keep hearing free and fair elections. And everybody understands what fair elections is, but people don't seem to understand what free elections are. What is a free election? And a free election means I can vote for whoever I want to vote for. And I'm not punished for not voting the way you want me to vote. So you're going to have people out there that are going to vote Democrat. And I'm talking this, I'm saying this because it's the voting aspect of it. Just because it's Democrat. They're just going to vote Democrat. They don't care. It's just Democrat. 
And then you're going to have people that are going to vote Republican. Just any R that's on the ballot, I'm going to vote. And then you have people like me. And the problem is, is this is why Trump might lose the election. And hear me out on this. Hear me out. So Democrats that are Democrats that are Democrats are always going to vote Democrat. Right? So those are your guaranteed Biden voters. Okay? And then you have Republicans that are just always going to vote Republican, 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 Republican. So you got these two sides. They're always going to vote that way. So now what you got to do is figure out what the middle is going to vote. So what's happening right now is independents are not in these polls. So when you see Donald Trump way up in the polls, well, he's way up in the polls because independents aren't taking polls because we don't know yet because we're not voting a side or a man or a woman. We're just, we want, we're voting policies. We're voting on what we feel the best opportunity will be for four years in the next election. So if the people, when you start to see these polls, they're jaded because those people are always voting Republican. And the Demo- these, these people are always voting Democrat. So true, and that's why the polls start to get closer and closer towards the election. And clip this. So you're going to start to see polls get closer and closer because more independents are going to say, uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and vote Nikki Haley. Right? Because I can't remember the other guy's name. Not DeSantis, but the other guy. So, yeah. They're, and so for people like, let's say me or independents, they're waiting for something to be said that strikes them. Right? That, that they feel, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and vote for Nikki Haley. I'm going to vote for DeSantis. Or I'm gonna, because the Trump people are already in. They're voting for Trump. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're, they're, they're, you're never going to convince them. It's like trying to convince people that that wasn't a riot. You're never going to convince them. Right? Yeah, exactly. Some elections, it's just not worth voting. I, don't, I can't pick a side. I don't want either of them. And you're going to have that also. So then you got to figure out, well... What is there enough true Trumpers to have Trump win? Or are people going to vote to just go against Trump? I'm voting Biden just to go against Trump. It is what it is. Whatever. I don't want Trump in. I, I, this is, and that's a possibility. So for me, the issue is, is that I think the true Trump people, the true Trump voters, love the rhetoric from Trump. They love the fact that they hear him say, everybody's an idiot, everybody's a fool, Biden doesn't know which way he's walking. They love the stand-up comedy, the, the charismatic way of Trump, and what he's saying, because he can incite the people in a way that he thinks... They're like, a perfect example. Give me a perfect example. And I don't know if Char's still in here. Lock her up. Lock her up. Lock her up was chanted in regards to Hillary Clinton by Trump, and Trump pushed that. But when it came time to do it, he didn't. Hillary is not locked up, right? So at that point, he basically said, well, she's gone through enough, right? But he ran convincing people that he was going to lock her up. So these people said, yeah, I want to see her locked up. I want these people put away. I want this done. I want that. And then when it came time to do it, 
He didn't do it. So, and, and so then I look at this and I say, okay, did he not know about Epstein? I'm sure he did. Did he not know about Bill Clinton? I'm sure he did during this stuff. Did he not know all that? Did he not know about these people? I'm sure he did. There's no way he didn't. Do I think he was, look, do I think he was out there conducting illegal activities with younger children? I don't. I don't. Do I think that he's definitely somebody that was um, with a lot of women? I do. I do, 100%. But do I think that he did not know what Bill Clinton was doing, what Epstein was doing, what the others were doing? I know he did. There's no way he didn't. There's no way he didn't. And if he didn't, that's even a little bit more scary, right? Because he knew where to stay away from. He knew not to fly to that island. I ain't flying to that island. So he knew something was going on there. And he knew what he did do, but he sure the hell knew what not to do, right? So my issue is, is that there's no way he didn't have enough or didn't know enough or couldn't prove enough or couldn't say enough to do this stuff with Hillary, but he didn't. So he used the rhetoric of that to channel the people, to push the people, to drive the people to vote for him because people want something done. They need answers. They want justice. They're tired of this stuff. They're tired of them working this and they're not to get away with, they, you know, they, they can't get away with this, but these people can. And he focused on that energy and he got elected with that energy. And then when it came down to do it, he didn't. I don't like that. I don't like that. I have a problem with that. So you're all, like I said, so you're going to have people that no matter what Trump does, he can't do any wrong. They're going to vote for Trump just because it's Trump, 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 Trump. He's the savior. He's the God. He's the leader. He's Jesus. Come back to life. You know, stuff like that. And then you're going to have people vote Democrat. And I've had one on the show that they're going to vote Democrat again. And the reason I'm saying is because this is what they're voting. Not that this is a, you know, Democrat public thing, but they're going to vote that no matter what. Right. So now you have to convince the middle people. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the middle people are not are 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 usually people that start to think through things. They want to see evidence. They want to see results. They want to see proof. They they're not listening to the rhetoric anymore. Either they were sold on the rhetoric and they saw it didn't. Nobody got locked up, or they're they're the smarter people that let's just say higher intelligent people that can do some research and look this stuff up and been like you know, I don't need you to call. I don't need Biden to call Trump a loser. I don't need Trump to call Biden a loser. What I would really like to to hear is what is what what are we doing about the border? What's the thought process? What's the not just build a wall, but what's the thought process to maintain the border open enough to to allow Mexico to be our top trading partner, but close the border enough to stop people from coming in? And if we start and and, and how are we going to proceed with that? Right. Next thing, because I just read someplace I can't remember where it was, but Maine's Maine's going to even start to pay two years of rent for uh, migrants that are working here. So that'll be another show. But th so the process, so the thought process is okay. But if we bring all manufacturing back, and then well, well then then they say okay, well we we put the military on the border. We can't get our military numbers up. 
We don't have enough Coast Guard to fill the Coast Guard boats to go on on patrol. We don't have enough people in the military to our military recruitment numbers are way down. So you can't. How are you going to put people on the border? How are you going to put these the military on the border when we don't have enough military to fill the voids that we have now? So how do you fix that problem? Oh, I just uh, nobody has answers. Well, these are the questions I have as an in, as, as as an independent person trying to think of this p- procedure because I just don't want you to. I say, hey, how do you fix the border? Build a wall. Uh, that, that don't work. Right. So, yeah. So the so my point my now if, if, let's say I was running for president. Somebody came to me and said, well, how are you going to fix the border? We'll say first thing we're gonna we're gonna build put up a wall. Okay. That's fine, because that's what people want. That makes people feel safer. But the issue is, we have to stop the incentive for coming over the wall. Okay? You can have a prison and prison guards, but if you tell the prisoners, hey, if you're able to get over that wall, you can go free, and you get $50,000 a year and a free uh, rent and a free apartment and a new job. That's all you got to do is get over that wall. Prisoners will try to break out. That wall and those guards are not going to keep them because the incentive to jump the wall is too good. Like right now, you jump a wall in a prison, you're still a prisoner, and you get more time. But if the incentive is freedom to jump that wall in a prison, they're going to try to jump the wall. They're going to dig tunnels. They're going to do what they can to get out because they know all they got to do is step on the other side and they're free. So we've got to stop the incentivizing of people hopping the wall and we have to incentivize people coming through the door. So we got to sit down and figure out no more money for the wall. You jump the wall, you step on the ground, lost all opportunity for any type of money in this country. But you go through that door over there, you check in, you give us your information you get fingerprint, whatever you need to do, and you're and we can use you in a, in a place uh, uh, for work or some type of job, whatever that's going to be. I'll incentivize that. I have no problem because we're wasting money incentivizing the ones hopping the wall. I would rather waste that money incentivizing the ones that come through the door. You come through that door over there, and we'll uh, we'll incentivize you. If you're, if you're able to then, you know, be able to go to work and do some of the jobs that we need people to do, you have to incentivize that. Sounds logical to me. Sounds logical to me. But you can't just build a wall. You can't just take a military that we don't have enough militaries. It is put them down there at the border. And then what? And now you got police officers that don't want to be police officers anymore because even when people are crashing through gates, even when people are smashing windows, even when people are, sit- are, are there with sticks and flagpoles and helmets, don't shoot. You can't shoot. That's bad. Even though your life was threatened, that's bad. Police officers are all bad. You're all bad. 100% of you are bad. Well, then how are you going to get anybody to be a cop? You can't pay. A- I, just, I read an article. You can't even pay $112,000 a year. And, and they're still not getting police. What? Hundred, over 100 grand. They still can't get police. <laughs> what, so, I don't know. 
I, I just I just see this as tell me what you're gonna do. Tell me how you're gonna proceed. Don't just attack everybody else. Don't well he's and, and look, I have the button. Where's the king? And that is you know, just, what, you know what makes people more dangerous? Telling them nonstop that they are under constant threat. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it puts their back up against the wall. Absolutely. Puts their back up against the wall. Under constant threat. And this is what they're doing. Everybody's telling them they're under constant threat. Trump's saying you're under constant threat. This is, uh, I, I want, you know, I would rather the, the, the economy go into a recession, go into a depression. This is his statement. Make sure I'm putting this up here, right? We're going to pull this information. I can't spell. Close enough. Trump says he doesn't want to be Herbert, uh, Herbert Hoover. Uh, so he wants the economy to crash. Donald Trump says he believes that the U.S. economy is going to crash. In fact, he wants, to do, uh, he wants it to just that, as long as it has happened soon. In a Monday interview, uh, online program created a hostile blah, 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 blah. Anyways, uh, the former president said that he didn't want to be compared to Herbert Hoover, who took office at the start of the Great Depression. If he wins another term in the White House, uh, when there's a crash, I hope it's going to be during the next 12 months because I don't want to be Herbert Hoover. The president, I just don't want to be Herbert Hoover, he said. What? I'm sorry, what? So you want it to crash now? So what? You want a depression now in this country just so you don't have to be Herbert Hoover when you get elected. What? I, I don't even know what to say to that. Because if I was asked, I don't want the United States to crash in any way, shape, or form. I don't want a crash. I don't want a depression. I don't want one. I, I, I don't want this country to have one. I don't want bread lines, food lines, and people struggling that much for food where they're, they're smashing building, you know, stores to try to steal. I don't want that at all, ever. I don't want it in 12 months. I don't want it in 12 years. I don't want this country to ever have to go through that again. Now, are we, are, are, and so as president, this is to say, are we, are we on a borderline of a bad situation? Yes. Is there, is there ways to be able to pull out of it? There are ways to be able to pull out of it. There are ways to be able to save this, you know, uh, infrastructure deals we can do for, and things like that. Do you really want your president to say, do you, seri I, I, do you seriously want your next president to say, I would rather a recession or depression happen now so that when I'm elected, I'm not Herbert Hoover and I'm not starting my presidency in a depression. Really? How about, I don't want a depression at all. I don't want a recession in this country at all. Are we in, in bad times right now? We are, but we're pulling through them. We went through a major ordeal with regards to the COVID situation, in regards to China, in regards to the, the, the inflation, every aspects of that. But we're, we're at a point now where we can restabilize and get costs down and, and be able to bring some jobs back through the chips manufacturing uh, and, and building new technologies and retrain people who might have been at jobs that... They weren't making enough and try to get them trained to do semiconductor type stuff, battery type stuff, and move into this new era as we pull uh, high tech jobs from other countries like Taiwan, 
Japan and things like that and pull them back into this, we can take that time to retrain people to have higher educated jobs and be able to do things like this. So no, do I feel like we're going to be entering a recession? I hope not. And I, I feel that, you know, we can do things as a country to prevent that, but we're definitely coming down off of an extremely high peak and a flood of money to a to a bottoming point. And unfortunately, when you do that, people get in trouble. When you have a lot of money and, and things are spent, and then when it drops down, people get scared and they get flustered. We have to we have to bring back consumer confidence and consumer confidence with better educated jobs and bring back different types of new businesses like technology-based business and manufacturing of this technology-based businesses. But yeah, if, if it happens when I'm in office, well, we're going to do everything we possibly can to get us out as fast as we can. So if I do take office during a recession, during a depression, on day one, that will be the focal point that we will be pushing to get us out as fast as we possibly can, and we will expedite that process. Wouldn't that be something you'd want to hear? From the next goddamn president of the United States? Wouldn't that be something you'd want to hear? No. Nope. Nope. Not from Trump. Trump's like, man, I hope a repression hits now. I hope a depression hits now because shit. I am not hoping to, to be the president that has to pull us out of depression. You know what? If, if For me... If I am, I am. I'm going to step up and I'm going to pull us out. I'm going to do everything I possibly can. Look, if we're there and if I get elected and that's where we're at, then I'm going to be focusing on that point to pull us out to do that. I will step up to the challenge to get us the hell out of a depression in this country as fast as we possibly can because that's who we are as a country. No, not Trump. This is the shit I have a problem with. I know nobody wants to hear this. Nobody wants, nobody wants to hear me say this shit. Right? Because you want Trump to be the all best Trump. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard out of a president. And this is the shit that pisses me off. This is the shit why I don't do polls. I'm not taking a poll. I'm not telling you where I'm at because I don't know where I'm at right now. But with statements like this, it's not Trump. With statements like that, it's not Trump. With statements like this, like Biden, it's not Biden. Hey, let me go to this here. Let me turn this off. Does this work? They're patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office. Trump said that there was a lot of love on January the 6th. Now, I'm going to say something. Was there a lot of love on January 6th? Yes, but the problem was is the love was focused on the point that they felt they were defending the Constitution and they were defending the country and they were defending and they were going to take the country back from a corrupt um, regime, basically, and they had and they were doing it with with Trump. So, yeah, that's what I truly believe the people wanted. Right. I don't believe the people were there. The, The people felt that this was the way to save the country. And it was, a, it was a love for country. It was a love for Trump. It was a love for that aspect. And the evil regime was the one who stole the election. Right? So I do believe, I do believe that. Unfortunately, that love turned into rage and violence and insurrection because the process that they were doing was still that. Do I, again, somebody asked me, 
Uh, they emailed me. I won't pull it up. But they said if Trump was involved and he did tell these people to do this, would it be a coup? And, and I believe it is. It, that would be a coup, right? But the issue was is I don't believe Trump told people in a direct way to, to go and do this. I believe it was just the rhetoric in that direction, which technically he has freedom of speech, and that's fine. But And there was all other factors and stuff like that and, and a whole bunch of things that happened, right? But I do believe that the people that were there, the intentions were to, in their opinion, was to save the country. And look, everybody's, and I'll give this all the time, you know, we have the right to stand up against the government, you know, totalitarian government and, and fight back. We do, but the problem is, is that that's a very difficult thing to do, right? The right of the people to stand up against their government is a very difficult thing to do, not because you're going against the military, not because you're going against, um, you know, in that aspect. But the problem is, is that you have to have a majority of the country. You have to have, like, if I don't feel this regime is a, uh, is a tyrant, then do, do you have the right to do it if I don't feel it's that? So it's a very difficult thing to say, well, we have, as a country, have the right to go against the government. And we do. But the problem is, is that if you're in the minority of that decision, then it, it's a very difficult, it's a very difficult process because we as the people can stand up. But if we, if it's you, the person and a bunch of your friends or a hundred thousand people in a country, let's say there was a hundred thousand people down there. Let's just say 82,000 or 70,000 voted for for Trump and 80,000 voted for Biden. Let's use that. Let's just pretend those numbers are real. All right. Let's just pretend those numbers are real. Well, the 70,000 that voted for Trump think that are going to want to turn overturn the country if he doesn't win, but 80,000 didn't. So we, the people, isn't we, the people. And, and so when I see that in there that, well, the founding fathers said that you can overturn the country, blah, blah, blah. Well, how do we make the, how do we decide it's time to, it's go time? Like who makes that decision and how many people have to be on that decision for that to, for that to go? Is it going to go up to vote? I mean, are we all voting on it and we're taking a majority vote in regards to overturning the country or are we just having a, a half the country or a third of the country decide to make that decision when I, I didn't want that decision. And I'm not saying I did here. I'm just saying whatever the, like, let's say black lives matters and all the, their supporters get together and there's 10 million of them. And they decide they want to take over the country because they think that the government is a uh, tyrant and, and, and it's time to go. And they want to make it a socialist country or they want to make it a better country. And they feel that they're going to do this to go against and, and the constitution's with them. Well, how do we take the vote? What about the other 300 million? When does that get, when do we get decided when it's a constitutional uprising? Right. I don't know. The rest of the nation, including law enforcement, saw a lot of hate and violence. One Capitol Police officer called it a medieval battle. That same officer called vile rape, was called vile racist names. He said he was more afraid in the capital of the United States of America, in the chambers, than when he was fighting as a soldier in the war in Iraq. He said he was more afraid. Now, that could be possible. I don't know. I mean, I, the problem is there's no bullets flying, and I've never been in combat. And if somebody's listening who was in combat, they can answer for this. I can. Um, I do know that. It, it would be extreme. It would be a very difficult process because 
here I am a police officer. I know what you guys want. I'm fighting against other Americans that I understand this, but I still have to do my job and what I'm instructed to do. And I'm fighting back. So uh, in regards to a physical aspect in, in, in Iraq or Afghanistan with bullets flying and people wanting to kill you compared to, you know, hand-to-hand combat and pushing back and still fighting against, you know, you understand what they want and you might agree with them, but your job is still to protect the people in that building. It's, it's, it's a difficult process, right? It's a difficult process. Inside the halls of Congress and fighting the war in Iraq. I'm trying to rewrite the facts of January 6th. Trump is trying to steal history the same way he tried to steal the election. But he, we knew the truth because we saw it with our own eyes. So it wasn't like something, a story being told. It was on television repeatedly. We saw it with our own eyes. Trump's mob wasn't a peaceful protest. It was a violent assault. They were insurrectionists, not patriots. They weren't there to uphold the Constitution. They were there to destroy the Constitution. Okay, so... I don't think they knew when you're fired up and you're going in on stuff like this, they don't, I don't think they knew that the process in which that what they were doing um, could be interpreted a different way, the way they were doing it. Right. So they, in their minds, they were, they were going in to protect the constitution. They were the ones that were going to be able to save this. And then Trump was going to eventually come down and help them out and stuff like that. Right. So I again, this is the the understanding of the mindset of these people. I don't think they went down there to say we're going to destroy the Constitution, right? They went down and said they wanted to go down there and say the only thing we want to keep is the Constitution. We want to destroy everything else, maybe, but we do want to keep the Constitution. And and you're, you know, this is how we have to do it. Trump won't do what an American president must do. He refuses to denounce political violence. So hear me clearly. I'll say what Donald Trump won't. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy. None. You can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. Well, and technically, you can. (laughs) You can, depending on the situation, right? So, if this truly was, if this election was proven to be stolen, if this election, then there was actual evidence of it, and there was actual proof of it, 100%, right? And it was, it went to courts... And the courts basically said, yeah, there is, there, there is this, you guys are going to have to kick it back. Um, and even the courts were saying that, and this, and let's say the, the Biden administration was, or the, we're, we're yeah, Biden technically, was saying, screw that, we're still going to go through with this, that's different, right? The problem was, is there was no set in stone evidence for them to go in and do that. Yeah, Trump and his MAGA supporters not only embrace political violence, but they laugh about it. At his rally, he jokes about an intruder, whipped up by the big Trump lie, taking a hammer to Paul Pelosi's skull, and echoing the very same words used on January 6th. Where's Nancy? And he thinks that's funny. He laughed about it. What a sick... Yeah, and, and this, is, this is what I'm trying to say. The, the rhetoric and the stuff that, that's being said from both sides at this point, from both sides, I don't care. I remember Maxine Waters going in there and saying... Um, Getting their faces and stuff like that. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but I'm you guys. It, there's no way, it, like I said, that she was young, stuff like that. And it's this this type of rhetoric when you are a, a leader and you are the people that are supposed to be in charge and, and leading the people. When you say this type of stuff, well, the people also get fired up and they also get driven and they also get this this mentality. And then when this mentality turns into actual events, you're like, well, I don't know, I got freedom of speech. Well. Well, you don't, right? I mean, when you're in the military, 
you, you, uh, you, uh, you take, I, uh, all right. So when I made petty officer and then I had people underneath me that I had to, to, to manage, I, they sent me to management school for a week. Right. And you, and you learn that perfect example. Somebody were to come up and say, okay, um, they're always late. They're always tardy. Right. And they're always showing up and, and stuff like that. Well, you, you, you as the, as the CEO, you, you, you basically say, Hey, you know, you're late. You got to be on time, stuff like that. You find out what happened. They say, oh, I'm, I apologize. My car broke down this time, blah, 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 whatever it is. Right. And then again, they're late again. They're late. So finally you're waiting at the gate for them to walk in. Right. And they're walking with other people. Now that person knows they're late. That person knows that you're standing there because they're late. Right. So what happens is they are immediately on the defense mode. They're immediately ready to bat to, to, to know what's coming. So if you just come in there and say, you know, they're expecting a bunch of questions, they're expecting to be interrogated or statements to be said, and you just say, hey, you're late, and you let them walk in, you've diffused the situation, right? Now, you're going to call them in the office in an hour or two, but the actual situation with that head-on collision has been diffused, right? So the issue is, is that so when you're a politician and you're at the forefront and you're at the front of the situation and you're standing there and you want something done, if you go in with that, the other people are going to be on the defense, but you're, if you go in there with the mentality of, of the rhetoric of pushing this and push and, and when they do it, well, what did you expect? What did you expect them to do? Follow your rhetoric, follow your energy, soak that up, get into that zone and, and get into this mob mentality. Well, that's what happened. My God. I think it's despicable, seriously. That's just repressive for any person to say that. To say it's now, this is where I get pissed off because they're doing the same thing. The Biden administration is doing the same thing with white supremacists. It's not, but that's their way to fuel up the stigmata of that and fuel up the side that these are also now you're pushing these people into that corner. You're pushing them into that corner and by calling them this and firing this up and giving them that stigmata. And then they, what do they do? They become defensive and they come out and they get angry rather than go to them and say, well, look, this is what, you know, the potential that we could, that this could happen, right? Something can happen and this altercation could get worse if you don't get your way. And we saw evidence of that on January 6th. So even if they did not, even if they did not go as far as they did, there was still evidence of what could possibly happen when they're driven to, to be on one side. And that's what happened. And this is going to build and build and build and build. And I see it on every channel. I see it, like I said, I watch Glenn Black um, and I watch some other people too, but it's like, I don't agree with some of the stuff that they're saying. I don't agree with it. And, and the issue is, is that you, everybody is so fired up about the presidential actual election. How much do you interact with the president? How much do you actually, inter do you, in I interact more than you, than a lot of people that are in here. And there's not a lot of people in here. I interact more. Why do I interact more? Because I have a business. I have a business. So my interaction with business taxes and things that is, is more than somebody who's, who's working for somebody else. And I have this much of an interaction with him. Very, very small amount. Who do I have a, a more interaction with? 
Well, my local politicians, my senators, my mayors, my school board. And, and I don't hear, and nobody bitches about that. Nobody asks what their school board people are running for. Nobody asks what, the, what their mayor platform is. And that affects you a lot more. I mean, your school, if you have kids, your school board is monstrous. Way more important than the president. Why? Because your kid's going to probably go to that school from first grade to 12th grade. 12 years. You got four years of a president. The whole world listening. I was overseas. Anyway. Uh, Trump's assault on democracy isn't just part of his past. It's what he's promising for the future. He thinks straightforward. He's not hiding the ball. His first rally for the 2024 campaign opened with a choir of January 6th insurrectionists singing from prison on cell phone. While images of the January 6th ride played on a big screen behind him at his rally. Can you believe that? Yeah. Now, I don't know. I didn't check into that. Um, like I said, I'm kind of listening to some of this first time. I have no idea about that. But if that's the case, what, what are you expecting to fuel on that? What are you expecting to fuel on that? I mean, like what? And this is the problem I have is it, what is the policies that your president handles? Trade with other countries. Perfect. Let's start there. How are we going to handle China, Mexico uh, trade swap? How are we proceeding with that? How are we proceeding with the Red Sea and the everything that's coming through the Red Sea? Because that affects our dollar. That affects our global reserve currency. What's your plan with that? We're... We can produce the most natural gas. Are we going to start pumping natural gas and selling natural gas out? Are we going to start exporting food out? Are we going to export oil out? Are we going to bring in technology? Like, I don't want to get rid of windmills. I don't want to get rid of solar panels. I don't want to because that technology brings other technology. Like, if you're a solar panel company or a windmill company, that means you need electricity and you need batteries. That means battery companies, and there'll be more incentive to create better batteries so that my cell phone will even last longer. My cordless vacuum, which seems to die in 30 seconds uh, when it used to run for four minutes, I'll get a better battery for that. That brings other technology to the country. This is like something out of a fairy tale. Bad fairy tale. Bad fairy tale. Trump began his 2024 campaign by glorifying the failed violent insurrectionist insurrection at our, on our capital. The guy who claims law and order sows lawlessness and disorder. Trump's not concerned about your future, I promise you. Trump is now promising a full-scale campaign of revenge and retribution, his words, for some years to come. They were his words, not mine. Went on to say, he'd be a dictator on day one. If I write in a book of fiction, I said, an American president said that. Not in jest. He called in, I quote, the termination, quote, this is a quote, the termination of all the rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the U.S. Constitution. To be terminated. I don't think he said that. I think what he said, I don't think he said that. I'd have to look that up. I don't believe he said that. It's really kind of hard to believe. Even found in the Constitution, he could terminate. He threatened the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff with the death penalty. Says he should be put to death because the chairman put his oath to the Constitution ahead of his personal loyalty to Trump. This is coming from a president 
who called when he visited cemeteries, called dead soldiers suckers and losers. Remember no, that? I, I, I don't think he said that either. Uh, let's see. I mean, where's my thing? Can you see that? Yeah. Uh, Trump calls for termination of Constitution and true social. Let's what's his post read. Donald Trump believes this is Liz Cheney. What did Donald Trump say? I don't, I don't care what Liz Cheney said. Uh, are you not showing his true social? Donald Trump calls for the termination of the Constitution in true social. Former president called for the termination of the Constitution to overturn 2020 election in a Constitution. All right. Do you. Do you throw the president election results 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Uh, do you throw the presidential election results out in 2020 out and declare a rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of the rules, regulations. Yeah, but what did he, what did he say? I see what she said. Donald Trump believes that we should terminate all rules. Where did he say that? This isn't a problem. I don't. You would think they would show. They would show the tweet. I thought, well, whatever it is, on truth. They would show the true thing right out of the bat. Like if he actually said that. You know what I mean? So it's like, what? What are we hiding? A massive fraud of this type and the magnitude allows for the termination of all. Oh, okay. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. He wrote. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false, fraudulent elections. All right. If that is the uh, incoming Democrat, if that's what he basically said, that's wrong. Because then that's the dictatorship. So, what, so let me see if I can understand this. He wants to terminate all the rules and then what? Put his rules in play? I mean, because if you're terminating them, that means they're gone, right? So... Do I believe that the founding fathers would want the, ter the rules terminated, even the Constitution? Absolutely not. I believe that they would want the rules enforced according to the Constitution. So we're not just going to terminate them all. Uh, that would be wrong. So uh, if somebody said me in, in the same statement, I'd probably say, look, I want the rules fall. I want the rules followed. And I want to prove that the rules prove to me that they were followed, prove to me that the, we, it was up to par and that it, we're actually abiding by what the Constitution says. Do I believe we should get rid of them? Of course not. Because if we're going to get rid of them and we're going to terminate them, what are we replacing them with? Nothing or, or rules that I make up as I go? Which is it? Right? And so you can't just say, well, let's terminate them because then they have to be replaced with something else. And who's making those rules? Well, that's what the founding fathers did. And I hear this all the time from Badlands Media with this devolution shit. And, 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 and I'm like, every single devolution thing I said, the first statement says, still has to maintain by the Constitution. Still has to have the Constitution. All rules of the Constitution have to be followed. So even in, in devolution, you don't get rid of the Constitution. It never goes away, unfortunately, ever, no matter what happens, ever, no matter how bad things are, the Constitution stays, and the Constitution is the base, it's the baseline of everything. The hell do I know? Come Sometimes, on. Jesus, I'm really happy, the Irish can't be seen. It was right around the time I was at... Bo's grave, Tommy. How dare he? How dare he? In God's he? name, do you think he is? 
The former aides, Trump plans to invoke the Insurrections Act, the Insurrection Act, which will allow him to deploy, he's not allowed to do an insurrection, allow him to deploy U.S. military forces on the streets of America. Said it. Let's see if he said it. Stop there. He just... All right. Trump said... Wait. God, Google can spell right. Thank you. Trump wants to use the military. This is 2023 of November. Trump wants to use the military again in his domestic enemies. Congress must act. All right. Let's, what did he say? What did he say? Recent reports have revealed that former Donald Trump and his allies are making pl uh, plans for how the second Trump administration will be used, the powers of the federal government to push Trump's critics and uh, political opponents. Among these things, Trump would reportedly invoke the Insurrection Act, a law that gives the president nearly unchecked powers to use the military as a domestic police force on the first day in office. Well, did he say that, or are, we, are you just thinking that's what he's going to do? That's the problem. I, I, oh, he hints at it. He hints at it. All right. Well, let's let's see what the hint is. This is the shit that it's just like whatever. Anybody can jump on too. I don't care if you like me or don't like me. I don't care. I'm not going to, you know, you're welcome to come on. All right. Campaigning now, Donald Trump said that he was pre prevented during the president from using the military to call the violence in the primary Democratic cities. Uh, well, yeah. Unfortunately, that's... You, you aren't. You aren't allowed to throw the military out there just to go after Democratic cities, unfortunately. You have to let the police do their, do their stuff. Uh, calling in New York and Chicago crime dens in the front runner of the 2024 Republican president nominated told the audience that the next time I'm not waiting, one of the things I did was the last run and was going to, let me make sure I'm reading this right. All right. The next time I'm not waiting, one of the things I did was let them run it and we're going to show how bad a job they do, he said. Well, we did that. And we don't have to wait any longer. Okay, so I think what he's saying, Trump has not spelled it out. I think what he's saying is that these, these cities here in New York City and Chicago, they let them run their own cities, which technically, they have, they have sovereignty, right? So a city can run its own police department, can run its own, you know, that is their job, right? It's not the federal government's job to come in and police a state, right? It's the city, it, the, the city, and then you have so so you have the city you could and then you have also have the county with sheriffs and then you have probably state police officers um, those are your direction in regards to for a state bring in it bringing it and then you even have the states has its own reserves that you could bring in the federal government should not be coming in and policing a state right unless the state's like please help me because you can't just force military people into this situation, into that, right? You have Tiananmen Square, you have tanks driving down the road, and one man standing in front of the tank. Now, there was lots of tanks in that line, but still, you have this type, that type of situation that's pushing people back into corners, right? And this is where you, when the government comes in and starts to take control, look, if I'm voting in a governor of Maine, trust me, it won't be the same one we got now. Uh, but if I'm voting in the governor of Maine... Because the governor of Maine's not capable of handling the cities and the police and the crime and all this other stuff. Well, 
if you just send in the federal government to fix it, then I just see it fixed. I need to be able to vote losers out of office who can't do their jobs, and I'm voting them out because they can't do their jobs. I don't need the federal government stepping in every time to say, hey, we're going to fix this for you. No. The governor's going to fix it, and if the governor doesn't fix it, we're voting them out. Calls those who oppose him vermin. Well, yeah, he does call a lot of people a lot of different names, so I'm, I'm going to give him that one without me checking it. He talks about the blood of America is being poisoned. Echoing the same exact language used in Nazi Germany. All right. Now, this is what I was talking about before, because remember when I talked about the National Youth Alliance, the National Youth Alliance was Nazis. They were white supremacists. They 100% were. So this is where the George Wallace campaign and, the, and that campaign is being given down to these guys and saying, well, here's, their re here's a reference for you. Here's what happened during the George Wallace situation. Here's what happened with these people, and this is how this went. And we're seeing similarities from the way this went to where we are now. And that's why he's, he's bringing that out. He needs to stop that. He needs to not push that. He needs to get away from saying that. And, he, and it's not, you can't push that Nazism because you're going to back people into that corner. You need to approach this saying, you know, this is not best for the country. This is not what we want to be as a country. This is not who we are as a country. And unfortunately, this is what Obama was good at. Obama was good at this. He was good at speaking with this type of stuff and explaining it and not backing people into corners and not pushing and, 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 basically saying you get on your side and you get on my side and I hope we have more people on my side when it comes time to vote. Obama was good at saying, look, let's break that focal point of pushing you in a corner saying this is not good for our country. This is not good. This is not who, who Obama said all the time. This is not who we are. Right. And that's the, that was the, the mental state to bring people over and not push them into sides. Proudly post on social media the words that best describe his 2024 campaign. Quote, revenge, quote, power, quote, dictatorship. All right, hang on. Let's take a look. Uh, Trump said, what was it? Power. Oh. Revenge. Dictatorship. Close enough. Oh, not company. Let's just say, let's just take out that word. Let's put this word in there. Trump child said, uh, showing revenge. All right. So December 26, 2023. Trump. Child's were showing revenge, dictatorship. And my voters. All right. Where did he say it? Did he say it? Oh, I hate it. I, President Trump, word, word cloud recently poll showing. All right. Exactly. Former president's political plans to be most associated with terms revenge and dictatorship. Uh, the word clout originally posted by the Daily Mail to visualize the results of the latest survey shows voters most frequently described. So he didn't say it. Mo voters most frequently described Trump's political plans for his second White House term with the words revenge, dictatorship, power and America. No, he didn't say it, but just like I said earlier, people are not, this is what they want. 
this is what they want. So when I say, well, wait a minute, what are we, how are we going to fix this? Well, let's pump some oil. Okay, we are pumping oil. Oh, we are? Yeah. But people want, they want this. They want him to come in and they want him to just revenge, throw people out. They want to lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. It's the same way he ran the other campaigns. But then he was going after Hillary. Then when he was president, there was no one to go after. He couldn't say lock her up because they would have been like, well, bro, you're still the president. Why are you yelling lock her up, you idiot? Lock her up. Go do it. So he had nothing to point that at. No direction to, to tag. No people to go after. Because people want justice. People want this nowadays. You don't want people getting away with crimes while you're struggling to pay your electric bill. So now he's got targets again. And he's got that fuel because he's not president. So now we can say this person's bad, this person's bad, and, and that's the fuel he puts out there. They're crooked, they're cramo, they're this. Okay, do it. And then let's say he gets elected. Okay, then what's he say? Ah, Hunter Biden, he's the same thing he said about Hillary? It's my frustration with this. It's like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Why are you doing this? He, he needs a target. He needs that target to fuel this type of energy. I, I Look, man, I, I understand why people don't want to come on, right? But Christ, I wouldn't want to come on and debate me. But then again, I debate myself all the time. But I don't want my president to say, I want a recession now. I don't want him to say that. I would never want a president, presidential candidate to say that. And people still support him. That means you want the destruction. You want it to be worse. You're a fucking submissive. You might as well be wearing the ball gag with the collar and the freaking leash. I don't know what to tell you. But I'm, I, if I was running, I would never say I want my country to go through a recession. You kidding me? I'm in another country and I don't want to hear that. What? What did that president say? He wants his country to go into depression? Holy shit, they're the global reserve currency. I don't want America to go into depression, and I'm not even in that country. Big picture stuff here. Big picture, boys. There's no confusion about who Trump is, what he intends to do. I placed my hand on our family Bible. Yeah. And I swore an oath. Yeah. On the very same steps of the Capitol. Now listen. <laughs> do I believe Biden is running the show? No. I mean, Jesus, no. He's just like, okay, sounds good. But that happens a lot, right? I mean, Trump didn't run the whole show. He was probably definitely more assertive and, and took more of a role than most. But it, obviously, Trump is not running logistics, right? Uh, so there are aspects of the government that obviously even the president, there's only so many hours in a day. Now, I do believe Biden does a hell of a lot less, and he's just listened to other advisors say, do this, do this, we should do this, we should do that. And he's just like, yep, okay, where's my pen? Right? And, and they do that. So, did he take this oath? Well, this is written. And he does, I think he does believe he is running the country. I do believe he believes he's the president, uh, right? But then again, he might also believe he has a problem with stairs and, then, and stuff like that. So, you know what I mean? Just 14 days after the attack on January the 6th. Yeah. As I looked out over the capital city, the streets were lined with National Guard. 
Yeah. To prevent another attack. I saw an American that had been pushed to the brink. America that had been pushed to the brink. But I felt enormous pride. Not in winning, I felt enormous pride in America. Because American democracy had been tested. American democracy had held together. When Trump had seen weakness in our democracy and continues to talk about it, I saw strength. Your strength. It's not hyperbole. Your strength. Your integrity. American strength and integrity. Ordinary citizens. State election officials. The American judicial system. Put the Constitution first. And sometimes at their peril. And that's, that's the problem, right? And that's, admit it or not, I, I can't pick sides. I just want the, I want to pick the law and I want to pick the Constitution. I want to pick what's right. So if, if this is what the, what the Constitution says, if this is what the states were saying, if this is what the judges were saying, and if this is what, then that's, like it or not, I, I got to go with that. I'm not for the man. I'm not for the individual. I, I have to be for what does the law say? What does the Constitution say? How is it interpreted? Show me that. Show me. And when you have 60 judges all saying this, it's very difficult to argue with that. Because if you still want to believe the man rather than the actual judges and the courts and the multiple things, then that's, that's, that, that's that false leader type situation, right? Demigod. That's a demigod situation where you're, you're just following the man. And, and look, was the Trump, was the election stolen? I don't believe so. I don't believe they were stolen, okay? I do believe there was obviously, and there probably has been for a long time on both sides, some uh, interference, right? There was obviously interference in regards to censorships. Um, there was obviously that in regards to algorithms and things like that, right? But now uh, it sucks, but you're, as a campaign, when you're running your campaign, you're going to have to find a way to fight that. You're going to have to find a way to say, look, I know what they're going to do, and we got to do something better. We, look, when you're in business, it, it, your competition might be able to do something, right, and hire drivers that, that are uh, visa drivers, and they're paying them less. Well, I got to fight that. I got to find a way to still do better than them, right? And, and I'm going to have to come up with a campaign to do better than that. I might have to come up with a campaign where I'm, I'm, I'm not so much using the algorithms and the stuff, right? I'm, I'm, I'm out there on the streets, answering these questions, putting up the proposals. Hey, what about this? This is some of the stuff I want to do with the border wall. This is some of the stuff I want to do with, with the ports. This is some of the stuff I want to do with bringing jobs here. This is some of the stuff and putting out there real answers. And I think those real answers are way better, are way better than the algorithms. If you can put out their real responses, that's huge. Uh, hey, I've had the feeling of my for now. Yeah, that's no problem. Like I said, I'm just going. People can jump in, jump off. Uh, like I said, that's I'm just gonna look. When I do my show, it's just gonna be stuff like this, right? I'm gonna break, I'm gonna either do reaction videos. I don't care if there's one person in here, to be honest. Um, I this is or if somebody wants to come out and hang out with me and 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 talk about stuff, it doesn't even have to be political. I don't care what it is. If somebody says, "Hey, can you watch this video and tell me what you think?" Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, it can't. It has to be something that can be on YouTube. But besides that, I don't care. I, I, it's this is for me. Like I said, I'm partially retired here, moving, moving stuff. And and for me, it's this is just getting it out and getting my you know my opinions out there and doing this stuff. I enjoy this. This for me. This is this. I enjoy this. At their peril, because of them, because of you, the will of the people prevailed. Not the anger of the mob or the appetites of one man. The attack on January sixth happened 
There was no doubt about the truth. At the time, even Republican members of Congress and Fox News commentators publicly and privately condemned the attack. As one Republican senator said, Trump's behavior was embarrassing and humiliating for the country. The problem is it, publicly and privately. Well, how do we know they were privately condemning the attack? Because it's private. What's that matter? But now that same... But it sounds better, right? It sounds better. Senator and those same people have changed their tune. As time has gone on, gone on, politics, fear, money, all have intervened. Yeah. And now these MAGA voices who know the truth about Trump on January 6th have abandoned the truth and abandoned the democracy. They okay. made their choice. Now the rest of us, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we have to make our choice. I know mine, and I believe I know America's. We'll defend the truth, not give in to the big lie. Well, I don't know about that, right? I don't know about that. Obviously, no. Look, maybe it's their interpretation of what the truth is and what transparency is. Now, I understand. Look, there's a lot of stuff that happens out there that you can't have transparency, right? There's things going on that nobody, they're not going to talk about, and they shouldn't talk about, right? In, in regards to investigations um, and things like that. But the the situation, like with the FBI, do I believe the FBI should be uh, gone? No, I don't believe the FBI should be gone in any way, shape, or form. And I've said to people, I've said to CanCon from Badlands Media, I'll debate you on this, I'll debate you on all that, but nobody shows up. But when it comes to the FBI, the FBI serves a specific jurisdiction and they do a job in regards to what they're supposed to be doing, right? So when you have the FBI, obviously they can cross state lines, bank robberies. Let's just use that. It's easier for an FBI agent, let's say two FBI agents are tracking a bank robber, it's easier them for them to stay with the case and keep getting more information and eventually kind of learn the patterns of the bank robber because they're constantly on this case than it is for somebody to be constantly handed off with the case, right? So when it comes to the FBI in, the, in regards to that, you want that. And then people are like, well, U.S. Marshals. Well, the U.S. Marshals aren't trained for that. They're more of a protectionary uh, investigation service, right? So you, you're trained, like, at me as a Coast Guard, you're not going to just take me and stick me in a police car. Most of the, the training I've had and, and, and what we've learned was maritime. How hell do I know about this? I don't know about, I, now, have I had police training? Yes, I had law enforcement training. But that, that training regards to law enforcement, then where you go from there, I had to have fisheries training, right? So I had to learn about fish and cod and all this other stuff, and it was the first time I ever saw a flat fish. I ain't going to lie. Um, but for, for me, I, my day off, I went over to the fishery thing and I had to learn a different fish. And I'm like, hey, anybody want to walk around? Just tell me of these different fishes and stuff. Because I knew that you could only take so much cod. You can only have 500 pounds of cod and you have to have this and you have to have this. And which is, which is this fish and which is this fish. So police officers aren't doing that. But the same thing, I'm not going out there and saying, now I remember going out with the local PD on my days off. And we were looking for a car, and we ended up finding the car. And I was a part of the search because of the car, and I ended up finding, like, hey, what's this? There's a little baggy, tiny, white thing, right, in the back then. Um, he's like, yep, that's drugs. I'm like, found one. It, for me, but, for, you know, obviously I knew it was, it was different. Like, it, it shouldn't have been there. But they knew what it was. You know what I mean? That's the training that they get. Now, there was also a... Um, when they got back to the police station, there was another search that I was not a part of that they told me they found a whole lot of those little baggies. But I won't say where they were stored. Anyways, 
will embrace the Constitution and the Declaration, not abandon it, will honor the sacred cause of democracy, not walk away from it. Today, I make this sacred pledge to you. The defense, protection, and preservation of American democracy will remain, as it has been, the central cause of my presidency. And, and I think the problem is, is that, look, everybody's like, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. Well, a republic is a type of democracy, right? So it's, it's still a type of democracy, right? We don't, we don't vote. We vote for people to represent us. And that's the republic portion. So they want a democracy, right? They want a democracy. And I see this now. I see this in some of the states have to vote the national movement to have. Hang on. Uh, movement for electorals vote alright there it is right there let me drop this down alright so we now have the national popular vote ensuring every vote counts. Now, the, the problem I have with this is national popular vote. So here is the states. Which one is which? Okay. So the states in the blue, the dark blue, are states that will now, their electorals will now vote with the popular vote. They've taken this national thing. So um, in the past... Six presidential elections, the candidate who won the most popular vote in the election lost the election. So they won the popular vote but lost the election. Every presidential election candidate are forced to focus their attention on only a handful of swing states, especially ignoring voters in every other state of the union. All right. So the system is very difficult because the popular vote would mean that like states like California who have huge populations, well, they would have more say than somebody like Montana or Wyoming that doesn't have a, a vote at all. So they decided to go electoral, meaning states got kind of like point system, right? We all know how this works. But the problem I have is that you electorals are voted in by the state, certified by the state to pick who the president's going to be. So technically, to be completely honest, you might be in a state that, you, the entire state votes Biden and the electoral electorals of your state are like, screw this, we're voting Trump. And they're putting Trump in. They don't have to vote with you. Now, some states you can pay a fine. Some states, you know, it all depends on the state. But they don't have to vote with you. They can, believe, they can look at the state and say, you guys are all numb nuts. I don't know what to tell you, but we're not doing it, right? Uh, so, and they can vote that way. And they're certified by the state. So, and this is what I'm trying to, with the elections, and people are like, well, votes were taken. Who cares? This is the problem nobody wants to admit, or nobody wants to understand. You, the people that go out and vote, you're just offering your opinion. You're not voting for president. You're not. You're offering who, your opinion. So the state's opinion is Trump. Our state, well, we would, we would prefer you would pick Trump. But the Electoral College is like, eh, I'm not picking. And they don't have to. And so th this is what people really don't grasp. So when people are like, well, votes were stolen. Who cares? Unfortunately, what did the Electorals pick? I don't know who that is. Who did the Electorals pick? 
Well, they picked Biden. Well, there's your president. There's your president. And, and, I, and I know like, people don't think about it this way, but that's how it works. Now, a, a lot of times, if your state opinion is Biden, the electorals will go with that. If your state's opinion was Trump, the, the electoral college will go with that. But they don't have to. Your vote really doesn't matter, to be honest. And, and, and so when the people are like, well, they stole votes, there's, 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 so what? Who did the electorals pick? Well, they picked Biden. You lost. You lost. That's the way it's set up. So now you have the national vote, this national, uh, well, not a vote, but thing that they're basically saying, look, you ha- now have to vote. You have to vote with the people in, in this. I, and I don't believe you should force them to have to vote for, the, for that. Right? Because at that point, what happens if we get so many, so many? Okay, for example, we're a country that allows in people of all uh, religions, right? All religions can come in. And I'm going to get blunt here, and this is going to probably piss some people off. Whatever. So let's say the people that come in are, are now trending, uh, let's say 56% of the people in this country are now trending Islamic, right? Somebody runs on a platform of an Islamic platform on changing things towards Sharia law, okay? So the 52% of the people in the country vote that. And this person's running on that platform. They can. They can 100% run on a Sharia law platform. Now, some of the laws that they try to get put in are going to be fought by judges. They're going to be said, hey, you can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do that. But like I said, you still have the right to try to put the law in. And then they have the judges shoot it down. So what happens if 52, 53, 54% of the people vote Sharia? And the person that gets put in technically with the presidency would be somebody who was running on a Sharia law platform. Well, what saves you with that is the electorals who are selected by the state that say, Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, we, I'm going to go against the popular vote of our state, and I'm going to say, let's put this non-Sharia. I'm going to vote for this non-Sharia law because I think that's better uh, representation for our state. That good or bad? I think that's good. Now, do I believe that they should always go against? Well, no. But I believe they should have the right to go against that as a, as, because we are a republic. So we are not a democracy. But you guys all want to be a democracy when we vote for president. But you don't want to be a republic, a republic then. Well, too bad. We're a republic. So you put your opinion in, but the people that actually get to vote are the electors. And they take your opinion, and I'm like, eh, yeah, that's good. Works for me. That's what the state wants. We'll do it. Or they say, no. I'm confused. What do you want? Because every time anybody says, we're not a democracy, 
Well, then, we're not a democracy. Well, then your vote don't fucking matter for president, does it? The only ones that matters are the representatives of your state, as in a republic. That's why you send a senator to Congress, because they're a representative for you. That's why you send a representative to the House. They are a representative for you. But you tell people that, and nobody will vote. I, I want you to vote. Vote for the, who you feel is the best f- person for your state. But understand that that's just an opinion that can be taken or not. I don't know. I, so when it came down to the actual, when it came down to the actual election, does it matter? Did, did, honestly, does it matter? If there were short votes or if there was more votes. Technically, it doesn't. Because when the electors went in there and, and certified the election, they didn't give a shit. They didn't care. They still certified it. None of them were like, well, hang on. There's a problem here. Uh, and, and, may, and maybe I should hold off for my state. They didn't. They said, no, we'll go with it. And they didn't say, you know what? Even though my state voted Biden, um, there is an issue, and I'm going to go ahead and push Trump. They didn't. They didn't. And and, and this is what people don't want to grasp this shit. And that's fine. But why is nobody talking about that? Why is nobody saying, well, technically your vote, although it's an opinion, it really doesn't matter. And that's a good thing, unfortunately. It's a good thing. Why is that a good thing? Because there are people out there that are just voting to burn the country down. Burn it down. I, turn it socialist. Perfect example, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders' socialist platform. Let's say he wins. The electorals can basically say, yeah, we don't want a socialist platform. We don't want this. And they don't have to do it. But if you want to go with an all-popular vote, if there's anybody that runs on a Sharia law platform, and I'm not saying there is, I'm just saying a a true Sharia law platform, and they want to try to put executive orders in, now the executive orders will will obviously be fought by the Supreme Court and stuff like that, but you're still going to have to deal with it until they go to courts. And they just say, yeah, and the popular vote wins, and 52% wins, good luck. Because now the electorals can't vote against it. So now you're a democracy. You're not a republic. Good luck. I don't know. Push the button. America, as we begin this election year, we must be clear. Democracy is on the ballot. Your freedom is on the ballot. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we'll be voting on many issues. On the freedom to vote. And have your vote counted. The freedom of choice. The freedom to have a fair shot. The freedom from fear. <laughs> and we'll debate and disagree. Without democracy, no progress is possible. Think about it. Yep. The alternative democracy is dictatorship. The rule of one, not the rule of we, the people. That's what the soldiers of Valley Forge understood. Hang on. What? What did he say? A shot. The freedom from fear. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll debate and disagree. Without democracy. 
No progress is it possible. Think about it. Yeah. The alternative democracy is dictatorship. The rule of one, not the rule of the we. No. Nope. No, no. No, 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 no. Okay. So you have democracy, socialism type stuff, where everybody gets a vote, and then you have a republic, right? And then you have dictatorship. So what they want is democracy because they want to try to keep the sway of the people to pick, right? What we want is a republic because we want people to be able to come in and say, no, 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 I represent this and we're going to do this. We're not going to go with a, the vote for this. And what we don't want, well, some people might want, is a dictatorship, okay? But you, the problem is, is that the republic, the republic is what we're trying to hold, not the democracy. They want the democracy. That's why they keep saying the democracy. I don't. I want the republic. The people? Yeah. That's what the soldiers of Valley Forge understood. So was me. We have to understand it as well. well yes. We've been blessed so long with a strong, stable democracy. Yep. It's easy to forget why so many before us risked their lives and strengthened democracy. What our lives would be without it. Democracy means having the freedom to speak your mind, to be who you are, to be who you want to be. Democracy is about being able to bring about peaceful change. Democracy. Democracy is how we've opened the doors of opportunity wider and wider with each successive generation. No. Republic. Right? Republic. It's because you still have representatives that you vote for. And you, look. There are people out there that obviously I think to myself, how is my vote equal to his or hers? How is my vote possibly even equivalent to that person? Okay. And the, the answer is, is it's not. It actually is not, right? So because we, we elect people to the Senate to represent us, their vote, you hope that you're selecting somebody that's not, a numbskull and putting them to help basically vote for me. Right. So you, you, you hope to send somebody to Congress. I don't know how the other guy got there, but you're hoping to send somebody to as the governor and stuff like that. That is, that is still a smarter person that is still capable of making logical decisions and not just making emotional decisions. Right. Based on the state, the people in their state, so their first thought is, I need to make logical decisions that benefit my state. And then also possibly benefit the country. But the state's extremely important. Not with, notwithstanding our mistakes. But if democracy falls, we'll lose that freedom. We'll lose the power of we, the people, to shape our destiny. If you doubt me, look around the world. Travel with me as I meet with other heads of state throughout the world. Look at the authoritarian leaders and dictators Trump says he admires. He out loud says he admires. I won't go through them all. It'll take too long. I mean, that's a, pro that's a problem also, to be completely honest. And, and that's kind of a thing where it's, it needs to be. Am I being channel banned? I have no idea, to be completely honest. Probably because I, it, I have no idea. But I know I am because I've checked my numbers. Um, and I know when it started, I started talking about the railroad uh, stuff and things like that. So... The, the the problem is is a couple things. One, I don't think Trump says, "Hey, I respect she for the things that he's doing in other countries," right? But you can't go in there disrespecting them, right? You have to go in there. Unfortunately, we're the United States, so we have to go in there with saying we know who we are, right? So we're the big buyer of things. It's like looking at a customer, 
right? If you have a large customer who buys your goods, you don't go in there. You know, if I'm the customer that buys a lot of goods, I don't go in there. I might admire somebody for this and or say, hey, yeah, you're doing a good job with this. But it's not admiration as much as at, at this point, it's, it's a mutual respect. But I still think Trump's going to be looking down on everybody else. And he should. Our president should, right? We should be the top. Like it or not, we should be the top. Now, it's a very fine line because they also feel they want to be at the top. But they know who we are. We're America. We buy shit, we move shit, we make shit, we do shit, right? We got the military. So it's not an, an, an admiration where he's a complete respect. It's you're at my level, but you're still below me. And it's a very, it's a very difficult thing to do with people in authority when it, when it comes to that aspect. You have to be able to show that they're at your level and still be able to, to let them know there's, even though they're at your level, you're, you're one step down. So it's a, it's a way to basically make sure that the people are saying, hey, I'm not going to disrespect him because I need to do stuff like that, but I'm still the United States. I still represent the United States. I'm still the president of the United States. And, and that becomes, you know, a fine line that, hey, you know, I respect some of the stuff you're doing. Don't, don't step on my toes, right? I think it's more that. Uh, looks like the comment about how it's all an act, an actor's playing a part, leaving us forever, waking up people, and being lied to about everything. So, looks like my comment about how it's... I don't, I don't delete comments. So, unless you're putting links in, I can go and check. Hang on, that's a good question. Uh, let me check my comments. Let me check my held refer review. I have a link. Uh, I have a link that was put in four days ago. Yeah, if you drop links, like welcome back drops links and links are blocked because I don't, I have them set just so you don't drop a link that's, that's blocked. And what are you doing? Oh, see, I, this one got blocked. I don't know why this got blocked. I'll fix that. Yeah, I don't know if you're getting blocked in the comment section, but because YouTube, they control the comment section. I don't. So I don't know what was blocked. You're welcome to try to put it again and see if it goes through. Uh, but he says, looks like my comment about how it's all an act and actors playing a part, deceiving us since forever. Wake up, people. We are being lied to about everything. Well, so I'm going to go on the, I'm going to go on the a thought that you're basically a truther um, and this is just a movie and you can just respond yes. And you're welcome to click in if you'd like. Um, but, and this was an all, this was all a staged in incident. Okay. I'm going to go, like I said, I believe you're a truther and the truthers believe that this is just a movie and everybody's playing a part and Biden could be a clone and, you know, they're just doing this to show us all um, how bad things are going to be if we don't pick Trump and we don't do this type of stuff and Trump's going to basically save the world, stop all trafficking, stop all anger, stop all war. Um, Nassara, Nassara, you're going to get all free money globally and in this country. Um, all debt's going to be reset. Is that the type of stuff you're, you're going with? Um, I, is that, is that your platform? Cause if that is, you're welcome to come up. 
because I, I would actually love to hear some of the stuff um, in regards to, to that. Um, and I'll be polite, but I'm not uh, of that platform. I don't believe that this is all a staged event. I don't believe that they punishing us because if they are, it's a really bad plan. It's a really, really, really bad plan um, because you're getting everything to the point that people aren't going to give a shit. So if Trump is all is this is all a stage event and, and Trump is doing all this just to prove a point that we he should be the president and these guys are all bad. Well, he's sending a lot of people to extremely high often themselves rate and extremely high bankruptcy rate, extremely high uh, debt to income ratio rate. Um, to the point where some families aren't able to make it. They're losing their businesses. Some of the family members are just calling it quits on a permanent level of life. And it's an extremely bad plan. And if that's his plan, I don't want him. I don't want someone to teach me a lesson. I'm not a child, right? So the issue is, is that there's no, it, it, when you vote somebody in, if there if this is a movie and we're now allowing people to suffer and lose everything off themselves um and get into debt that they'd probably never get out of it's a horrible plan it is a literally horrible terrible evil demented plan to do that to people when you have the power to if this was the case when you had the power to fix it and you did nothing to basically punish the rest of us for your inability to fix it, your incompetence as pr- when, you, when he was president, he had the ability to fix this, allegedly. Now, and this is, this is what truthers believe. What truthers believe is they, like I said, this is all just a fake thing. This is doing us to teach us a lesson. So you're inco- Trump's incompetence to be able to fix the problem in the four years that he was a president, he's now going to put the pain and suffering on the people. Well, I know somebody else that did that. His name was Mao. And what Mao did is because he technically lost power for a while, he created the Great Famine and he went into the, social, uh, into the Cultural Revolution and he punished the people. He punished his people because he knew that if he punished his people, he could wipe out millions and the millions that survived would then say, we, you win. We now pick you. So what you're actually talking about is just Mao's version of the Cultural Revolution transformed into United States Hollywood movie. It's not different. It's not different. It's how do I eliminate all of the people and so I have less people to convince that I'm their savior. And that's what Mao did. And Mao did that in China and wiped out millions of people. So I don't conform to that. I won't conform to that. And if that's the case, I don't want Trump. Matter of fact, I'll tell you, there's a couple things that I would, would, would have Trump have to do at this point. Because that's exactly how Mao created the Cultural Revolution. Maybe I'll do a video on that. Because I'd love to have somebody come up and one of these troopers come up and tell me, hey, this is all just an act. It's all just a movie. And these are all actors. And it's just to prove a point. It's just to wake the people up and show them who, you know, that these people are all bad. Mao did that exact thing. It's called the culture revolution. 
I have videos on it from somebody who lived during it. She Van Fleet, who was interviewed by Tucker Carlson, Glenn Beck, who wrote a book based on my interview with her that she basically put together and put out a book. She Van Fleet. So what you're talking about is exactly what Mao did. There was millions of people in China. Mao lost power. So for Mao to get power, he literally went after everyone, everyone. He said that the police were corrupt. He said that other politicians were corrupt. He said all of his opponents were corrupt. He said they were stealing and they were all bad. And he made the people suffer and starve to death until there was less people, until they got the point. And then they said, fine, we'll put you back in power. Is that kind of what your movie is? Because does it, so- it kind of sounds familiar. Right? Does it sound familiar to the Cultural Revolution, your movie? Because it's already been made. It's already out there. So this would be version two. Ma- Mao's Cultural Revolution, episode two. Donald Trump's Cultural Revolution. Because that's what it is. If, that, if that's what you're saying it is, that's exactly what it is. And that's evil. That's evil. And I don't want that. That's why I don't believe it. But for, you, for the people that do, that's what you're calling for. Exactly what you're calling for. That ain't new. Uh, this is not a movie we need to prepare ourselves for hard times and we need to use fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, like I said, and, and, and we've got some stuff. Go- it, it, obviously, there's stuff going on in regards to, to recession, to low volume. People aren't buying things. People are nervous. There's you know, possibilities of war, possibility of conflict. People are holding their money. They're trying to save. Inflation is, is, uh, is, is still high. So you go out and you buy food and you feel that pain. And you're going out and your dollar's buying less. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. We used to have this much in the bank. So that creates that, that consumer lack of consumer confidence. And the lack of, that's what economics is. Economics isn't just the math. It's how the people interact with the math, right? The mental state of the individuals interacting with the math and the money and the finances is actually economics. So what is your consumer confidence in the times ahead compared to, is it good or bad? And right now we have a bad consumer confidence, right? And, and then you see businesses also start to slow down because they think to themselves, what, where do we want to go, right? Do we want to start investing in something and next thing you know, uh, Biden takes office and he shuts down the following policies? Or Trump takes office and he opens up the following policies. So if I'm somebody that says, hey, I'm making oil field tanks, well, if Trump says he's going to drill, 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 then bring it up now. Uh, check it out. Bring it up now. And show it live. Which video? My video? Which video? All right. Check it out. You want me to go to... All right, let's check this out. All right. Hang on. Let me do... uh... Go here, and let's do this. Is this it here? 
this what you're talking about? There's hoax on it? Yeah, let's check it out. Which video? Go to videos. Which video? That way I can go to the video you want me to watch. Are you from this thing? No. Okay. Yeah, just let me know which video. But that's... If that's a video, I'll talk about it. I'll cover it. Is it the first video? The lies? Oh, government. I can't take... You can't send the link, but you can just tell me the title of the video. Act 2. Where's Act 1? Let's see where we are here. All right, let's get into breaking it. down the Kurt Cobain case, and uh, so if that tells you anything, I always <laughs> had a knack because was it real to some people? No, I don't think it's the Kurt Cobain case. What is this one? Let's check out. Okay. Stop it. This stuff is so easy. It's so elementary, and and yes. they put out these different stories every single day. Okay, and they get these. Twitter people with the blue check mark to say, mm, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. And then people go and they put their thoughts about it. And so this is just more and more data collection. Stop answering those damn questions, y'all. Like every time, what do you think about this? Are you going to get the vaccine this time around? What are your thoughts? Everything Let wrong with the Capitol riots. Really okay. It's just a new way of. Everything wrong with the Capitol riots. There it is. Watch this on a big screen. And Watch it on a big screen. So let's begin our journey by setting up the stage. All right. On December 21st, 2020, okay. Arya Kovler, a political consultant with a background in government relations, tweets, okay. On January 6th, armed Trumpist militias will be rallying in D.C. at Trump's orders. Okay. I'm good so far. Armed Trump is going to be ready. Got it. It's highly likely that they'll try to storm the Capitol after it's certified Joe Biden's win. I don't think that this is sunk in yet. Which yeah. brings us to a town hall meeting held two days prior to the riots on January 4th with Mayor Muriel Bowser whoops, and Chief Conti, who, side note, replaced Chief Peter Newsham just two days earlier. You know, the same Chief Newsham whose first assignment back in 2016 was to invest. All right, before we start investing gold and silver. Oh, hang on a second. No, that's. Investigate Edgar Madison Welch for firing shots at James Elephantis. All right, so here's the problem right now. I'm just going to let you know. So the issue is, is and, and I'll, I'll state, and I might, be, I might be corrected here, but I'll go with it. Right now, if they're already saying there was going to be rights, there's going to be this, it doesn't make it not an insurrection if the, if the response wasn't handled properly, right? So what basically, it was an insurrection that the response was handled incorrectly. I'll, I'll, right, but we'll, we'll see if that's the case. Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria. Photographed by Jose Luis Magana. All right, so we're back to Pizzagate here, which is debunked. What are you doing in location? Make sure there's nothing there. Pedophile ring. Regarding what? Pedophile Where the Pizzagate conspiracy was laid to rest and fake news became a household phrase. All right, so that was laid to rest and that became a household phrase. All right, I'm good with that. And still no word as to why DC... Actually, I gotta speed this up a little bit, though. I can't. I can't do normal speed, guys. Sorry. I'll do one two five for now. 
The officers publicly uncuffed Welch, which is not a protocol in their general orders. Yeah. It's also interesting to note that Edgar Welch, who's an actor, played the gunman in a short titled Something About Pizza, which has since been removed from IMDb, but you can certainly find it using the Wayback Machine. No. Okay. Okay. I love pizza. Just so you know, love it. Favorite food. On to the town hall meeting. The D.C. National Guard will be assisting uh, the Metropolitan Police Department. That will allow for the police officers to focus on anyone who's intent on instigating, agitating, or participating in violence in our city. This is serious business. Yeah. A fair and just election is being questioned, and it angers me, actually, that any elected official would incite violence, and I call on them to stand down. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be the president and the vice president on January the 20th. All right. Thank you, everybody. It may be helpful to note that our paid protesters don't really speak. They chant with such hits like Stop the Steal, Where's Nancy, The Star Spangled Banner, Whose House, Our House, You Took an Oath, Traitor, 1776. Okay, so far, yeah, this is happening, right? And, and are we saying that they're all paid actors? Okay, let me ask you a question, just so I know. I, we get a paid actor. And can I have you if my paid actor started chanting this stuff to go in and kidnap the governor of a state, would you do it? I have 12 actors and they're all like, hey, we want to go in and kidnap the governor of the state. Let's do it. Would you do it? I wouldn't. Don't care who the actors are. Six and the go to USA. Let's learn a new word. Kayfabe. Kayfabe is the portrayal of staged events as real or true. Everything in entertainment wrestling is to some extent scripted or kayfabe, even though at times it is portrayed as real life. A wrestler breaking kayfabe during a show would be likened to an actor breaking character on camera. Okay. Keep this in the back of your mind as we travel through this timeline. Like any good story, we need to understand the mainstream narrative. And we picked the most middle-line mainstream media news source, PBS. Written on January 5th, states, Hundreds of supporters of President Trump descended on the nation's capital to cheer his baseless claims of election fraud a day before congressional vote to affirm Joe Biden's victory. He warned that Antifa, the umbrella term for leftist militant groups, should stay out of Washington. Mayor Muriel Bowser called in National Guard troops to help bolster the city's police force. She urged residents to stay away from downtown Washington. Now again, I... I'm not going to debunk this. I'm just going to tell you my opinion of this. Washington, and to avoid confrontations with anyone who is looking for a fight. On Monday, police arrested the leader of Proud Boys, Henry Tario, for burning a BLM flag. No, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I have no problem looking at this, and I have no problem. But the problem is, okay, uh, I fought you for a long time. Say love you. I'm just saying that the video you show a lot of things that were not seen. Uh, the whole thing was a mess. And yes, their paid actors were were there. Do I believe there are paid actors there? I don't know if there were paid actors there. Do I believe people were there to incite different people and try to do things? Yes. Do I know if they were paid actors? I don't, right? Do I believe some people were there to fire people up? I believe that there were people there that weren't paid actors that just wanted to see the, the country burn that were there also, right? There's no payment involved. Like, I know people that would... That would that just hate the country and would go down there just to fire up other people, right? And get them riled up. I mean, that's something that happens a lot on, on YouTube. You'll see people basically jump out and just get people fired up just to see the reaction. They love the reaction. It's called drama. But people love watching drama. Flag in public. The following day, a judge signs an order banning Tario from entering D.C. How convenient. An afternoon march was also planned to the U.S. Capitol, where Congress will be voting to affirm the election results. Despite pressure from President Trump to help overturn his election laws, Vice President Pence will stick to his ceremonial duties and not block Wednesday's certification, citing, I have no right to overturn the election. He's a great guy. But 
Which he doesn't. He had no right to overturn it. He did not. If he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. And lastly, Black Lives Matter Plaza was sealed off Tuesday. And we'll see why. So the takeaway here is that DC is preparing for the egregious hypothesis that just hours before the election results are to be certified, yeah. thousands of Trump supporters are somehow going to sway them and change their minds? Jeez, even the mainstream narrative isn't based in reality. <laughs> Keep in mind that... Now, here's the problem. And probably what they're not going to say. And what I'd love to dive into. What I'd love to see is... They have software that, that, okay, just so everybody knows, there, when you do a hashtag, when somebody says hashtag Elon Musk, hashtag blah, 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 we, there is software out there you, people can buy that will actually go and search those hashtags. And the reason for it, I'll give you an example, and I, I did a video on this a long time ago. So when Tyson was bought by China, and Tyson Chicken was bought by China and wanted to be a part of, uh, and, and, you know, and own Tyson Chicken. What they did was they wanted to see what the people's thoughts were on this. If they supported it, if it was going to be a problem, like how did people... So they created hashtag Tyson Chicken. So every time you go on Twitter and you hit hashtag Tyson Chicken, hashtag this, hashtag this, AI software will go out and search who you are and how many times this was mentioned and then pull those and see... AI can actually search the statement and see if it's positive or negative. All right. So if you were out there tweeting on Facebook or not tweeting on Facebook, if you were out there tweeting on X and then making comments on Facebook and doing stuff on YouTube and putting hashtag, you got to watch people that say, Hey, do me a favor, put hashtag in the comments, put hashtag America in the comments, put hashtag this in the comments. Don't do that. Don't do that. Those hashtags are being used to search. One of the reasons um, Elon Musk was so worried about bots on Twitter when he was buying Twitter, he's like, hey, there's too many bots, there's too many bots, was data collection. So if you have so many bots, your, your platform's not worth that much because you're not getting real people's responses, right? It's worth more if you're 100% real people compared to 60% real people and 40% bots. All right. So what happens is, so when he was looking at that and people are like, well, it's not worth that much because I'm not getting real people's reactions. I want real people. Right. So he had to get rid of the bots. So if people were out there hashtagging the, uh, the steel, what was it? Uh, something to steal. Help me out. Help me out on the steel. Um, fight the steel or whatever it was, if they were hashtagging that or they were hashtagging Jan, uh, January 6th or hashtagging different things, well, the FBI software and, and law enforcement software is out there searching that and they can see that and they can start to calculate all this type stuff. This is what AI and software programs do. This is why people hashtag. There's a reason for that hashtag. It's a search to be able to search and find out what they're talking about. So a lot of that was used before, and they probably had a lot of this saying, look, there's a lot of hashtags um, to steal. What the hell? Anyways, there's a lot of hashtags for that. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on it. I just saw it. There's a lot of hashtags for that, so we might have a possibility of a problem here because every time they say save the steal or whatever, it says be there on January 6th. So they're not actually wiretapping us. They're just telling They're just saying, hey, we're just going to follow you hashtag. You hashtag so we can follow you. And that's what happens.
Most of the events on January 6th will literally play out on a stage, which has just been completed for the inauguration. Now that we've reviewed the backstory, let's identify some of our photographers. Julio Cortez, yeah. Victor Blue, Igor Bobic, Sabrina Tavernes, Aaron Schaff, Samuel Corum, White House press photographer Andrew Harnick, White House staff photographer Sal Lowe, Wynn McNamee, J. Scott Applewhite, Drew Angerer, John Minkolo, Manuel Sonetta, Amy Harris, Jose Luis Magana, Joseph Prezioso, John Cherry, Sandy Bacham, citizen journalist Brendan Gunschwager, town hall reporter Julio Rosas, Luke Mogelson, Typhoon Machamas. How many reporters? How many photographers we got? Phone Josh Good, John Farina, News to Shares, Ford Fisher. Why don't you just say all of them and tell us who's not there? Young Kim, Blaze TV's Elijah Schaefer, Michael Negro, The Washington Examiner's Stephen Nelson, John Sullivan, Chris Jones, Taylor Hansen. I'm going to be honest with you, just so you guys know, like I can buy this software. I can get this software and I can say hashtag oversized loads, right? I want to search hashtag. So all these companies that these people work for are probably have this software. News outlets have this software. It's a way for them to also gauge what the hot topic's going to be, right? Because that's trending. Well, what's trending right now? What's trending right now? How do they know that? Well, they know that by AI searches. Cameraman Sam of InfoWars. Just another Brandon of InfoWars. And chief photographer of SWNS, Adam Gray. And while we're on the subject, I would like to take this moment to retract the claim that he was fake arrested on January 6th, when in fact it was in New York, June 1st, 2020, during the George Floyd riots. Now, let's start our journey aquí, on Freedom Plaza during the January 5th Freedom Rally. Okay. We're going to breeze right through this part. Thank God. Antifa. Right out the gate. I don't even know who this guy is. We would call this narrative foreshadowing. Skip. The COVID-19 PCR tests are fake. Yeah, we can agree with that. All right. So here's what the other thing that's going on. Perfect example. I don't conform to this to, to this stuff. Right? I'm not conforming to the to the um, to the Trump truther movement. I'm not a, I'm not a QAnon. I'm not. And, and let me explain. I've got I don't know how many people on Rumble because it doesn't show me, but I got seven people in here and I think four on Rumble. I don't know. I have to check Rumble, right? So I, I don't conform to that, but it has been proven by other YouTubers who have gone out there who have made a QAnon truther YouTube page, and I doubted it. I was like, no way, bro, no way. So he made a truther YouTube page that conformed to all this, right? It gr- went with it and go with it, and he, and he went from 100 subscribers to like 5,000 subscribers in like five days. Real people. Like, and then he went live and he had real people in there. These were not bought. These were real people because we call this hopium, right? So what a lot of times what they're doing is they, if they're in the, you're not going to go to one of these things and go against it because nobody's going to watch. Like I got eight people in here, right? But if I started conforming into this and say, yep, it was stolen, yep, I'm a, tr- I'm a QAnon person, you, you blow up because people want that. They want that conspiracy. They want that. They want that drama. People like conspiracies. They like drama. They like the fun of that. They don't like reality, right? They don't like being told that, hey, if you want to make more money, get smarter, get an education, be smarter than the other person. They want to just say, well, I w- it's all stolen and it's all bad. So the, the, the issue you're, I'm, I'm going to have with this, and I, I, um, I'll say it before because I could be wrong, is a lot of these, peoples are, a lot of these people are going to basically say, hey, I'm for this, and then they look better when they come out. They're going to come out with more viewers, more subscribers, more. And this is like a, it's sort of like YouTube, but rather than being on here with subscribers, they're getting their views on this platform by agreeing with all this. You're not going to get on this platform and go against it because you're screwed. 
Oh, one of our stars, Jake Chansley, front and center. Skip. Well, it's everyone's favorite f- slash freedom rally organizer, Ali Akbar. But we get a little nauseous when he's on the screen. Skip. So this is Simone Gold, who was made famous, what, six months prior to the riots for promoting the, quote, controversial coronavirus cure slash forerunner to ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. And it should be in the hands of the American people. We do find it peculiar that she's somehow center stage and one of our central characters, Taylor Hansen, is holding an umbrella for her. So are they grooming him or just acclimating us to his presence? Is that guy with the umbrella? Or is he just holding an umbrella? Wearing a fanny pack. Never, ever trust anyone wearing a mustache and fanny pack. We're not here to argue the validity of this drug, but we just find the whole thing kind of strange. And it's not because we don't believe the virus theory. And it's not because Trump has stock in Sanofi, maker of the anti-malarial drug. And it's not because Trump tested positive. It's because of this. Well, it took 34 days to isolate the coronavirus that caused SARS. Whatever it is, it originated in China. It causes high fever and respiratory distress. I'm authorizing a quarantine on everyone who's come in contact with a symptomatic person. Okay. Let me say this. I was going to do another show on this, but fuck it. I, I, I believe, and I've done a video on this, that COVID was actually um, released to stop China's progression into quantum computing and semiconductors. Okay? Now, I did a show on this, and I even showed that DARPA in 2014 started to do pathogens and started to do vaccines in a possible for the and I did a show on this for a possible release and could cause an, a type of conflict with other countries. DARPA did this. Now, I also showed the timeline with Malaysia flight. I also showed the timeline with when this was released. So I because if you if you want me to be honest, COVID unfortunately, and people are going to get pissed off at this. COVID was actually somewhat, there are good aspects of COVID. Now, did people die? Yes. Did people die of the flu? Yes. People die all the time. But you had China that was absolutely going out and doing the Belt Road Initiative. You had them going out and trying to get into every other country. You had them progressing in semiconductors. You had them doing quantum computing. You had U.S. companies going over to China and start to give... um, Computer, uh, quantum computing technology to them, as in freescale semiconductor. So the COVID vaccine or the COVID, not the vaccine, I'm sorry, the COVID, um, COVID, let's just say COVID, was released about 10 miles from their main semiconductor plant. I mean, that, that's how close it was. And we started giving money the same year that China started building this semiconductor plant, okay? Now, the semiconductor plants started producing extremely fast chips. They were getting ahead of the game. They were actually making chips that we couldn't even make here in the United States yet, because now we're trying to do it now. Then COVID comes out. So what did COVID do? COVID, in some aspects, although it was bad, it was also good, because it stopped China from progressing into other countries. It stopped China from the Belt Road Initiative, and it actually did a monstrous damage to the Belt Road Initiative, because what happened was countries shut down, and when China builds something with the Belt Road Initiative, they don't just give money and say, do me a favor, build this bridge, build this rail system. What they do is they say, we will go into your country, and we will build this railroad. We will do it. And then, when we're done, you can pay us back. So what COVID did was stopped progression of that. China wasn't allowed to go into these countries and build these railroads. Countries were shut down. They weren't letting people in. It damaged unbelievably, unbelievably damaged China's economy. 
And that's why China is in a bad economy spot right now because countries shut down. And then once they started opening back up, they were like, yeah, we can't afford this. Your Belt Road Initiative thing, we're going to default on it because we can't, we just can't afford it. Our countries can't afford it. So that progression of the Belt Road Initiative and the technologies was blasted out of the water. And China's still paying for it now with the Evergrande, the economy, and things like that. So uh, do I believe that this was? Oh, 100% I believe that. 100% I believe that. Because it was better to do this in, in their minds than to possibly go in. We would have to have gone into conflict with China on a, on a you know, war-type aspect. Or we could do this and stop China's progression. Because that's the weird part about it, like lockdown, 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 lockdown. So we're locking everything down, but we're also locking countries down. And countries weren't able to go into other countries. And the main country that was going into other countries was China. And we stopped that. COVID stopped that and, and made the Belt Road Initiative go broke. It is going broke. China is going broke. China is hurting right now. And that started with that COVID. So I do believe that was a plan. This is your virus. I'm sorry, but there's no cure for that. Chloroquine, that's an anti-malarial drug. Suppresses the enzyme. We started everyone on chloroquine. Stop the thing dead in its tracks. Give it to the people. Yeah, give it to the people. So now it's later in the day. Here's White House trade advice. So here's the other aspect. So then what happens is... Now we have the vaccine, right? And then China's trying to make a vaccine and Russia trying to make a vaccine. But if we have the vaccine and you come to, and, and let's say North, let's say Vietnam. Vietnam, we can give the, the vaccine to, to Vietnam. Vietnam now needs our vaccine to continue because you're not going to take our vaccine the first time and then China's the second time, right? You're a little nervous about that as it is. So now we've got you hooked on our drug, right? And at that point, we're giving you this and you're kind of hooked on us in regards to medical treatment of your people. So then you look at the United States and everybody looks at the United States. Everyone looks at the United States, right? I mean, I talked to somebody that was from Africa, right? From Aretha, Africa, but he's, he's here now. But when he would talk to his parents, they were all watching what was going on here in the United States. And it was very, very scary that the United States was trying to handle this and couldn't handle it. So did we blow it out of proportion to make people say, well, if America's getting the vaccine and, and they're getting all better, we need their vaccine. We need their help. We need this. 100%. Sir? Peter Navarro. It's all about tomorrow. Oh, is it? Up on that hill up there. I'd like to see a thousand more years of the United States of America. What the? Well, you're not going to see a thousand more years. You don't live that long. Hell? Is Orange Roy a vampire? No one's saying anything. I don't know how this is going to end. Sure you don't. What if they want to fight? They better believe they've got one. Joe? Okay, well, that's kind of rhetoric type thing. You want to fight? You better believe they got one. Lindsay, take a lozenge. So we hold up President Trump before the creator of the universe. We hold up Trump before the creator of the universe. Hey, babe, is strong with the... Okay. These guys. Meanwhile, on South Capitol Street, the infamous, still unidentified suspect who allegedly placed two pipe bombs at the DNC and RNC. Oh, we don't actually get to see that footage, and there will be no broadcast or mention of these images until tomorrow night. Just creeping around Capitol Hill for 30 minutes, looking like a tier three sex offender. Shouldn't you be a common ping pong? Back to the main stage. Now, I'm going to be honest, like, unless police are seeing them, 
you, you can't just profile stuff, right? We're not allowed to profile, trust me. Or at least you're told you're not allowed to profile. So, I mean, you could be creeping around, but if police are doing other things and they're just seeing you, they can't just, you know, they can't just stop you and ask you. We see that all the time. Hey, what are you doing here? Well, you can't, have, have I committed a crime? Well, no. What's your, you know, and they did when they do the First Amendment audits. Alright, now here's Roger Stone. Everybody's on the Roger Stone train, though they don't really know anything about him. So everybody goes around saying Stone did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong! George! So who is Roger Stone? Isn't he the co-founder of CPAC, former chair of Young Republicans, and head of one of Washington's first lobbying firms, Black Manafort Stone? You know, the high-priced firm that took money from global dictators, vying to adhere the U.S. government to serve the interests of those dictators, earning the nickname, the Torturer's Lobby. Working on presidential campaigns of Reagan... That's why I'm running for president. So, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, I'm starting... It was a... It was a plan, is basically, I think, what you said before. And I might have missed that, right? Stage incident. It was a plan. I think it was a plan. Uh, what did you say before? Okay. Yeah, so it was a state, it was a actors playing. I don't think it was just actors. I think it was a plan. I think they all had a plan um, to push this through, to be honest. I don't know if it was just actors acting to do this. I think it was a plan to get the people fired up to actually do it. So I don't know if it, I don't, I don't feel it was actors. I believe it was real people fired up by rhetoric to go in and do this. And this, but I do see, I see what you're saying with the plan because you had all these people here. They're all saying the same thing. They all are, you know, trying to be on the same page. So I see that. Yeah, I see that. Ronald Reagan for president. Let's make America great again. Dole and even W in 2000. To secure Bush's win, according to Stone, he put together a strategy to shut the recount down. From a parked Winnebago outside Miami-Dade election offices, Stone paid protesters to storm in and intimidate the people counting the votes. Known as the Brooks Brothers Riot, which stopped the recount and helped swing the election towards Bush. As it can't spell patriot without riot, Stone also has a long history with Trump. And as his campaign Votes, advisor, known as the Brooks Twitter Brothers hashtag Days of Rage, he created a Stop the Steal rally to secure Trump's nomination. Yep. It's the Stop the Steal rally and thousands of people outside protesting that. Stone claimed Ted Cruz and others in the Grand Ole Party were plotting to take the nomination away from Trump at the 2016 convention, where he gave out the hotel rooms of the delegates. The Trump campaign is an insurrection. And even taken to the National Enquirer, alleging that Ted Cruz had five mistresses, which is interesting because 10 years prior, the National Enquirer revealed that, together with Stone's second why, okay. former model whose father served as Cuban diplomat before Castro took power, Nidia Bertrand, Stone posted ads in the magazine Local Swing Fever, seeking exceptional muscular hung men. Okay. Cut to 2020, Stone was convicted of lying to Congress during the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election and sentenced to three years in prison. And I'm an agent provocateur. Trump commuted the sentence and later issued a full pardon. I have two words to say. Thank you, Jesus. Lately, you can find our stars surrounded by an entourage of proud boys and oath keepers, knocking around with bestie jonesy and you can often find him without his shirt on getting that yeah and uh okay so i i, I see what you're saying right now i'm with you i'm with you on this uh, again like i said i, I want to see the actor's portion but I, I think i know where you're going with this um i've always thought america has always been great it has always been great i don't i, I, I again making it great again it has always been great right i mean even the portion where they're like well you know we have you know, slavery and stuff like that. Yeah. And we fixed that problem. Right. And we, and we still gave freedom of speech and then we still gave, so it's been, it's always been great. It just gets better and better as we progress. Like if they take our freedom of speech, if they say, nope, can't do this, or they take our freedom of our weapons away and, and, and not allow it, then yeah, but it's, 
It's, I agree. It's always been great. Hot nuzzle action. Sporting his Nixon tap. Just keep an eye out for this one. Okay. So the rally's over, and we're dropping the family stones off at the Willard Hotel. Yeah. And there it is, his key signature move, the peace sign. Or is it yeah. V for victory? Or you may think he's just trying to emulate Nixon, whom he worked for, back in 1972, for the administration in the Office of Economic Opportunity. Or could it very well be the Freemason hand gesture, Per benedictionem, sumae lucis, which translates to... Yeah, I don't know about when they go into the Freemason type stuff. I think that it's... Is it based on that? No. Does he know about that? Maybe. But I, I just think that's his, that's his Nixon thing. That's his move. Like I said, that's just, you know, a lot of times you'll see people do this in, in when they're like sports events, right? Sports events, somebody scores a touchdown, they might do the same thing, right? It's just that's how they release the energy of their accomplishment. By the blessing of the highest light, the gesture of benediction is changed into malediction when one looks at the double or shadow, which is the intention of bringing about evil or curse. Photographed by Joseph Prezioso. Yeah, I don't think it's that. I mean, that, it, when you're, you're kind of reaching for that, I believe that that's just his, that's his, like I said, his releasing of, of accomplishment. You're going to see a lot of these guys doing other symbols and hand movements. We'll break that down later. And we'll come back to this. I mean, when I played hockey, I think I, I constantly, you know, you score a goal, you're like, yes! And that, that was, you know, pretty much it. You know, it, it's just, I think it's more that. Spot later tonight. But for now, let's head over to BLM Plaza. I'm going to show you what kayfabe really looks like. Remember, Mayor Bowser and Chief Conti said that they had blocked off BLM Plaza. Oh, look at the cops scrambling! And now we're going to see why. So all of our players are coming together for Little Insurrection Eve After Hours K-Rally. But with a new twist in the storyline, all of our protesters are suddenly anti-cop, where historically, most Trump supporters back the blue. Just wait till you see their cop hate. Yeah, I don't think, I think the problem was, is once you got down there into Washington, into that atmosphere, it's, it's, they didn't look at them as anti-cop and they were all of a sudden all anti-cop. They were basically my team, their team, right? And their te- anybody down here in Washington in, in regard in being law enforcement is going to be trying to stop me from doing what I want to do. So now they're the enemy, right? They're the bad guys. Those are the ones that are going to try to stop me. I'm going to go into that building. They become the, the bad people. Eight performance tomorrow. God bless the Patriots. Right now. Okay. Everyone is paid to be here, except one. So now they form the police line. I don't think everybody was paid to be there, to be honest. As our players take turns approaching them with their best angry face. Like this. All team Montione slash baked Alaska. Trolling up the crowd. And this one, Robert Geeswine. Show us what you got. I mean, I see this online all the time. Like the trolls that go out and basically try to get a reaction they try to do this they want this reaction they want to see how the people react that's some people just have that in them they want to go out troll throw statements throw and and just to get the reaction from the other person or people right that is a type of person that's a most like i look at people a couple ways one one thing you have to know about people is they do things for, for a specific reason money power fame when you base everything down well the reason you do something is money power fame and powers control or, or money or fame. You, it's always one. When you, when you figure it out, it's always one of those. But on that same thing, there's always molds, specific molds of people, right? So a lot of control people are always kind of the same mold. Or a lot of fame people are the same mold. And that's why you're like, hey, you, you can pick pe- some of these molds out because you can say, well, these guys are normal. You can pick out bullies or you can pick out, you know, geeks and, and nerds. And, and we classify them in specific things, right? And they all seem to fit that mold, that same mold, right? And 
so what, go, what you have people in there that want to go down there and want to fire people up. They like it. Yeah, good job, bro. Remember that one person we believe is not a paid protester, but is rather a security officer who's going to teach us the lesson of never f***ing with another girl's cell phone. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. And now they whisk our way to the safety of our lifeless cops. Oh, well, watch out for sneak attacks. Getting misty. And that's what we would call... Real- All right, so I've been in... Allegedly, I might have. As a kid, um, I, I, I grew up... And well, I'm from South Buffalo. So I, I grew up in, in a place where there was this type of stuff sometimes on Saturdays nights or Friday nights in the parks because it was very um, this town versus this town type stuff, right? And all it takes is one stupid thing. And next thing you know, somebody's getting cracked in the head with a bottle, right? It, it, it's, it's that energy of, of this situation that you're all fired up anyways. You got the adrenaline going. You're already down there. And you want you want something to set somebody off or set you off, and what happens is 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 it somebody grabs the phone, somebody touches you, somebody does something. Next thing you know, like boom, it's go time, right? And that that energy then gets transferred into the crowd, and the crowd starts basically doing the same thing. It, it's human behavior. Your blood and get a good look at it. One of our central characters, John Sullivan slash Jaden, arrives to set with his lady friend, BuzzFeed's Jade Sacker. Tell me this ain't the most Antifa outfit you've seen in your life. Now, these guys are obviously down there also streaming and stuff like that. But it's still, it's, it still just adds to the progression of the J6 and what was basically happening. So it doesn't matter that these guys were down there doing it. I have talked to people that I said, hey, what, did you go down to J6? Oh, hell no. Why not? Well, I knew what was going to happen. So that, you had people like that pulling out, backing out, right? But then I know other people that were like, yeah, yeah, I'm going, yeah. I'm going to be down there, hell yeah. And they weren't actors. I know them. (laughs) So our star, who's going to receive the bulk of the blame for tomorrow's clown show, is dressed like the opposing team. Yet no one lays a finger on him. We would call this a continuity error. Keep your eye on this guy. And this guy. Ray Epps, who we like to call Captain. We're going to see how they do all their tricks. And right here you could see Adam Gray getting all the photos. And you have baked Alaska filming Captain in all of his kayfabe glory. We need to go. I'll say it. Yeah, and I don't see, remember, these are, some of these guys are professional photographers and journalists. They absolutely know how to get into this stuff and what's going to kick off. Like uh, the best, some of your best journalists can feel the crowd and feel the energy and they know where to go. They're looking for the spark. They're looking for the sparker and they're going to seek this person out. Like when you're, when you're doing um, photography, I took a, a, just a, like a course to get, not like a, a degree, but like a certificate. When you're, when you're seeking this out, you're seeking the hot spots. You're going, if you can, to figure out, where the sparks are going to be so you can get those photos. And that's, that's kind of what they do. No, no, you're absolutely bringing, uh, I thank you for bringing this to me. Uh, Dave, I'm not saying everyone was paid, but there were paid actors. Oh, I believe there were some, um, influencing unsuspected people and doing things, following us in a way that tension. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. The issue is, is that not the issue, but the problem is, is, Who's pay- and we we can only guess, but who's paying the actors? We need to go in. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. To the Capitol again. This is narrative building, guys. Everyone here is. I mean, are some of these streamers paying the actors just to get people to spark off? And they they just wanted people to spark off here. 
they they never thought that they would go in and somebody, you know what I mean? Like who's paying them? Like if I'm a streamer, let's say, and I want to go down there, I might hire an actor to say, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to be this person and be play this role and get down there and, and light people up so I can get the best, I can get the best live. I can get the best pictures. I can get the best spot of the stream. I, I, that's very possible that it was the streamers. Because that happens all the time that streamers hire uh, actors. Paid to be here. This chick's gonna have center stage the entire night. Now here's where it gets juicy. Listen to what this guy says. We're gonna call him Razzy because it was right. terrible acting. BLM does matter. BLM. Yes, it does. BLM does matter. We do not want to see our streets overcome with terror. We do not want our streets to Wait for it. Yes, BLM is our enemy. You hear that? BLM is our enemy. 52 seconds ago, he was just saying how BLM was so important. This is what these people do. These clips and these shots, they're gonna be used later for the news and all sorts of things. Still taking center stage. That's her job. Hey, what's up? See, everybody's just bored. Everybody's hanging. See, I'd like to know where these people came from, and, and the, I, I would actually like to know if these people, maybe I'll do that, if these people are connected to the streamers. Hanging out. Nobody really wants to be there. It's cold. It's late. But they have to be because they're paid. Why have ABC7 come in to film it all? No, I don't believe all, again, here I don't believe all of them are paid. Could be. It could be. It could be the FBI. I'm not going to say it's not, all right, because I don't know. But I can't say, I have to think, okay, if these are being paid actors by the FBI, it, What's one? You're gonna find a paper trail someplace, right? There's gonna be a paper trail because of the money received. Somebody's gonna see something. But the other issue is that the streamers seem to know where to go, and the photographers seem to know where to go to follow these people. Now they could be very good streamers, and they could be very good photographers, and they can see the spark. But it would be more beneficial for the streamers to hire these people. When they cut it up into little bite-sized clips, you don't really know what's going on. This is how this works, because you see what they want you to see. Well, we gonna see every day. And don't worry, guys, they are fake fighting, fake arguing. This is the only time you're gonna see these people break character, by the way, because you're not gonna see much of it tomorrow. So he's whispering to Razzy. They're making it seem like they're fake fighting. This is how they move the crowd. Make sure you know what's happening here. Yeah, we're figuring that out, Razzy. Wearing an InfoWars shirt, and there's Data. He's looking to get some shots, too. And she's I mean, InfoWars could have hired this person. Still going at it. They want to come off a little crazy. They want to come off a little unhinged, if you will. Now we have our cops just... So I'd like to see who... Which one of these streamers got the... the uh, which one were these streamers covering? And were they... Because if they were covering a specific one, it's a good possibility that streamer hired them. It's doing nothing. Take a good look at these cops. This one's wearing sunglasses. More narrative. Yeah, and that's not... A, that's not... I wear sunglasses, right? Um... There's times that I'm going to, uh, even sunglasses, when you're in this light, you can still see, but you're more worried about somebody spraying something. So I, I can't, he might, that person might've been a fear of, of, of mace or OC or something like that. So wearing sunglasses as a cop, that's, I wore them. Building. This is why they say DC residents don't come outside and look who it is. It's Sandy Bacham. And none of these photographers ever fear for their lives. And yeah. And a lot of times it's not that they don't fear for their lives. Uh, the ph photographers have been in war zones. And, and where bullets are flying, and they're still out there doing stuff. Coincidentally enough, Sandy's own son, Grant Udolph, will die tomorrow. And so Sandy leaves, but now she's going to come back to say this to a paid protester. Sandy Bacham is doing a little kayfabing. Not only are paid protesters paid to be there, our photographers are paid to be there. Meaning, they're aware of all of this. Well, yeah, uh, if I'm a photographer for uh, InfoWars, InfoWars is paying me. Hell yeah. It's pageantry. Without 
skipping a beat, they're going to pledge their allegiance three times in a row. Ain't right around these parts. Wow. Okay, so in this country, uh, saying something three times is something we're kind of taught as a kid, right? A lot of times you say, hey, spell this word three times and you get, you'll remember it. You do this three times, you'll remember it. Three times is what we're taught a lot as a child and, and eventually progressively we continue to do it to repeat it three times or do it three times so that we can learn it, right? Other countries are a little different. And you see this, I saw this on Ryan, even Ryan Macbeth when, when he was looking at um, uh, bots on the internet. And one of the bots, normally if we're going to put exclamation points, we either put one or three. It's either exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, or it's exclamation point. It's because a lot, we do things in threes because we're t a lot in school we're taught you know, that type of thing. So to say it three times, just to, it's, it's one of those things that we're kind of trained to, to do, you know, fight, fight, fight. Right. It, I mean, just right there, fight. That sounds kind of weird for us. Fight, fight. Still sounds kind of weird, right? Fight, fight, fight. That three times is that pattern. And you start to say, oh yeah, that's kind of something I would hear somebody say. It's weird, but it's, again, it's human behavior. So John Sullivan has Jade Sacker from BuzzFeed documenting his... Lock her up. Ah, uh, weird. Lock her up. Lock her up. Ah, uh, weird. Lock her up. Lock her up. Lock her up. That third, right? See those threes? The thirds? Is every move for a supposed Netflix special. By the way, Jade Sacker is the only one who doesn't know what's going on. As you can see, there is nonsense happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, a whole bunch of nonsense, to be honest. Who are these people that just keep coming up to you? She has no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. It's kind of creepy. Everybody's just hanging out. If these people are caught not acting, they're probably not going to get hired to come back again for the next event. So watch this lady. Just standing there, freezing her ass off. Now she's going to get into character once she sees the cameras on her. Yeah, and you're part of it. What happened? Now, some of these people, um, they might be paid actors, or some of these people might see a camera and then may, they become drama queens. And a Razzie. The police missed me. No, you wouldn't have. Now Jaden and Jade head off to McDonald's on 13th. But I played that shit off, did I not? I got the black umbrella. I think I made up, uh, oh yeah, I was just a journalist, but I use that all the time. Yeah, I'm just a journalist, I'm here recording. Yeah, I'm just here recording. Situation, dude, yeah. Now, with Baked Alaska, let's head back to where we dropped off the Family Stones. Okay. So, my good friend Taylor here is going to do a little Black Lives Matter enrichment oh, oh. ceremony. Who wants to see this flag? Yeah! It appears that this is some type of ritual for Taylor Hansen. So now they're just doing what Henry Tyro did on Monday. Tay-Tay, oh, oh. I can see your price tag. And all of this taking place, literally, across the street from the White House. And now the cops just show up, out of nowhere. By the way... No, the cops don't just show up out of nowhere. They're probably watching these, these type of things. Like, okay, so... I was in the Coast Guard in Gloucester in Massachusetts, right? And then we would patrol Salem, Salem, Massachusetts. So Salem, Massachusetts is where I, where the witch trials did, right? So Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts is wild. Like endless amounts of people are going to Salem, Massachusetts on Halloween. So on, we're under patrol and we stop there. Well, a lot of times you're standing back. You're not walking into the crowd. You're kind of standing back and kind of watching the crowd and seeing what's going on. And if something's kind of sparks, you, you'll start to head that way. Well, they just burnt something, right? So the cops probably saw a flame 
and said, well, let's step. We, we, we're going to we're going to go ahead and, and step in because they're not doing anything at this point that is illegal. Right. So the cops are not in a, in a they're in a just a, an oversight thing. Right? They're on overwatch. They're just kind of watching everything that's going on. If there are a fight breaks out, they might jump in, but they're not going to intervene and spark the crowd with any type of authority when they don't need to. You just stand back. You just let people do their thing. You don't insert authority because that then creates defensive and you're overwhelmed. There's more of them than you at this point, let's say, or even if there's not, you just let people do their thing. That's policing, right? That's policing. You get involved or you step in when you feel that there's something that you need to step in. in. So it's not that they just appeared. They were just doing overwatch. Hey, the cops don't really speak either unless they're saying, you gotta move So instead of going around the fire, this cop steps through the fire and just ginning up the crowd with cop hate because they got the memo too. So I guess the ritual is... Yeah, because the fire's just on the ground. He can walk through it on his boots and stomp on it and push people back. Hey, get back, get back, get back, get back. He doesn't want anybody getting burnt. He doesn't want anybody grabbing that flag and throwing it. Over. Oh my gosh. I got shot me. As below, so above. The K-Fund continues at 3,800 feet. The 2020 Pulitzer Center reporting fellow and sometimes K-Fabe photog, Marinie Staub, behind the camera. Oh, dear. A statement we can get behind. Oh, Lord. I think she's talking to you, Mary. Now. And all of this K-Fund is headed your way, DC. Friends. All right, enough of that. So now we're going to move on to the 6th of January. And during right. our investigation, we're going to go down various babbit holes. So pay okay. attention. Also, it should be noted that while they're huddled up with our actors, our photographers and journalists never fear for their lives as they are never harmed because our photographers are off limits, out of bounds. Again, photographers, press, camera people, a couple of things there. One, it's not that they're not afraid, but they you go and you do this stuff. Two, photographers and stuff know that these people want to be seen. These people are out there for the drama. These people are out there for the show, right? They, so they're not, they want stuff to be recorded because they're hoping a police officer is going to hit them and they're going to get money and some reporter is going to, reporter is going to get it, right? So that's a normal situation with reporters. That's a normal thing when it comes to crowds like this and stuff like that. Also, our actors never break the fourth wall, meaning they never look directly at the camera unless they film themselves. Now it's a beautiful morning. And with that, let's begin our investigation. Aki, here on the Ellipse and the Washington Monument. Yeah. Now mainstream media reports there are 36,000 present at this DC rally. We'll okay. just have to take their word for it. And the time is currently 9.31. Now let's head over to the main stage. Right. Check one, check two. Ooh, ooh. Okay, go back to music. Never let go, Jack. What the hell? What really matters is not going... What happened there? It's 43 degrees outside and you're invoking thoughts of drowning in ice water and... Yeah, that's weird. A selfish teenage girl who, who picks the music here. Who the hell is the producer of this show? Can't share a cabinet door float. It could have fit. Skip. Because we believe mm -hmm. in America. Woo, cringe. Skip. What is this nostalgic 90s? Who in the hell chose this playlist? Oh, look at this one. Skip. Really? Yes, it takes a village to uphold democracy, not the village people. We believe this is intentional. That's fine. It's like reverse psychology. Psychologically. Oh, I agree. I agree. Demasculating the audience. Uh, a lot of innocent people were arrested and are, I think it's going to say still in jail. But many streamers of these influencers are free. I agree. 100%. Be honest. Like I said, this, I'm not saying that there wasn't this type of spark or this type of plan. Uh, but I do, uh, the problem was, is it turned into this insurrection types and they were driven into this. And you want to follow, you follow the money. 
step. Oh my god, another gay anthem. Now, let's check in 900 feet behind us. All right, so now all the proud boys are all gathered at the Washington Monument. I am not allowed to say what's going now, to happen hang on today. One second. I'll be right back. Dick Solomon. All right. Because everyone's just going to have to watch. But who are these guys, mainstream media? They're far-right nationalists who flash white power signs throughout the day. Stand back and stand by. But where do these guys come from? Easy. Gavin McGinnis. Ooh, not safe for work order. Who's also the co-founder of the anti-conspiratorial propaganda news outlet, Vice News. The Proud Boys, taking its name from the song Proud of Your Boy from the 2011 Disney musical Aladdin, was founded by McGinnis Wow, that's weird. In 2016, who are a self-described Western chauvinist fraternity, with its leader and chairman of the elder chapter, whatever the f*** that means, everyone's favorite FBI informant, Enrique Tario, pictured here with this ridiculous t-shirt sold by a company owned by Tario. Yep. And Gavin McGinnis, who worked at Glenn Beck's Blaze TV for a week, is the author of How to Piss in Public. I shit you not. It can often be seen playing with his anteater and sticking f***s up his ass and then smelling it. Besties with political commentator Milo Yiannopoulos. You know winners! These are all winners. And they're all winners. You know, the Catholic conservative who denounced gay marriage, got gay married, then became ungay, but is still gay married? Interesting. The Catholic Herald slash former Breitbart contributor rose to fame following the June 2016 staged Orlando nightclub shooting. Where the following day, outside the nightclub. The issue is, too, is all these people, and I don't know about all of them, but I'm going to say a good portion of them, because I think even Trump supported, um, what's his face here? Something low. And then obviously Trump supports uh, Stone, and then Trump supports. Um, I, I think he was also obviously seen with some of the uh, Proud Boy guys, right? And and he so he knows these people. He interacts with these people. He he's 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 you know promoted these people in some way, I believe. And and so now we have all these people that have connections to Trump, right? I mean, it, it is that is it just me? 
claimed that all of Islam was responsible for mistreating women and homosexuals. And Gavin, I don't know about Gavin. Uh, I don't know about him. I don't know about Gavin. was there too, or they made out. When Milo's not pledging his allegiance, yep, bathing in pig's blood, or hosting mock satanic rituals. We've just completed our Satanist ritual. We're trying to get paid, baby. Mike Mark, how do you feel that your prospects as a Christian conservative activist is going to be affected by the Satanist ritual you just performed? It's lit. You can find our good. Uh, make sure, uh, you know what, let me do this real quick, because uh, I want to make sure anybody that's in here, also, uh, if you're on Rumble, uh, subscribe to my Rumble channel, let me drop this, let me click this, because I think I'm still live, I am, and let me click uh, this right here, and let me put this here, if you're not subscribed to my Rumble channel, alright, that's just my Rumble channel, alright. Old Catholic boy with his touring buddy slash Vine superstar slash former journalist for Breitbart, Michael Mahoney, also known as Mike Ma. Looking like the children of the corn. What's with these hand gestures? Milo also connects us with two of our capital kids, Nick Fuentes of America First, and former social media strategist for BuzzFeed slash Breitbart. Again, these are now people, even Nick and Milo. I, I, I know Nick is, I thought Nick had dinner with Trump. Our contributor, who later became the tour manager for. I think it was Nick and uh, who's the rapper? Who's the rapper? At dinner with Trump. Milo, home team, baked Alaska, Gionit, getting paid, and collaborating with everyone's favorite con artist and stop the steel organizer, Ali Akbar, who we're not gonna get into because it would take a whole episode. And Lucian Wintrich, born Lucian Einhorn, who legally changed his name to Lucian Baxter Wintrich the Fourth, who's not a Fourth. Bard College graduate, founder for Twinks for Trump, because nothing sells patriotism more. Yeah, I'm I'm Sage the Seventeenth. Than a malnourished Mo with daddy issues. And Seventeen, get it? Seventeen. He's also the inaugural White House correspondent for Daddy slash CEO Jim Hoff's The Gateway Pundit, which also includes air quotes journalist Cassandra Fairbanks, who we hear is not a fan of our Capitol shooting video. Pictured here with journalist Mike Cernovich pledging their allegiance. Milo's besties also include former contributor of Breitbart and Rebel Media, Laura Loomer. So why are they just letting all the MK Ultra kids out to play? But let us dispense with the notion that Laura Loomer is a woman who makes no secret about her hate for the Islamic people, love for plastic surgery, or her love for Mike Ma. Your hair and your eyes look so good. We're like beautiful. Thank you. We're just jealous. Because that's big test and Ashkenazi IQ. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. We got it. So now everyone's trying to get up on Mike Ma's dick. I mean, can you blame her? And in 2020, with the help of former Trump campaign supervisor, Karen Giordo. Here's the issue, though. Like I said, so basically then, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. A political and external affairs specialist with 25 years experience in public relations who worked for the Daddy Bush, Sun W, and Kill LinkedIn administrations secured Loomer's win for the nominee for Congress's Florida District 21, which happens to be where Mar-a-Lago is. Ah, uh, getting those tar- Now remember also, if you wanted to become big, if you wanted to become, you know, and get a lot of viewers and be able to get people to follow you and, and stuff like that, you, you were there. You were on this side. You were pushing these people. When it comes to this type st- uh, this type stuff, Mega people will fire will, will follow mega people, man. It it you will get viewers, you will get people to see you. So a lot of these people could have also been playing that game. Yo shirts. Plus- Oh, where am I? Am I? Is this right? The work for James O'Keefe III, you know, the man of many disguises slash records grad slash former columnist for Breitbart. Are you seeing a pattern here? Who worked under media specialist and mentor Ben Wetmore at the Leadership Institute outside of D.C., which was founded by President Morton Blackwell, who is praised for his work in recruiting conservatives for roles in politics, government, and the media. Looking like the set of eyes wide shut. And giving a Freemason handshake. And what's that? A tattooed baphomet with the words, praise me? Guys. And it was O'Keefe's Project Veritas, whose sus and heavily edited, oftentimes downright stage, undercover videos that continued to enrage Republicans, filling their hearts with the hatred for the left. Hashtag divide and conquer. I'm sure some of them may very well be good people. Stop the hashtag. 
people. But make no mistake, they are manufactured and positioned accordingly because all media personalities are grifters by necessity. So when these guys get banned from social media, the left says they deserve it because they're crazy racist. The right says the media is trying to censor them. The ban is proof of their authenticity, but they never consider that these bans may be part of the script. So they are hosted on other platforms, the echo chambers grow, and the donations flow. And all the while, big tech and government are intentionally stifling anyone, including us, who goes against the narrative. So ask yourself, does this really look like the kind of kids who are truly invested in the well-being, prosperity, and happiness of Americans? Or someone who went to a fancy school, recruited, groomed, pumped full of money, and is now used as rooks in the psychological warfare for your mind? Well, I'll tell you what, if that's the case, I'm looking for someone to, uh, uh, sponsor me to to be I, I can go on the other side if you want I can fight the, these two people if you want where's my sponsorship damn it hashtag CIA sponsorship hashtag FBI sponsorship back to the broad boy let's see if they let's see if they type that in type uh, CIA sage CIA sponsorship sage FBI sponsorship hashtag type that in the comments let's see if they pick it up that'll be a social experiment Proud Boys are leaving the Washington Monument. And look who it is. DC photographer Amy Harris. Getting all the pictures. And Sandy's there too. I wonder where they're going. So let's follow them. <laughs> well, they're, again, their, their job is to be in the know, right? That's how they make money. They got to get good shots, good pictures, good videos. So it's, they, they are in the know. Photos by Pulitzer. I should talk about Bigfoot. If, I wish there was a Bigfoot here. I like doing that too. Like I said, I used to, uh, the reason I was doing that too was uh, I liked um, Coast to Coast AM, you know, with art. I used to listen to that all the time when I was driving uh, at night and stuff, and it was like I I enjoyed that. It was a, it was a good time listening to that stuff. So I, I like learning about that stuff and talking about that stuff too. Surprise winner, DC photographer Carolyn Castor. See how they're all single file. This is for the camera. So now they're passing Smithsonian Castle, and look, everyone's just following Amy, setting up all the good shots. No, she's just in front. She's smart to know that she's in front. Like that crowd would have kept going without her. She just knew that she needed to jump out in front. So now they're crossing the street here at 4th. Everybody stop, everyone's stationary, and then they get the command to march, pass the camera, and flash as many white power signs as possible. Don't worry, we're gonna come back to that. Now they're gonna stop to get some more photos. And you'll notice that this Joe Biggs character, he's one of the fall guys, constantly talking into his walkie-talkie, which we believe is a prop. Yes, it may work. Yes, he might be talking to someone, but that's not the purpose or the essence of it. They wanna make it obvious. You don't wanna make Americans think too much, so they see the radio and the earpiece, and they got the answer. Think optics. And Ordine's job is to ramble into the megaphone. I mean, they really gilded the lilies with this one. Let's head back to the stage. You'll never die. Oh. This is a move. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that will Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot was there too, and they never arrested him or her. Exactly. Transcend him. Is this really, if you're really going to do an acting job like this, you got to have a Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, sure. It's a movement that will transcend all of us. Mm -hmm. And when you say us, you mean you. And we need to march on the Capitol today. Oh, do we? Can you guys help me sing happy birthday to my husband? Oh, today's his birthday. Does anybody know the great Kimberly Guilfoyle? No, Eric. Me thinks no. I don't think we do, but we're happy to help you out. So, let's take a look at a simple mainstream timeline and see how Kim G's web connects us to an orgy of people. So who is Kim G? Oh, right. Isn't she a former lingerie model for Les Wexner's Victoria's Secret? Turned LA Deputy District Attorney. Turned mm. Court TV host. Turned Anderson Cooper 360 Legal Analysis. Turned co-host of Fox News' The Five. Turned chair of the Finance Committee of the Republican Trump Victory Committee. She was also the first wife of Gavin Grusom. You know, the Democratic Lieutenant Governor slash youngest mayor of San Francisco slash 40th and current governor of California. And it was Ann and Gordon Getty who 
served as Newsom's unofficially adoptive parents and helped finance his meteoric rise in politics. Guilfoyle also had ties with the Getty family herself, having once dated one of Gordon Getty's sons, Billy Getty, and around the time Newsom was hooking up with the singer Jewel Kilcher. Five months later, former model Vanessa Pertilizzi Hayden began a brief tryst with Leo Decap. A few months later, Vanessa dated and became engaged to Saudi prince Khalid bin Bandar bin Sultan Al Saud. Jesus. Bandar's father, Bandar bin Sultan Al Saud, was Saudi Arabia's ambassador to the United States for over 20 years, having close ties with the Bush family, earning him the nickname Bandar Bush. Then, on September 11, Khalid bin Bandar jettisoned Vanessa and flew back to Saudi Arabia after his father was suspected of having indirect ties to the, quote, Al-Qaeda hijackers. Three months later, Newsom marries Kim Ji. In 2003, Donald Trump introduces Vanessa to his son, Donnie, at a fashion show. The following year, they become engaged. Cut to 2005 when Newsom, who was San Francisco mayor at the time, Yeah, okay. Apologize after it was learned that he had slept with City Hall employee Ruby Rippy Gibney. Jesus, these names. Who was married to Newsom's former deputy chief of staff, longtime friend Alex Tork. Let's play the bitch. Everything you've heard and read is true. I okay. Hurt someone I care deeply about, Alex Turk, and that is something that I have to live with. And now we'll be working aggressively to advance our agenda in the city. Yeah, no, y'all are on top of that, and it's yeah. still advancing. A few months later, Vanessa Hayden marries Donald Trump Jr. Hey, thanks, Gettys. Four months later, the Guilfoyle Newsom divorce is finalized, and just two months later, Guilfoyle becomes engaged to the wealthy furniture heir slash Calvin Klein model slash CEO of Valencia Design Group, Eric Valencia, who, fun fact, designed the Soul Cycle, Echelon, and Peloton bikes. At the same time, Newsom, and 20 years her senior, began his short-lived with then 19-year-old model Brittany Mounts. And I hear she does. Three months later, Guilfoyle and Valencia marry in May. Four months later in September, Newsom began dating former... Alright, so obviously a lot of these people are going to know each other, right? And they're able to position themselves in. That's Welcome to politics, right? Once you get stepped up into the into the game, you start to meet other people. You start to network, right? This happens in business, right? So if I go to something in regards to trucking and I'm in a, 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 some type of trucking or overdimensional type, uh, not meeting, but seminar type thing, right? You eventually network with other people and then you meet other people and they have hookups and they like each other and stuff like that. Um, this happens. This shit happens, right? It happens in business. And, and it's happening here in politics. Where George Clooney fling slash Republican D-list actress turned, quote, producer Jennifer Seibel, whose performance in Aliens on Crack and Trouble with Romance. It's my mustache, isn't it? You don't have a mustache. I'm going one out. You are. We're downright entertaining. February 2007, Newsom announces he will seek treatment for alcohol abuse, but that didn't stop San Francisco's supervisor, Chris Daly, from calling out Newsom on his cocaine use. Four months later. While the mayor of San Francisco artfully dodges every question about allegations in his own cocaine use, where does Gavin Christopher Newsom get his substance abuse services, and how much how much do they cost the city and county of San Francisco? July 2008, he and Seibel marry. One year later, Guilfoyle and Valencia divorce. Moving on, oh, it gets worse. In 2011, the married Donald Trump Jr. and Danity Kane singer Aubrey O'Day begin their year-long affair after meeting on the set. I've got Rick the car guy. Is that his thing? Rick Dyer, the Bigfoot guy. I got Rick Dyer, the car guy. Let me see if this is right. Go ahead of his father's celebrity apprentice. Yeah, she was pretty heartbroken about it. Be careful about dating men with the last name Trump. The Trumps confuse me. Yeah, I know. Cut to October 2017, when the very married former Wall Street hedge fund manager and White House Director of Communications, Anthony Scaramucci, begins his affair with Fox News co-host Kim G. Five months later, Vanessa files for divorce, where later in June, Vanessa confirms that Guilfoyle is dating her husband, DJT. The following month, of course she files for divorce. Winners. Guilfoyle abruptly leaves Fox News, which had agreed to an out-of-court settlement with an assistant who had accused Guilfoyle of sexual harassment. Hashtag me too. The assistant alleged that Guilfoyle frequently displayed herself. All right, let's move on. All right, Giuliani. Do you have the... 
this why is this reset? Cut to October 2017, when the very married former Wall Street hedge fund manager and White House director Monument. Now, let's head to the east side of the Capitol for a little sermon shoot. Photographed by CBS News, HuffPost, and Newsweek journalist Mike Thieler. And now they're bringing out the ridiculous cross prop, which we'll see later, being crowd surfed. What is happening? Yeah, can we get everyone in there for a little Christ cuddle? Oh, he's got the rosary. <laughs> photographer of the year slash Getty Images chief photographer, Win McNamee, not looking obvious at all. Photographed by the Hills, Stephanie Reynolds. You know how to push the... Hang on, I'm trying to see. Like, I understand. I understand all the connections, right? And I get the points that th that they're doing and, and, and the fact that it was a lot of setup and there's a lot of people and there's a lot of photo ops and there's a lot of... And, but this is what sells, right? This is, this is some of the stuff that sells. So you have these photo ops, you have these people, you have all this stuff out there. And this is... These people take advantage of this situation. They know there was going to be an issue. They know this was going to happen. So a lot of it, yeah, it definitely was planned. Was there paid actors? Probably. Who was paying them? Was some of the streamers paying for them? Yeah. Was some of the media outlets paying for them? Absolutely. Um, if I had a media outlet and I wanted to grow and progress and get this type of coverage, well, guess what I would do? I'd pay actors. I would pay people to absolutely go out and so I can direct the way they want to go and get the shots I want to get, right? Is that a, a crime? No, technically it's not. It's just, here you go, right? So I can see that. In regards to this. Now, I apologize earlier because I thought you're, I hear this all the time as in this whole situation was, you know, everything from the, the truthers believe that absolutely everything was an act and these people are all fake and they're all, um, you know, clones. And that wasn't your, your, your progression with this. That's why sometimes I hate texting. But the issue is, is that some of the, this absolutely was. But then when you got down there to the crowds and the stuff like that, they were already fired up. And they were going in, and then you had Trump saying basically his rhetoric, and we're going to go down there. And even though he said the word peacefully, the issue was is the everybody else that was down there was not thinking peacefully. They weren't dressed for peacefully, right? You're not dressing in a rig or any type of body armor or, or that type of a gear or look like your SWAT or look like you're a military um, SEAL team and say we're, we're going to be peaceful, right? And that's the other issue, too, is that it's the same thing with, with any type of Black Lives Matter or any type of protesters. You can't go down there with shields and all this other stuff and say, ah, we're going to be peaceful. Well, you're, you're not, actually, right? You, and this is kind of where it rolled into that energy from, from everything that was being said and the rhetoric and the, the constantly being told. And that is you know just... What? You know what makes people more dangerous? Telling them nonstop that they are under constant threat. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it puts their back up against the wall. Right. And that's exactly what it does. And that's what these do. That's what Badlands Media is doing. I'm calling them out. Put me on the show. I'll debate any of your people on the show. This is what you do. You're putting people in the corner. You're pushing them into this situation because it gets you. It gets you. Basically, views. Wow. Man, that sleeper is massive. I know. It's huge, right? This thing's monstrous, bro. Actually, I'm in my skiff, an underground skiff, so that I can, you know, not be detected, getting my information out. But so I do agree. I do agree that there was a hell of a lot of media set up, opportunities, uh, opportunities for the media to be able to direct some of this, get some of these shots, put them out there, and sell that aspect of it. The issue also is, is that all these people that were showing up, they also knew this was a good spot for them to to gain more p 
people, gain more viewers, gain more things, and, and be that aggressor. Unfortunately, the people didn't realize or weren't, should have been being told, hey, if you go in there and you stop this, you could be an insurrectionist. You could be a domestic terrorist. Yes, you could be um, put on this. On this. And, and I believe some of them knew, but the problem was is I think they thought Trump was going to come in and pardon them. So I believe you're right. Absolutely. I agree with you. I don't even watch, you know, all of this because I don't know how, I, I don't want to upset anything. And this is, uh, hang on, let me go back to his main site because I can click on it. Uh, stop it. This is uh, Who's News. So it would be at, let me do this. Oop. Copy. I can post links there. That's that's this place right here. That's what this this channel is. So you guys can go back and watch that. Um, but you have to kind of look at it from that. Like I said, what there is opportunities for this. Was this directed by the CIA, FBI? I bet you it wasn't. I bet you it wasn't. News outlets know how to get news. They know how to make news, and they know how to 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 be in the best spots, right? So I I don't believe. It was a lot of CIA. I believe it was opportunity outlets and opportunity streamers that went down there from this aspect here. The problem is, is that that stopped and became something else. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, freedom of the press and freedom of, of speech protects them. And that's why, like I said, I'm a responsible gun owner. I, I, you should also have to be a responsible speech owner, right? You should be responsible in your speech. You know, am, what am I, as my speech, you know, Trump even said freedom of speech. He has the right to say that the election was stolen. The election is saying this. No, I thank you for pointing that out. I do appreciate that. I mean, this is something that, like I said, I, I did not watch um, because for me, it was more of the, the, okay, yes. Was it set up and energized by people? A hundred percent. But the pro, like I said, the problem is, is that, is this going to make me break into a Capitol building during this? Well, no, I'm going to stop here because I understand the difference between this is peaceful right now. This is a peaceful protest. We're protesting outside this building. We can't fight the cops and we can't go in there and we can't go down that hallway and we can't break through that window and we can't keep going when somebody has a gun pointed at us. And that's the progression that it led to. So, and the problem is, is that some people can't see the difference. They can't see when this turned into the insurrection because they don't want to see that. And the, and the issue is, well, it was all set up. Doesn't matter, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter. That's the bad part about freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and disinformation. We legally can put out disinformation. You, you legally can have a news outlet that tells nothing but lies. And that's dangerous. I'm out here, out there, in your face. I dox myself for war. Okay. Yeah, but you're not in, you're, you're, Tyke, you're in, uh, England. So you weren't there. Thank God. Thank God you weren't there, because I could see you jumping through that window. Just so you know. I think you're in England. England or Australia. I don't know. You'd have to put it in there. Which one are you at, Tyke? But so that's kind of what anybody else got anything else want me to watch? Because that's like I said, that's I'm good with this knucklehead. What you got left? Let me see what he has left. 
Look, remember how he refers, refers to what he calls love letter exchanges between he and the dictator of North Korea? Yeah. Those women and men out there in the audience ever fought for the American military. Did you ever believe you'd hear a president say something like that? His admiration for Putin. We could go on. Yeah, when he and just get back to this because I did want to finish this. When he did say that there were love letters from Kim Jong Un and, and he did he did do that. Look, I understand you can't you you really need to know more about Korea and and maybe I'll bring my wife on and we'll do a show about this. Um, you really need to know more about the mindset of Korea and stuff when you start to to interact with them because it's not and and I know he's going to handle stuff the way he handles stuff, but it's it's just a. A different situation. But I, I, I should do a show with my wife with that one. And look at what these autocrats are doing to limit freedom. And again, like I said, his, uh, it's not admiration for, uh, am, admiration? Am, uh, Will's going to pick on me. Anyways, it's, it's not that. It's the fact that he has to keep them at a certain level because he's, he's got to keep them on his level. And then, like I said, he, but he feels he's one step above them because if he basically doesn't, you're doomed. In their country. Yeah, Ingo, that's what it is. Eliminating freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom to assemble, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, people are going to jail, so much more. It's true, the push and pull of American history is not a fairy tale. And if you would hit the like button and share this out or whatever you can do, because I am kind of shadow banned. And, but, but I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to pick a day or two, I think maybe two days a week, and I'm just going to do a long show like this. Every stride forward in America is met with ferocious backlash many times from those who fear progress and those who exploit that fear for their own personal gain. From those who traffic in lies, told for power and profit. For those who are driven by grievance and grift, consumed by conspiracy and victimhood. And, it, and just so I know, anybody wants me to watch them, it can be any topic you want. I will check that big thing out, the Bigfoot though. So I, I, I'll, you know, voice my opinion. From those who seek to bury history and ban books. Ever think you'd be in a political event talking about book banning for presidential, the presidential election? Well, let's, let's be fair here. The book situation isn't just a one-side thing, right? I mean, there are some books that we're not banning, per se, but are also being put on a level that they shouldn't be shown to children. It's not banning them. The choice and contest between those forces, those competing forces, between solidarity and division, is perennial. But this time it's so different. Yeah. You can't have a contest. You can't have a contest. You see politics as an all-out war instead of a peaceful way to resolve our differences. All-out war is what Trump wants. That's why he doesn't understand the most fundamental truth about this country. Unlike other nations. I don't think Trump doesn't want an all out war. He, he doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to lose. He's that, he, that business person doesn't want to lose in any way. He, he, he wants to win. So it's not just a war. It's just, it, it's a business mentality. My business is going to be better than your business. And I'm going to win. America is not built on ethnicity, religion, geography. We're the only nation in the history of the world built on an idea. Not hyperbole, built on an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men and women are created equal. It's an idea. Declared in the Declaration. Created in a way that we viewed everybody as equal and should be treated equal throughout their lives. We've never fully lived up to that. We have a long way to go. But we've never walked away from the idea. We've never walked away from it. And I promise you, I will not let Donald Trump... That's very... Po- uh, just, just, I'm going to read this. Uh, yeah, there are certain parts of the interaction and we could... Really never prove it was the FBI, CIA, or any three other agencies, but we are all being oppressed more than ever. Um, yeah, you correct. We're never going to be able to pr- prove it, right? To be honest. And it, 
it, are we being oppressed more than ever? We, it's hard to say. I think the issue is also is that some people are jumping out in front and they're going out there and they're setting stuff up and they're creating these, this atmosphere, right? And that one gets pushed where the people that sit back and just kind of react to it aren't getting the same push as that, right? So unless you've done something or jumped out there, so it's not just impression, it's not just oppression um, in regards to complete government pushing down. It's the fact that they've kind of created this base layer and either you have to go out and do what you know, some of these people do and hire actors and be on top of that base layer because they're not going to push you if you're not like for example, the algorithms. So I have like 22,000 subscribers, right? But I have 22,000 subscribers when I was covering stuff with like um, Economic Ninja and pushing the doom and gloom, right? People came to me, doom and gloom. They like doom and gloom. So when I eventually said, look, I can't just do the doom and gloom. I'm trying to give you, you know, the logic and the thought behind this and the paperwork behind this and proving this. I lost people, although they did not subscribe, they would turn the bell off. Right. So the, I'd still have people on there, but they're just not watching because they're watching the other stuff. But they still, I'll subscribe to him. I'll just turn the bell off. So what happens is YouTube looks at that and says, okay, he's going to go live. And he has 22 subscribers and he's got eight people in his life. Right. Well, even the people that are subscribed to him don't want to listen to him. So we're not going to push that out. We're not going to, if, if, if he starts to get more people listening to him, more people jumping in the chat, then we'll push it out. But we're going to, and because it's a business, YouTube's a business also. Right. So if I started getting 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 people in here, they might start selling me out to other people and see if other people want to jump in. So that causes me to fall into basically the bottom because they're like, hey, nobody likes this guy. Nobody wants to listen to this guy. I don't know what it is, but they're not listening. And boom, I get pushed down. So it's kind of not a shadow ban as much as you're not performing well enough for us to promote you into the big leagues. Right. So I'm stuck down here in, in, in the, what the hell is it called? Pop Warner. I think it was football. I was a hockey player, so we didn't have it, but I'm stuck down here in the Pop Warner because YouTube's looking at me and saying, bro, bro, you you can't even compete in, in semi pro. You can't even go into the minors. What the hell's going on? Oh no, you're fine. I ramble a lot. So, and then you add into the fact that now somebody steps up and, and starts to get pushed but they say something that the algorithms or the AI says, oh, that's bad. And next thing you know, they kick that person down a notch. And that's kind of where some of the, the censorship, or they pull stuff completely. But that's kind of where the censorship is. No, you're fine. I have no problem. Ramble, go ahead. I'm cool with it. Um, not rambling. Looking to try to do thousands of different things. The press is just one of the many different things. Absolutely. We're living in an era where a determined minority yeah. is doing everything in its power to try to destroy our democracy for their own agenda. American people know it. And they're standing bravely in the breach. Remember after 2020, January 6th insurrection to undo the election in which more Americans had voted than any other in American history? America saw the threat posed to the country. They voted them out. In 2022, historic midterm election. In state after state, election after election, the election deniers were defeated. Now in 2024, Trump is running as the denier-in-chief. The election denier-in-chief. Once again, he's saying he won't honor the results of the election if he loses. Trump says he doesn't understand. Well, he still doesn't understand the basic truth. 
That is, you can't love your country only when you win. You can't love your country only when you win. So I'll keep my commitment to be president for all of America, whether you voted for me or not. I've done it for the last three years, and I'll continue to do it. Together, we can keep proving that America is still a country that believes in decency, dignity, honesty, honor, truth. We still believe in no one, not even the president, is above the law. We still believe. The vast majority of us still believe that everyone deserves a fair shot at making it. We're still a nation that gives hate no safe harbor. I tell you from my experience working with leaders around the world, and I mean this sincerely, not a joke. Okay. That America is still viewed as the beacon of democracy for the world. I can't tell you how many, how many world leaders, and I know all of them, virtually all of them, grab my arm and probably say, you can't win. Tell me. No, my country will be at risk. Think of how many countries, Tommy, you know that are on the, burn, on the edge. Imagine. We still believe in we the people. That includes yeah. all of us, not some of us. Let me close with this. In the cold winter of 1777, George Washington and his American troops of Valley Forge waged the battle on behalf of a revolutionary idea. That everyday people, like where I come from and the vast majority of you, not a king or a dictator, but everyday people can govern themselves without a king or a dictator. In fact, in the rotunda of the Capitol, there's a giant painting of General George Washington, not President Washington. Mm -hmm. And he is resigning his commission as commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. The European king at the, at the time said, after he won the revolution, now's the time for him to declare his kingship. But instead, the mob that attacked the Capitol, waving Trump flags and Confederate flags, stormed right past that portrait. An image of George Washington gave him no pause, but it should have. The artist who painted that portrait memorialized that moment because he said it was, quote, one of the highest moral lessons ever given to the world. End of quote. George Washington was the height of his power. Having just defeated the most powerful empire on earth. Well, no. could have held on to power as long as he wanted. And yet, look. Uh, he, he's right in that some aspect, but the issue is, too, is we had the French to help us also, right? And and George Washington, and I, I just finished a book, and I think I posted on there, and Hamilton and Jefferson. Hamilton and Jefferson did not get along, right? They were not, they were not kosher. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that Hamilton and uh, helped George Washington with in regards to the way it was run. So yes, he, he defeated that, but it, we are not under the, what George Washington would want. Like he, George Washington back then and, and some of the founding fathers, they didn't, they didn't go out and rally to get voted in, right? That there was no rally. It wasn't something that you went out there and, and, and pushed yourself out there for this. They were basically put in or picked by people that says, hey, you should, you know, you should run for president, you should for this, or other people talked about him. This, this rallying aspect, pick me and, and attacking, you know, the other people, that was not how the, this was designed. This was not what this was for. I'll do a show on that. This he works. could have made himself not a future president, but a future monarch, in effect. And by the way, when he got elected president, he could have stayed for two, three, four, five terms until he died. But that wasn't the America he and the American troops and Valley Forge had fought for. In America, genuine leaders, democratic leaders with a small d, yeah. don't hold on to power relentlessly. Our leaders return power to the people, and they do it willingly, because that's the deal. You do your duty. You serve your country. And ours is a country worthy of service, as many Republican presidents and Democratic presidents have shown over the years. We're not perfect. Oh, hang on.
All right, you there? Oh, yeah. All right. All right, Tyke, what you got, buddy? Well, uh, I think the Americans yeah. have got a clue on world history. They don't have a clue on world history? What you got for me? You got Because at uh, the end of the day, the Romans rule the world. Romans rule the world. Got it. The Romans always have ruled the world. So, we're, so the Romans are still ruling the world. Yeah. All right. Which Romans? This is going to be good. Come on. Which Romans? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. The uh, subliminal Romans. The subliminal Romans. <laughs> so, uh, the, ones, the, ones, the ones behind the scenes. So when Rome basically fell, uh, and it was it was taken. So over. Uh, yeah. let's have a look at Washington D.C. Let's have a look at Washington D.C. Okay, it's a mirror of the Vatican. It's a mirror of the Vatican. So Washington D.C. is a mirror of the Vatican. Okay. Yeah, it's got fucking uh, the uh, penis and the womb. Well, slow down there, son. <laughs> Hang on, uh, Vatican. All right, let me pull up the Vatican, and then let me pull up, what, Washington, D.C.? Where in Washington? Washington, uh, the, uh, the you've got the uh, White House, the White House, and then the uh, monument, whatever's, whoever's monument. I forgot now, because I'm a bit pissed, man. Somebody's oh, monument. Somebody's monument. So the... The, <laughs> the fucking big phallus. You've got a phallus, which the, is a And the dick. Washington monument? Going into the womb of Osiris, is it? I think you've been drinking a little bit there, Tyke. Am I right? Of course you have. See, look, it's in my fucking hand. <laughs> oh, you're killing I'm me. I'm fucking British. We're always fucking pissed. Let's no, fucking not drink always. on fucking planet. Oh, Lord. We're Vikings. <laughs> you're killing me, Small. Let me go to images here. All right, let me go to this image. And, uh, uh, I don't, I don't. Oh, let me put this on screen here. All right, let's go. Have a look at the Vatican. This, I think this is the Vatican. That what you're talking about right there. Saint Peter's fucking dome. The Vatican here with the the road in and then the wall and around it. And a big palace. Uh, okay. And then we have the White House. White and, House and big palace. And, and, and you're talking about this right here. Big palace. Oh lord. If you can't see that, that's the same crew that's running the world. Right, I and you've got St. Pete, Peter's Cathedral in Britain. I can't see it. And a great big phallus caught Cleopatra's needle straight Tyke, in front of it. Take your killing me. So I'm not saying my country's any better. You're killing They're me, All Tyke. them bastards, I, I, right? I'm going to knock Behind the scenes with the fucking wombs and the phalluses running everything. Oh, Tyke. Like you're killing me, Smalls. I can't. I can't see the relationship based on the the shape of the building that that the rulers are still um there. Is the architecture Cause similar? Because you can. Who uh, built it? Who built that? Who built that? Who built that? Who put a fucking dick in it in front of every one of them? Oh Lord, like for fuck's I, sake, mate. You might. You might have. You might have some repressed issues, and and we might. You might be. Uh, focusing no, no, on no, some mate. Space. No, mate. I'm just telling you. In your fucking yeah, face. I'm telling you. In your fucking face. Oh, you're. It's like, me. no, piss up my fucking back and tell me it's fucking raining. Oh, fucking Lord. face. 
I'm telling like I, I I'm just telling you. I don't think this the build I don't think we're, we're gonna go with the building is basically saying, hey, yeah, the building's done by Romans and the Romans are ruling the world because of the architecture of two different buildings that aren't even really similar that just had that unfortunately yeah, you they have are. a an, you're they, they are very similar. That you happen to see penises everywhere you go. I don't know what it is. Yeah, so, so, no. So you got St. Peter's Basilica. You got oh, St. Peter's Church in England. And you got so, and then you've got your fucking Vatican. I yeah. mean, your fucking White House. Yeah. Or whatever it is, your fucking dome building in America. Yeah, that's, that's the White All House. I've got a fucking penis. You all have to have, to have. That's the womb. The dome oh, is the womb, Lord. and the 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 fucking uh, uh, what they call now that fucking penis thing in front of them. I'm saying I'm I'm thinking you're, you 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 might we might have some repressed situations here, Tyke. I'm just letting you know. You might have no. Nah, repressed... Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. You just can't fucking see it, can you? I'm I'm sorry you can't see it, uh, well, and I'm I... sorry. I mean, I, I think I'm, fucking, not, I'm not. I, I'm sorry that I fucking forgot what I was supposed to be saying. <laughs> uh, Tyke, you came in. Thank God you came in at the end of the show, buddy. Because I'm, I'm gonna be. I was gonna end it here. Okay. And now I definitely have to end it here because you're here it's before this goes off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could go off the rails with this, and next thing you know, it's it's just chaos here. It's not chaos, mate. We're talking about saving our civilizations, are you? Well, it, it, sort of. But we're also against talking... against the Romans. Oh God. I think we're gonna have to end it here, Tyke. I think we're gonna have to end it here. <laughs> At this point, you came See on. See I'll, I'll leave now then. I'll leave, Bob. Right. I'll leave you well, show. Yeah, because I'm gonna end I'm gonna it. Go. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna end right. it here and you're gonna have to all leave. the best. Oh, all the best. All the best, Paul. God bless. Thanks and for, I'll see you another day. Thanks All for right, co- yeah, I'll thanks for coming in, in, buddy. Thanks for coming in. Oh, that was tight trucking. Uh, a little bit of chaos on the other line there. Um, but I think he might have some suppressed issues, and that's on him. So I'm gonna go ahead and sign off here. I think I think I'm just gonna do like let me talk to my wife because I like to have my wife come on for a show. I gotta see if I can pin her down. But I think I'm just gonna do Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I'll do a video, but I think I'll do Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you guys find some videos, find some videos that you want me to to basically take a look at, and we can talk about. And um, I have Discord, so if people would rather jump in on Discord, I can drop, I can drop the Discord. Um, if people have Discord, if they want to jump in, also, so I'll I'll fix that, figure that out by next Tuesday. So I'm gonna go ahead and sign off here. Thank you guys for swinging in, and uh, hey, stay safe and don't run into any buildings, smash any windows, and climb in when there's firearm porting at you. Just letting you know. Uh, public service announcement. See ya. Don't trust me. You don't impress me. So don't test me. Nah. So don't test me. Nah. Don't trust me. Yo. You don't impress me. So don't test me. Nah. So don't test me. Nah. Don't trust me. Uh. Yo, they wouldn't let me. Man's gal wanna come undress me. Spring with a right, but I might go lefty. I made plus with it, so don't test me. They wouldn't let me. Man's gal wanna come undress me. Swing with a right, but I might go lefty. I made plus with it, so don't test me. Nah, you don't impress me. So don't test me. Nah, so don't test me. Nah, don't test me. you don't impress me. So don't test me. Nah, so don't test me. Nah, don't test me. Wow. This is like top-notch propaganda technology right here. Don't test.
Plus with it, so don't test me. Nah, they wouldn't let me. Man's gal wanna come undress me. Spring with a ride, but I might go lefty. I made plus with it, so don't test me. They wouldn't let me. Man's gal wanna come undress me. Spring with a ride, but I might go lefty. I made plus with it, so don't test me. Nah, so don't test me. So don't test me. Don't test me. You don't impress me. So don't test me. So don't test me. Don't test me. Hey, you are not Kevin Costner.